Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm sad that I killed Solomon Grundy, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 512. 512. Are you really sad that you killed so Solomon sad. Grundy? It was Saturday, Eric, as we're it recording was. right now. Hey, all you weirdos, welcome to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. As Eric said, episode 512, that's legacy number 512, Eric, if you didn't know. And I did. here we are ton of books we have a lot of books this week including out of nowhere a little manga i got a hold of the oh, Luke yeah? Hollywood. yeah I, I figured there weren't enough books already why not add some more so with that we may have about 12 books this week i will end up starting out by saying we did have some mail craig mailed us but we're gonna hold off for that for next week when we have a little less books but we're not gonna forget your mail I'm thinking uh, patiently, patiently of the question that he has. But here we are. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. And if you end up wanting to hear more books after what may be 12 books here, you can go off to our Patreon because it was a pretty big episode. And I'm talking like two hours long, but also two big books. Batman Offworld, number one. Fengirth. And Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong number two. So those are some cool things. And me and Eric liked both of them the varying degrees, but I really did like Batman off world. Eric got caught up in continuity bit, but still did like Save it. it for the Patreon, Jim. You are still loving it. This is the commercial to try to get people there. So there you go and go to patreon.com slash weird sites and check that out. That will be a link in the show notes. But because we are press i guess not press for time but we're, we're going to be talking for a long time i'm not going to dilly dally here for a good time not a long time jim nonsense crap i'm not going to make it i'm just going to get to the idea that the badasses the get fresh crew they ended up picking those two books again two big books at one point i was wondering like hey gabe are you going to review that batman off world i think somebody else asked him he's like eh I don't know. I, I review a bunch of other Batman books. I'm like, it's, sure. it's it's the biggest book of the week, dude. I mean, seriously, I ended up reviewing it. So if you want to go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, you can see written reviews for most of the books we're talking about tonight, including written reviews from me, from Batman Offworld, and the Catwoman, Eric. So the Catwoman? She got nine lives? The prodigal son. <laughs> I returned, Eric, to the, the realm of... Of the written review. Oh, my goodness gracious. But here is what we like to call the badass roll call for, I have to say, for the badasses of the Get First Crew. Beep, boop. Woo-wee. We're, we're recording on a Saturday as we usually do, but it's a little earlier, and I don't know. My mind isn't in that it's like mode an hour. Yet. It's like an hour it earlier. Is. Maybe, maybe now about an hour and a half, but still. Now, you messed me up now. I couldn't do my rapping. So I'm yeah. starting over. I'm, I'm calling. Uh, <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, uh. We got David Fink, Trevor, Dad Nation, yeah, yeah. Eric K, Jeffrey Greek, the Zach that smiles back is sure what does. Zach is now. I don't know. I think that's a lie. He's kind of a miserable guy. Stephen Batdad Mitchell, the Annihilator, Ted Proops. I love Punchline Stork, Michael S. Cam. Matt Razor, Neil Stewart, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me. He he was making the like cranberry tarts the other day, Eric. Cranberry tarts. Michael oh, gotcha. G. Ken Halleck. Comic Boom Rocky. Scary Potter. Here we go. Mark Jager, Bill Beer, Ruben, 
Carlos, Noah Farr, Matthew Rapier, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Marin Ship, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Justin Million, Batman Beyond, Mark, Brandy Murray, Brandon up there in Buffalo, Canada, and Double A Run, Doxing His Ass in Minnesota, all-time great Reggie, and Rob Lewis, Rob Lewis up there in Canada as well, as I like to say, in the spiritual sense, Eric. He hopefully is up there in the great white north. White north. Canada. So there you go. But uh, that I just wanted to get to the end of the song. But like I said, we, we do have a bunch of books, some really big books as well, right? They're like long couple pages going on. But we do <laughs> what have are you doing? I don't know. We have Superman, we have Wonder Woman. We'll be discussing things like politics and over the really? top circumstance. I don't know. We'll see. I never know. When we ended up and we do some things out of order, I will tell you last night when we recorded what is the back half. I like your back half, but the back half of this podcast, when we started, I was in that like weird mode of like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And then we talked for like three and a half hours. So I guess we found something. It usually works out. But we have, like I said, a bunch of books. We have a Tom Taylor section. So, you know, that's going to be exciting, as well as things like the Wonder Woman, Superman and stuff. So we're going to go off right now. We have a lot of books. Started out. We got all these books. I just name them. Actually, most podcasts do seem to name the books at the beginning. But then I'm like, well, and then when they get to them, they're like, hey, did you read this? And like, no. And then they skip it. I don't get it's it. It's in the show notes, though, isn't it? And may, well, it may be. Again, though, be. most people, I'm telling Time you, I don't, I don't know that anybody even looks at that shit. I really I don't. don't. Uh, yeah, I don't either. But some people like, I, I remember at one point where I realized that people don't. I'm telling you, four months ago, somebody's like, oh, thanks. Thanks for adding the timestamps in. Like, I, I think we've been doing that for like six years. So, yeah, okay. Maybe they meant six years ago. But with all that, we'll go off to the books right about now. Who's had nothing but bad luck? Talia came knocking at his door Lately Damien's acting weird Answering some mystical call Lazarus fits off the table And all the evil they cast But Nazar would shoot Watch out from behind, Eric. He's going to get you. He is. And yeah, this this section has nothing to do with the devil Nezha. Not at all. But come on. That song's great. That's a shout out to you, Eric. You you wanted me to play something that you know that you liked. I thought, oh, I know that you said at that one point. It's funny when I hear that. I kind of get annoyed. I get I get annoyed when I hear it. And it's a weird thing that it reminds me of because when I was in college and I was in a band, we ended up recording a couple things and demos and things like that. Yeah. I remember we did this one thing and the guy who was re- doing the recording. He wasn't being mean. He was trying to compliment me, but he says, 
you really have a very feminine voice. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> Where do you get off, recording man? And he said, like, the way your inflection is very feminine. I, and he liked it, he said. Yeah. But the thing is, I'm he like, likes it. what? And the, I'm telling you, this is like at the point where grunge is going on. I'm like, oh, my God, this this is bad. And then when I hear that, I, I actually I'm like, I think he was right. I do sound, <laughs> I, I don't know, because that might be the one song of all the things that we do that might be like closest to what would be the natural singing voice of me just singing. And so I'm like, damn it, that guy was right. Uh, but there you go. I do like that song. That's one of the few that I, I'll like listen to at points. So I'm like, I, I kind of dig that one. So I can pat oh, yeah. myself on the back. But we have books. And the, when we were talking about, we were trying to figure out what to play. Really? <laughs> you, you ended up saying about the, well, we have the Trinity. Isn't there some? I'm like, no, we, we'd have nothing. I didn't know what to play. It's Usually we'll figure out something. Oh, but yeah. the idea, I said, wait a second. I think I got it. Only because we have Batman, Superman, and the Devil Nassau was in it. So it works a little, Eric. It works a little. It doesn't. But it's okay. Uh, it, it doesn't at all. But hopefully the books, this section will work. Will they work it, girl? Are you yelling that, Eric? Are you no, the but tall of something. the comic book set? Yeah, yeah. Not something. Yet. And Well, each of them have a little craziness to them. But we're going to start with Superman. We're going to start with Superman number eight. And we've been enjoying this. It's a weird play because when people ask me my favorite books of the Dawn of DC era so far, I do really like Superman. But a lot of it are concepts a lot of it are the play of lex being good guy lex and kind of going and i am intrigued by a lot of the things happening but when you get down to the nitty-gritty and what i'm going to say is get down to ending ending arcs and ending ideas and and going yeah it, it does fall apart a bit and i've actually had discussions with people about this one of the big like parasite no what do we do and so you're left wondering and again i am in this one are we done with that? I, I figure it'll come back. But just, Joshua Williamson does this weird play where he loses focus. He gets on the next thing. and never quite sure if you're going to get back to some things. And it's a shame because I think some of the things are cool. But then you give me something like, oh, by the way, here's how Connor got his powers. And then I'm like, eh, I don't know that I, you know, I'm waiting I'm to opposite. defer to you. I, I don't really think that that elevates anything and i think it'll just be forgotten i don't know why they did it but we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes but i just don't know i did where i would say is usually something like that feels like it should be big and i don't think anybody really cares but superman number eight written by Joshua williamson art by gleb melnikoff norm ratman david baldione jamal campbell alejandro sanchez dave sharp get a lot of people there eric a lot of people it's like cool in the gang on the stage a lot of people uh maybe but you end up, like we said in this, you have a lot of things going on. The chain, you end up having farm and grab. All this seems to be setting up bigger things coming up. But it, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like it's really set that much up so far for me. I feel like I'm missing out on things. I feel like at this point, I'm forgetting things when I get to the next issue. As so I can see that. We've went even, for a while. The problem is, like with a lot of books that we have, Night Terrors through a monkey wrench and a lot of things took a two-month gap for everything. So a lot of things that came before that feel like they are decent set up with farming, graph, and everything you're trying right now. And going back to the idea of what Lex Luthor used to be like when he's a hero to his eventual downfall of being a villain, but also what he's doing with this character, Sammy Stryker, and what the, the Sammy Stryker, the Chained, can do for farming graph now and their vengeance against Lex Luthor all these years later. It feels like it's set up, but I can see you being lost for the idea of that big old gap that we had during the summer that sucked. Yeah, you have that, but then, like I said, Farm and Graph, they're there. Because yeah. we're oh just God, dealing the- with Lex Luthor talking to Superman, and, hey, thanks for having my back when I got stabbed, which happened before Night Terrors. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't know this chain. And I will tell you another thing, two things about it, though. It does feel like some of these things aren't being developed enough. We said earlier about Parasite, things like that. Yeah, oh, man, I was, and yeah. so And Silver Banshee. And you even, I mean, in this, you are throwing out, hey, by the way, we're going to deal with Marilyn Moonlight at one point. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And you start thinking, I don't know well, if we have well, enough room. Not only that, but even when, you know, Farm and Graf, I don't know if they're lying or not, trying to get the chain on the side, because Lex didn't only do this to you, but he did it to Parasite, he did it to Metallo, he did it to Marilyn Moonlight. I'm like, don't you throw a cowboy ghost girl into this. And I'm like, I don't even know what Marilyn Moonlight is yet, but for somehow Lex did something to her. So uh, also, we have the mother and the daughter. I mean, we're, yeah. we're throwing a lot in here. The so, grandmother and the daughter. Uh, wow. The grandmother, yeah. So you end I don't know. up where it's all about perspective. Well, for me. For some yeah, reason, you said the I, and the I'm daughter, going I'm like, through Lexus deal, gotcha. not through her. Um, but this is the play, and this is why I wanted to bring this up. Is coming up down the line. First, we're going to get Jason Aaron on Action Comics, but eventually, then we're going to get Joshua Williamson. He's going to be able to. So maybe it'll be. A, and that's the thing. I mean, DC that has worked out so well in the past, having one writer on both Action and Superman. I mean, it's worked to a T, right? So you end up what we're going to have that. And I'm not even just saying to Bendis because people seem to forget Phil Kenny Johnson was on both and they had and to kind of yank the deal. And, and so, yeah, that was a wreck, that whole play back in the new 52. So when we get to that, maybe all these things then will have room to breathe. But at this moment, not that I'm confused between this, but it's just a weird play of like, why is it always chains? I know that Superman unchained. Hey, you can't change Break it. The chains, but we yeah. end up having War World, all the chains. Then we get to oh, this, yeah. the chain. It feels like it's feels like at this point the books aren't really jiving up as well as they were at one point and they're kind you of just fighting that classic superman symbol of him actually breaking the chains off around him it's like a universal symbol if you're into mm-hmm. comic books especially superman that you could have in your head right there so having the idea of an antithesis to superman being an actual character called the chain like is it able to hold him finally I, like I, it almost seems like joshua williamson was looking at that image and had the idea the eureka moment to say this is going to be the character that i could put against superman and i'm like i, I think it kind of works in that symbolic it kind could. of way but I don't know. Even this, you get it, and you're going to get a little bit of background, but it never feels fleshed out enough to me. I, I really don't have any sort of yeah, feelings either or. I don't, I don't have it. Or is day. he just torturing? Or is he? I just don't know. But are we going to then you, show that he's tell you like this, Lex though. is the origin of all those, and it might be too much? Well, we already had Scott Snyder do that with the nth metal becoming metahumans during that whole thing. So I don't know if we can go back and change how that works. But I don't need that either because I didn't need it back then. But when you have Sammy Stryker and the idea that Lex Luthor has given the power to this boy using tactile telekinesis, but it's more than they thought it was because this little boy Sammy realizes using his power, if he's touching air and air touches everything else, I can control everything. I'm like, you are just explaining telekinesis with extra steps. You don't make this tel- tac- don't make a tactile telekinesis if you're going to have this convoluted way that you don't have to touch shit. And that that's the weird play, too, because as he starts talking, I think he goes a little too far, where he's like, I could change things, like I could warp reality. I'm like, eh, don't go that far. But he goes, and the idea that he did end up doing this, and it's kind of a torture deal, he had to lock him away, but then Lex says, oh my god, I mean, he's a killer, he killed his dad, all these things going. It's it's pretty cool, but as well, it's kind of cool, it this, reminds me... Of the Striker, I think it was Striker's character in the X-Men, like, you know, a saga. Well, I, just say, I go back to the movies when you had his son who was that mutant that he kept locked up and stuff like that, was going to Professor X for help and stuff. And then you had the whole idea of being against this and the son turning against his father. That's what this feels like to me for whatever reason. And I think it's even the same name as Striker. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it really feels like that a lot. But 
when you get there, again, I, I can't put a finger on it, but by the end of this issue, I feel like, don't know that I, we got enough, you know, and it almost feels like, okay, you, you ended that again really quickly, but it's kind of cool. We're setting up this revenge squad. And I did see Zach talking about, because you, you love the Superman revenge squad. I this is more of a Lex. Squads. It's more of a Lex revenge squad with Superman involved. Not going to be as cool. Which is kind of cool, but not as cool, like you said. But it's weird because it, it kind of involves some of the characters that would have been in the Superman where were revealed now that Lex might have been, you know, at the beginning, the one who started it all. I don't know. It, it feels like it's trying to be bigger than what I'm getting from it. I don't hate this issue. I actually like it enough. So and you're I. going through. It's just I think there's too much going on already here. And these bits of issues where I hope that we can kind of focus on, because there's the idea of Superman not trusting Lex again, full out because of what's happening here. Daughter, mother, Connor. Yeah, they're all just all these things going on. I actually want to like, you know, single out and pinpoint onto, but we have so much going on. It's always like, here's a little bit of this. Here's a little bit of this. I'm like, is it enough though? And at times it feels like, because like, you know, we just got, we got Lena and, um, I can't remember Lex's mother name. It has that long, stupid name that you and I were trying to pronounce last month when it's come out. And I don't remember what it is off the top of my head right now. But you have them. And I look forward to the stories we get from that because I also want to know the Brady connection with Lena in this continuity and how it's going to work out going forward because that's some really cool stuff. But now we got Farm and Graf recruiting the chained in for his own personal revenge to add on to their personal revenge. You got Superman almost dying of kryptonite poisoning by the end trying to take out the chain. But when you have the individual things, I actually I like all that stuff. I just want to have more of it. Like I want extended issues. And the thing of it is when um when you have that, it's just I lost my train of thought because I was thinking of something else. Well, I was going back to the Superboy thing that you were saying about how like we're explaining Superboy's tactile telekinesis. Now, if Lex back in the day was experimenting with tactile telekinesis with Sammy Stryker here, and the idea later on, he's cloning part of himself with Superman to try to make a Kryptonian clone of the Man of Steel, but he could not get the powers right. This kind of goes along with why Connor would get tactile telekinesis. It's something he knows and something he'd use to replicate Superman's powers. Do you need to have an explanation at this point in time for why Superboy has tactile telekinesis? No, but I think it makes sense and I think it works for what's going on. And even the idea It's okay. Where like, you know, maybe you take it a little bit too far where also in this whole power giving situation that Lex is doing with Sebi, he's also given him a weakness to kryptonite. I'm like, that might be a little bit too far with that radiation signature being the one weakness that Sammy Stryker has when you actually didn't seem to do anything with kryptonite in his cage. And that, again, yeah, that's true. And again, it's like he wants, he's retro, I mean, obviously he's going back, he's trying to introduce his character, then when he connects him to Connor, he's got to also connect other things to explain stuff, and then the go around and all that, are we going to find out I mean, would you be upset if we find out that somehow, some way, though it wouldn't make sense because of tests and things like that, that Connor ends up finding out, oh, I'm I'm no Superman. I'm none of, uh, of, you know, Cal. I'm actually more of this stuff that was just patchworked together by Lex. If that was happening, it would be ridiculous. I'm telling you, we had to wait for the reveal of who the other half of, like, you know, Connor was for so long for the Lex reveal. It was a great reveal. At one point, I think we his other life, like his other like DNA that was like a, a general, everybody thought for the longest time, and then it was Lex Luthor, and I'm like, oh, that's a great reveal. Okay, let's go. Until Lex, you know, had a way to make some boy lose his mind, and Lex take control, and Connor shaves his head and goes, oh, yeah, for a while. Didn't need all of that because it's my boy Connor, but I like this because it doesn't hurt anything that's already established, and it just gives more detail to something. It was just weird to give that kryptonite, you know, thing to strike it like why did you do that and is that going to be like you said the idea of oh my god the tactile telekinesis lex it goes there it goes into connor is there going to be other things that we find out that he finagled with to make it seem like something that actually i don't know i don't know but when it happened i was just like 
it, it, like you said, it, I like the fact that it doesn't hurt anything. It's just yeah. there. It just felt like it kind of like you were reaching for like applause or something. And I don't think there's going to be that many people who care either way. They're going to be like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Some people be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. All right, tactile telekinesis, let's go. But we, it makes sense of member with, you have the tactile telekinesis. And then was using things that didn't seem what like What the hell it. you say? You're not touching nothing. But you were pushing that. And again, you're pushing a, a cool villain here that ends up where he's bad, but he's in a really bad circumstance. I mean, he was abused. He ended up being put in this prison. It, he didn't ask for this. His Just dad like was Castle a piece Rock. of shit, right? Exactly. It's, wasn't that an album I run DMC? So you no. end up, oh, that was the king of rock. So you, yeah. you end up where, okay, how are we going to defeat him? And the only way, because he is really powerful. I mean, you also oh, he's play taking that on the play. entire super family at this point in time. I say entire, but a good majority of them. It, it, hey, that telekinesis that he has, it's, it's the same as Connor's, except it's like 8 billion times. Oh, okay. And then they're going, the chains are him. going, all that. And you end up where? You have to get in this power suit type deal. Well, I kind, I do kind of hope that the chain does take off as a villain and becomes really cool. Because imagine how cool McFarlane's action figure of this character would be. It's still like oh, you know, the chains where the chains come and down about. and actually, yeah. I'm not even that. I, I, expe- I expect the chains to be like almost like a Doc Ock kind of figure where the chains come down and elevate him off the ground, so he's just kind of hanging there and it's awesome. Tony, he does look like the dead Doc Ock in the Spider-Man reign. I did show you that. He looks exactly yeah. like that. So you can go and play that. Use the, the you know the models for both because that Superman or Spider-Man reign with the radioactive sperm that killed Mary Jane is so beloved Stop that it. you would you would need that character out there for an uh, action figure. But you know, Superman goes and it's just again, like I said, I like what's going on. It's just that what we've gotten in the first seven issues leading to this. I'm not getting everything that I want. You said it. I like what's there, but I feel like I need more. And it even goes with Farm and Graph, where to this point, the thing that I think of the minute I see is nothing in the book. I think of you saying, oh, it's Howard Stern. That, that's <laughs> all I think. In a wheelchair. I, I, was, I, I don't know if anybody else was the same because it, it's kind of something that might have been said. But when he says, me and my brother, I was like, what? What'd you say, <laughs> brother? All right. Like that felt like like. I don't know much about them. That what did they no, do? We and we're going to probably them. find out. What did they do? What were they doing with the Bizarro? What were they doing? There's a lot of stuff that's left on the table that seems very interesting that I hope eventually we get to. And it's not too late down the line where you then have to go through a lot of recap. I hate when you have a story where the writer actually has to recap what they've already done because it's been Tom Taylor does it. He's got to recap. He's going to have to recap Heartless the next time Heartless comes up again. Because he goes too long between. And there's so much going on here. I'm worried people get lost in it. But I think people still like this. I really like this book. It's but one just of my imagine favorite this Williams whole thing that we get in this issue going forward because we have the chain out and about. He's taking on the like a majority of the uh, Superman family here. Superman has to go to Mercy Graves with the Super Corp to get the special suit that Lex has created. This suit that for Superman, it seems like, which is weird, but it's a way to be shielded from the kryptonite, but also have kryptonite gauntlets to use against the chain who has a, like Superman, a kryptonite weakness. But it doesn't seem like we, we do subdue the chain in this. It doesn't seem like it's through kryptonite. Now, we would just weaken him a little bit. But when Superman is fighting him, his containment suit is exposed. It's broken open a little bit. And when we have this great ending where people have to pull the rubble away after the chain is subdued, and you're pulling after the rubble away to like find pulled a down kryptonite. by seatbelts, right, and bungee cords. Exactly. I don't even know what that is. And you have all this, there. though. 
you have Superman like with kryptonite poisoning all in his chest, and he's laying there. He's laying there dying. He's like, "I saved Lex." Just think of that right there. Superman is dying for Lex Luthor at this point in time from kryptonite poison that he's using. Like this is completely opposite of anything you've seen with Superman before. With the, what is going on where he is fighting to save Lex Luthor's life using kryptonite? I kind of laughed at that. I, I thought it was a little corny. I, I, the idea that he's that irradiated by that when his gauntlets all broke apart and things i'm like ah, i don't know it, it seems a little pushed to get that clip they didn't really well the thing is you have all that kryptonite that's laying around him in that slump right that now seems to just be the, you know the, the shards but of what his thing was when you, i just i thought it was when you have top, this but. when you have this so we have had the for some reason the superman family like they're weak to kryptonite but recently they've been super weak to kryptonite where supergirl is out of commission for a while had to be in a box chamber to get all that poison out of her they seem to be really really weakened to kryptonite in this new dawn of dc like it really hurts them more than we've seen previously and maybe it's a you know a thing that they're trying to put out there like oh my god and we'll find out something or whatnot maybe but or it just might be Joshua Williamson. It's like I always like it when they're really, you know, vulnerable to it because you, you have to do that. But even then, you see what happens in the Superman book. You have problems. You end up having to have this guy, you know, that was the chain down below Strikers Island, and then he comes up, and you have to really mention he's eight hundred times more power. And then you got to get Kryptonite. Then you do. But he does end up. I like the play. I guess the gauntlets aren't supposed to really kill him it is just to weaken him to get him down yeah. so that connor can go hey by the way and put this thing over it's like he punks him from behind and puts the helmet on again to stop him then the seat belts all fly out and get him and they legitimately look like devices. just a bunch of seat belts and then they have them connected to poles and things i'm like okay but then at the end i don't know it's a little too much with that superman deal i mean it looks like he's now the irradiated man i mean holy oh, yeah, he's crap dying. he's just completely green to the nth degree from just that it just seemed a little too much but now the cool thing is, enough. Thing is i think this is a great cliffhanger ending to a superman book where he's fighting like the, in a way that you don't usually see superman fight and for fighting for somebody you don't usually see, see superman fight for even though we all know the superman will fight for anybody but lux is kind of on his side at this point in time but the only it says at the end here only one thing can save superman now super armor i'm like you just uh, had just, almost we, we, we just had fun on. with super armor now like like yeah. why are we gonna do that are we just gonna do like the the solar suit armor from the fortune of solitude to try to rejuvenate him at this point or like maybe are we so, gonna get it, that one that he got it feels like steel? We're trying to sell toys now remember steel he gave him that yeah. like dark knights of steel looking deal like we've seen super armor many a time in the past six months i i don't really need that i i'm glad you brought that up because when i'm reading it I'm, I'm telling you, I'm looking at him like, you're going a little too far. This is the idea of, oh, my God, Batman, he's dead. I'm like, eh, I don't think so. So you're trying to push it, but it, it but just But it looks like we might much. have Superman out of commission for a while, at least. Maybe. But do you want that in a Superman book? Maybe that gives you well, time for Lex. And coming up. It gives up, you time I, for everything else. Well, everything else at some point, And I haven't been doing my solicits podcast, so I don't know. We are going to go back in time for a Marilyn Moonlight story. Is, is I don't now? need that in that time. I don't need that. That's what I'm saying. Is that the we idea? Have other cool oh, stuff out I want to focus on. Let's go. I mean, really, what I would like is a full issue of Graph and Farm. See what they're up to. See the team they're getting together because I still, that's kind of a gray Again, area after eight issues. I, I don't really know what they are. And that, I mean, like, there's so many things, though. You got Jimmy, no, you got all that I know, stuff exactly. going on. That's the thing is, I want a single issue, maybe an anniversary issue, I don't know, like, but just or an a annual issue where it's just, hey, here's Jimmy Olsen and Silver Batch, and here's their love of a day. I'm like, is it a silly issue that doesn't matter? Yes, but I can still take it. When we start talking, and me and you aren't really that gung-ho for Root and Toot and Marilyn Moonlight, but I know that there are all. people who were. 
I saw it was funny. Some guy well, punched a lot it's, of people. It's just that I don't understand Marilyn Moonlight, so I can't be excited for it. I don't understand Farm and Graph. I see them True. going around. They're just doing their thing. They're farming and Graph. And I'm like, okay. I'd like to know more I, about I, them. I, I know that they're along. evil and going against Lex Luthor and the Superman that's family. All I and know. But that's still more than I know about Marilyn Moonlight. Yeah, you know that she got the ghost guns. She's rooting, <laughs> tooting, right? Boo, boo, boo. She might have a ghost horse. She might go to you, the ghost think OK about, Corral, right? All I think about when I see Marilyn Moonlight with her rooting, tooting ghost guns is I'm like, oh, so she's like the new Crimson Avenger. <laughs> that's what it looks like. There you go. You know all about it. We, we can't wait. But yeah, even like Jimmy on the date, date night. Jimmy, Lois doing Lois things. There's a lot of things. And again, even Lois doing one, Lois things. It's just editor-in-chief stuff. I don't know if I need to see that. It sounds kind of boring. Besides that, though, we even have like, oh, there's Perry. He's going to be, there's the thing with Perry going. He's there's a lot going again. on. A lot going on there. And with all of that, like, again, down the line, we will have more space because of Action Comics. But you could, and the things that we're talking about, say Superman is out of commission. And you have Joshua Williamson. This is a great deal. I'm going to have a series of one shots to tie up a couple, not even tie up, but flesh out some things go. You might be able to go more than like a half a year before we get Superman back. And that's kind of a problem. That's kind of a problem that there's so many loose ends, but it's also on the opposite side to put a positive spin on it. Most of it, except you have Marilyn Moonlight, because, you know, that sounds like fun. The idea where. We do we do want to see that. I'm, I'm not sitting there. Well, not that. I'm saying the other things that you mentioned. Like, you even want to yeah, have the good a stuff. I got you. night. All the good stuff. So that shows that we are interested. This isn't like, oh, man, I don't want that. And why do we get that? No. My biggest problem here is I want to see more of the stuff. And I'm af- afraid that he is just going to push some of it Drips aside. We'll never get to it. Because, again, we had kind of this, not that particularly in the flashbook in the uh, Rebirth. But we did end up forgetting and pushing things away. And I'm, I'm hoping that that doesn't happen here. I'm hoping that he doesn't lose like some of these stories oh, just because there's no time because I am interested in most of them. But this and this issue has some cool reveals. You have that cliffhanger you like. You have the you know possibility of rooting to Marilyn Moonlight that always ups the ante here. Superboy's origins to like further explain with his powers. It works for me. And that here's and for that for the last thing before I ask you the score. When you get that thing with Superboy's pet, that's another thing. Like, I need to know a little bit more about that. You can't just drop that and then never say anything. No, no, no. It works for me just because it's like the idea of tactile telekinesis. It feels so like out of place back in the day, but it's a way to replicate Superman's powers without actually having. Even though Superboy has that and Superman's powers now because he grew into them. But you can see that he was experimenting with this. But when you get to the chains explanation about how, you know, his uh, tactile telekinesis works even more because I touch air and air touches everything. I'm like, you're you're just explaining telekinesis. Stop it! You, do, you don't do that. What I'm saying is, though, just suddenly somebody shows up at your doorstep and says, "Oh, by the way, I'm not answering that, that door." That thing that you can do that you kind of got it from me. Sign our sucker. Like even Connor himself might want to like mention it. Like I hope it just doesn't get pushed aside. That was just this big wow moment, and then we never. I feel hear like that's again. all it is. There's no reason to really go further yeah, into no, it. No, I think that he'd start wondering about the idea of, oh, my God, I got this power from this awful guy that was there, and I thought I was more of this, but I'm more of that. I think that he would have problems with it and he try to figure it out. He barely uses his TK powers anymore. doesn't matter. He still has powers 
from somebody he and, never knew and is a villain and thing, that kills and people. And he might is, start he doesn't thinking have the powers stuff. from them. He has powers that was get, like you know was based on giving the powers to Sammy. It's just the same principle of giving powers. He didn't get it from Sammy. He was just you know given the same source of power that gave them both their powers. And that's weird. I thought uh, the way I read it was that they actually took some of that almost like he's going to find out that some of his DNA is some of this guy's and that's going to you know get that whole half and half skewed up that's that's how i i took it the idea that he might actually like they may say later that connor is a bunch of different things he didn't know is why i kind of got worried about it but that's from when how i read well maybe it, but, I, that's the thing is maybe that would be the case maybe well it's not how i interpret it and because i just feel that everything involved the origins of connor kind of at this point have been explored so much just to say something random out of nowhere that would have been tested to death at this point he's he's oh he's over this aspect of his life why reintroduce something that would just throw him into turmoil when he has turmoil for he doesn't no say reason? he says he doesn't say hey listen Connor there is half you, half me, and we developed powers and figured out how to do that to give it. He actually just says, and the powers came from Sammy. They came mm-hmm. from him. That feels like to me that he's saying that there might be like, hey, we're going to get that little power DNA there. We're going to do this. And I think it throws things in a, in a weird way. He does, you know what I mean? He doesn't say, and we developed the powers and then we knew how to do them and gave it. He actually says in a bit of you, a bit of me, but his powers came from Sammy Cammy, Cadmus used the research into it, replicate your powers as best as they could, but that's Superman's powers. He's actually saying at that point, this is how I took it, he got the clone deal, but Cadmus had to actually add the Superman powers, but in the meantime, we also got powers from, say, it's a weird play. It's a weird way to say it, like almost changing up a little more than I thought, but we'll have and to even see. if this is a case, let's just say you know Sammy is directly gave the power of TK to Connor when he was being you know baked up in the lab there at Cadmus. Sammy is a bad guy right now. He is working with Graphic Farm. He wants to kill Lex Luthor and is willing to fight the Superman family because, from his understanding, they're working with Lex Luthor. They have to be evil now. Sammy, as far as we know, with everything that's been like given to us, yes, he's doing bad things. He's a victim through all of this. Everything that has, like, you know, he killed his father, but we have seen that his father's a piece of crap that if we could put him through experimentation, all this other stuff, and then helped, or, you know, had Lex Luthor do this, but everybody else. Did stuff to him. It is true, but you still have to, you know, is it victim shaming me saying that you still have to be better than killing everybody and then trying to He's been locked in a cage for like how long now? How many years? Eric, I've been locked in the cage called life. Listen, I don't go out and try to destroy Metropolis. I just try to destroy the life. I try to destroy the lives and hopes of everybody around me. That's what I, that's, that's bad, but it's not like, it's not illegal, right, Eric? I, the life that I lead is the cage. I just, again, he, you're trying to get sympathetic for it and you're trying to do it. And I think Joshua Williamson does a good job because what he is really doing is you want to be sympathetic to Sammy, right? You yeah. But in the meantime, you also want to believe that Lex is going to be a good guy. But to be sympathetic to Sammy, you have to actually say that Lex is an asshole, which we knew from before. So it, it swirls around in a really cool way. The, idea the way you're talking about things far. with it, though, I have a feeling if we actually got the story that I wanted where John had to deal with the aspect that he was stuck in a volcano for seven years with a crying-ass Ultraman in Earth 3, if he came back and had actual human feelings and showed something on that instead of just glossing over everything, if we actually got that story, you'd be sitting there, why is this asshole over it already? God. Yeah. Well, you say that, and we never got the John stuff, right? No. He wasn't in the cage that is my life. He was in a volcano. Not everything's about you. When we, oh, it is. When we get to the next book, empathy, Jim. You actually have Thunderman 
actually acting like John might have or should have. And I, I kind of got a, a kick out of that. I kind of actually like, all right. I actually thought it was almost like a, like a parody of it a bit, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, the art in this is really good. Uh, I enjoy art, it. and there's a lot of artists. It actually shocked I know. me how many arts. Gleb Melnikov, I like that guy. I'd probably say his name wrong all the time, but I like, he's one, he's become one of my favorite art. His art is really cool. It has that old school play. It, it really looks really cool. And so, what would your score be? Yeah, I enjoy the art in this whole thing. You get a big old mm-hmm. action comics vibe. I say action comics just because you get a lot of action in this book with the super family art trying to take on this too. chain character. And it's a comic. You got oh action in no comics. They you know, did this it. Thing with, this little bit of like, you know, do I want to see more of the stuff instead of judging and drabs and not have enough room to explore everything that Joshua? Yes, I want to be able to explore those. I don't want to be have things, you know, pushed aside because we ran out of time doing something. So I look, I, I'm a little upset about that. But for the most part, I had fun with this issue and I look forward to what's coming next. So I'm giving it a seven out of 10. I'm seven five there. I, again, I, the complaining, there's, there's lots of different nuances to my complaining, Eric. There is the man, I'm pissed at the world complaining. Then there's the, Eric likes this, and I don't. I'm going to just lash out and complain. But there's also the complaining, and we've yeah, had 7.3. this. We've had this with a bunch of things. We even kind of have been saying the same kind of deal with the Just League versus you know Godzilla versus Kong. The idea that we're mad because we're not getting what we think could be you know the really cool stuff. But there's some we're fun still getting stuff. cool stuff. Uh, and I'm telling you right now, when I do the videos and stuff, even what we're talking about now, if I do one for this book. The thumbnail is definitely having Superman in that suit. When he comes in, it, it's wacky looking, but it looks really, really neat. Look, it, it, it looks, looks really cool, cool. But I swear a better freaking thumbnail would be Superman dead at the end, looking dead at least. That is a spoiler, Eric. I do not spoil things in my thumbnails. I'm you. just saying that you had the, you had the final page of Super Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong all over Twitter this week with people just having that. Do I have like <laughs> what what do I put that? You know, you got to grab them with that like you know with the what race what? what what have that and like have you on the side? Did you like? I'm glad that you saw because sometimes you don't pay attention to my wacky tweets, but somebody put up uh, a tweet like, "Hey, uh, put a picture of your favorite DC villain." Eric's picture right there. Gave him the end no, I show you. Usually, I, I ignore those because it always seems like you're just stalking my Twitter and just trying to ruin whatever I'm oh, talking about. Were you about. doing that? I didn't even, were you actually involved in that? I, the thing is, that's not, it's not the case because I was, I actually spent a good 10 minutes trying to find a good picture of, of the, Did I uh, beat you with your picture? No, no, things. I gave up because everything's a goddamn web page now that you want to freaking like you know download or save. And I'm like, I W-E-B-P? gave up. W E B P. Yeah. You're like, what is this? Whip-oof. I can't even say. Like, that I found me good nuts. pictures, but I don't want to go through with the web page nonsense. So, so like, what I'm not you're telling anymore. me, Eric, is you were trying to save a picture from a wiki because they're all that that web p nonsense. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was it. maybe a wiki. Yeah. They all are there. You have, you have to get an extension for your Chrome, Eric. You can end up making them into pings. You know I don't know how to do anything. I'm teaching you. Ping that shit is what I say. Yeah, I'm 7.5. All <laughs> that bitch and moaning. I, I actually did like it. And I, I'm I'm kind of excited. This is like one of those weird things. I'm not more excited for anything here. I'm, I'm, but I'm equally as excited I'm now, excited, and I, yeah. I want to know more. Yeah, so it, it's one of those few My things. My excitement I'll... hasn't dampered. No, exactly. My life is a cage. Here we go. Speaking of cages, we got the Batman Superman World's Finest number cages. 21. Oh, my. Do you, do you, are you as thrilled with the idea that Boy Thunder, out of anybody, like, you, you go with that legion of superheroes, right? He's there, and right. me, 
me and Stork are going through the Great Darkness Saga, so we're going through it. And every time I see Starboy, the guy has a beard. It looks like he's 48. And I'm like, you got to change your name, dude. Be Starman. But, oh, you can't. You got. But I'm glad that Boy Thunder decided. I'm Thunderman now. But That's right. Boy Thunder. I'm, an older, I'm, I'm a grown-up You up say kid. that. He, he, I look at this guy, though, in Earth-22, all grown up. He's Jason Todd with freaking heat powers. Yeah, and he's not that grown up. Why isn't Starboy, like, I'm telling you, Starboy looks like he would be the, like I said on the podcast, he looks like the basis for, like, the pretenders. <laughs> oh, you so say that. I'm like telling it. you, when he becomes Starman, though, in the JSA book in 2000, it's great. Yeah, so there you go. That's what I'm talking about, Eric. You know what I'm saying. Batman Superman World's Finest number 21, written by Mark Wade, with art by Dan Mora. Is that just, is, is it enough for me to just say art, Eric? Is, oh, my goodness, I he's so, so good. He's so good. Tamara Baumvalon, you know about her. Steve Wands. And I, I should then, I wasn't going to say she blocked us, but then I say that, it feels like I'm like being hateful or something. Unlike, you know, what she was when she blocked us. Eric. I, I still don't know why I think it was your jerk off face. But we end up getting into this book and we're in the Kingdom Come stuff. And you end up where, okay, where are we going? You figure that they're going to figure some things out. I don't know that they're going to change things because that oh, no, gets no, a little no. wonky and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we talk about a lot, and we might even talk about it in this podcast going forward because we recorded a bunch of stuff already, but we talk about it a lot in this podcast over the last couple of weeks where this issue of Batman Superman World's Finest, it requires, in my mind, a lot of homework to get into the story outside of the Boy Thunder stuff that led into it because now that we're on Earth-22, we had you know Batman Superman flung to the future of Earth-22 where like uh, all of Kingdom Come and Kingdom, it seems like, has already happened. And then you go back in time to... Well before Superman has ever quit in the Kingdom Come universe, well before the like uh, Magad kills the Joker, Lois is killed and stuff like that, to when Batman and Superman are pretty much still just active Justice League members. So you have this weird play here because things in this time frame of Earth-22 and possibly our Earth-1 continuity, Earth-0 continuity, because who knows how the world's finest plays with their timeline in the current continuity and stuff like that, everything has changed in this issue alone and i think it's going to take a lot of homework to get into it because even outside of kingdom come itself which we're re-addressing here it's a mark wade story doing mark wade stuff and all of a sudden at the end we have gog show up this gog is the gog from earth zero or new earth continuity pre-flashpoint stuff that took on the jsa and it was all the stuff that superman from earth 22 tried to come back and prevent from happening in this universe and i'm like this is completely different in a new timeline that before anything happened what is going on and Patreon people who listen to our spotlight might get a kick. I think Eric thinks that he's the captain, Captain Sin from from the whole deal when we get Gog. Oh, oh no, you say that when you have the Arcad was it the Arcadians or the Arcarians? For some reason, the Arcarians in Batman Offworld look a lot like Gog, yeah, just different do. colored skin. And like you said, and I I can tell you, you're spot on, Eric. It doesn't happen often, but you're spot on what? because I Every saw week. a lot. Of, I saw a lot of people talking about this issue and there's a lot of weird things changing there's a lot of things going on and again i didn't go back and reread all of kingdom come but i have read it recently i'm saying in the past well, even year, that, i have read you, it i i don't even know if you go back and read kingdom come or even the kingdom you jump into this and can fully understand nobody what is happening right now kingdom well and that's what i was going to say is a lot of people who May not be even like. Because I think you have to go and do some JSA stuff as well. Maybe. And what you end up here where people are saying, oh my God, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's just a big fight. That's what I keep hearing. It's just a big fight. It is. It is. There's a it's lot the of fight. It's the most detriment to the issue in my mind. But 
there are some wacky things going on, and I'm not going to tell you that I understand all of them or what's going on to the connections. Hopefully, Mark Wade isn't in the play because here's the thing. Kingdom Come, huge story, right? Oh, yeah. You, you have it. So he may be in that idea of everything that he's doing is so easily recognizable because of how big a story. But it, the biggest story as anything is, it's really just going to matter to the last time you read it. If you remembered it, if you read it multiple times and things like that. So he actually seems like he's doing some cool stuff, uh, but I don't know some of the times that it ends up, like I said, it's a big fight. Now, what I really was hoping, because if you don't know, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, Mark Wade ends up doing this. He does it with Alex Ross. I'm saying Kingdom Come, and then he wants to do Kingdom. Alex Ross and him get in a fight. I wish that or ends up where somehow we find out or realize, oh, my God, he's just changing the Kingdom stuff. That Alex, it's it's a olive branch out to Alex Ross to chat, but I don't think it is. But when you get no, because the thing is, we're not even really changing the kingdom stuff because we're changing pre Kingdom Come history. Yeah, is well, what that we're doing changes down so, the line too. Is is this a tit for tat situation? Because I think Alec Ross went and did some stuff for Jeff Johnson or the JSA stuff with the Earth Twenty Two characters that Mark Wade wasn't involved with. So it's like I'm going to go back and do this. I don't know. I told you at one point. I, I don't know what the beef Al- is. At this I point. talked to Alex Ross and. I ended up because he follows us and I ended up yeah. sending him a tweet about Kingdom Come. We, I think it was when, because me and you did a little bit of Kingdom Come during the shutdown when we didn't have any comments coming out. And I think we did a couple things or maybe an issue, whatever. We, something. And I asked him a question and I was talking to him really quickly. It's not like anything big. But then I said, oh, do you suggest? It's like when I asked Dan Jurgens why he was writing fucking Booster Gold. And, and so then <laughs> I, I, newbie. <laughs> and then I was new. I didn't know. I was upset. So I said that because I didn't know the beef. And I said, oh, do you suggest reading The Kingdom? And he's like, I don't want anybody to ever read that. It was like, I'm like, oh, and then I, oh, I see why. But he's like, he, that's, it's a, a, you know, a sore spot type deal. It would be neat to well the kingdom's like the idea of like you have this story that's really good like it's, i put it in like horror movie terms because that's what i understand having a sequel to a great movie it almost feels like a cash grab milking a cow situation when you have the kingdom to what the kingdom come was and what ended up ha- if i get the and i may not get every you know particular right i hope this is how i remember it is that well first off why are we having a sequel to something this is something that's really good especially with alex ross because that made it stand out as well yeah and then the sequel though was doing things that they were kind of like kicking around at one point for kids. And, and Alex, no, we can't do that. Things with kids, things with like stuff like that, that he's like, no, you don't do that. That would never happen. Mark Wade just wanted to do it. So he just said, hey, you don't want to do it. Fuck you. Get out of here. And Alex Ross said, fuck you and left. And then he did it. And then that's been between them ever since. So I would love, though, if somehow I don't know if this would do it, whatever. But it did it in a way that all of a sudden Alex Ross was like, you know what? Thank you for changing. Let's do something together again, because if Alex Ross and Mark Wade did a new thing, completely new, but it'd be huge. I mean, if they did something at DC like that, it'd be so cool. Uh, oh, yeah. But we'll see. Thunder Manor. I just, I just don't know what we do now. Name. Well, I don't we know. We have I... the idea where we have Earth 22, Kingdom Come is yet to come at this point in time in the timeline that our current day, or I say current day, but our world's finest find themselves in the timeline of this Earth-22. So pretty much for the majority of this issue, they end up fighting their counterparts of Batman and Superman because these characters know Thunder Man and they want to protect Thunder Man, whoever these doppelgangers are that are t- like trying to kill him as far as... And then you have Thunder Man this entire time saying, 
I don't know what they are. They're, they're bad guys. He's playing them, gaslighting them this entire time. So then I have to imagine what has been going on in this world outside of this new Gog rewrite that this, this God character has come in here and has every superhero in the world worshiping him to be a part of his Justice League, essentially, to where they will be the, 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 the um, the trial and execution, judge, jury, uh, executioner to everybody because it's all at the whim of what Gog wants. And it's now the the kind of play maybe by the end is the idea. It is part of the multiverse now. The certain, you know, the multiverse fixes itself, Eric. I always have to tell you that. But who knows how it's going to play and how Mark Wake does weird things. So say, well, after this is when it became this and then it went this and it reverted there. I don't know. Well, I, ju- I really just hope the play is because we had that little uh, preview. I think it was before, like after one comic, the world's finest looking like Thunder Boy or Boy oh, yeah, Thunder. That was the big play. Eventually. That was the cliffhanger. Yeah, he he'd become Magog, Magog, Magog yeah. in Earth-22. I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy because you never knew where the Magog of that world came from. So that works. But and you, if you have a pre-Magog world right here before Magog kills the Joker, Superman quits. You and love saying up, Magog. You, you love I, it, don't you? I kind of do. I kind of <laughs> do. I don't know. I, I, I've never actually cared for Magog because he was just the antithesis of everything that I liked about superheroes. And that's the point of the story to where they become too extreme because it's the 90s. And Superman has to come back and then go to other extremes to where, I swear to God, every other Ellis was, Wonder Woman is the worst. She's always that person whispering in Superman's ear to go in further. Justice, like, in Justice, she was, yeah. Every, I'm telling you, and like Flashpoint, she Flashpoint. was just over the top. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, whenever I think of these things, you always have Wonder Woman being that person who's going to be the most over-the-top baddie she can be if she's given the book. But it's all in the sake of doing good. But it's just such a weird idea. We have Thunderman. Will one day become a Gog because he's given the spear by Gog. But just to get to that point, if we're not changing anything, doing weird timey wimey nonsense by the end of this, or it's all fucking hyper time because who knows how anything works. I just don't know how nobody understands and recognizes they were all taken over by this god, a Gog, before any of this ever happened. And I'm like, that's that's just weird. And never like, and even the idea that it's never going to be brought up again during Kingdom Come or like you know, because Gog is a different character in Kingdom, so. Yeah, and, and the play here, too, uh, just to point out, one of the big things that seems to be the caveat of it is these characters don't know about the multiverse. This is the thing where yes. Batman is, and they've, they've said it a bunch of times, like, oh, my God. Like, and I don't deal with hyper time stuff in, in the kingdom, but like multiverse is still like but n- the multiverse here, point. especially at this point, like they do not know about it. And that and that's why I, I did see some people come on. I mean, Superman would understand that some not without knowing the multiverse. That's why Batman starts saying, Are you clay faced now? You're not fighting as big. And then you start thinking it's mind control. I like the way that that's played out here. Oh, yeah. The one thing that makes me giggle though, it works and you have to do it. Superman fighting Superman. Okay, gray strength. I got that. That's a Batman kind of always, he looks the same. So it's, hey, I'm going to get in this suit because all these well, things, it's, it's only there the thing, to be able to you differentiate. Have Superman, you have Batman at this point in time, this pre, you know, pre, pre Kingdom Come era stuff where you get to see when Batman gets his mechanized armored bat suit like that he would have in Kingdom Come. And now we can differentiate the Batmans. But that's where the he best got part. It. And that's what I like about it. And that's where <laughs> I, I think like, I, I feel silly because I, I was just like kind of a pseudo praising the idea of Superboy and his powers. And this is exactly the same thing, but it's just to differentiate the Batman. It is funny, though, when you, <laughs> you do like, I think that that's a really clever play for because you got to figure out how do we dip because they're going to fight. Yeah, we can make them different, but we need something to really stand out so you get the first look of it. I thought that was It's cool, too, because Kingdom Come Batman has such a distinct look that you would want to have this because you don't get to see it all the time. Yep, it's really cool. And he comes down, and again, you're there, and and Batman is trying to convince himself, knowing that 
she's not gonna you know believe him the idea of no i am you doesn't this make sense i'm like no and then you end up dick grayson shows up and that's kind of the funny play too i think she's gonna decide well maybe and he but pushes he her aside. The oh he looks so good in the red and he comes in and he's like hey this could be this mind control. Be my favorite Nightwing costume. I love it. And you end up where... Even as the Batman Beyond belt. Yeah, I'd like to say our Bruce, but he says, Dick, you know, what's going on? And it even is there. Dick's like, listen, I got that you know my name. A telepath. Good guess. So Nightwing. everything ends up working out. He's like, oh, no. And it is one of those things that if you were Batman, you would start getting frustrated that they're not like you want to tell them the mo- but how do you spring it on them a mo- that doesn't make sense to them there's a lot of crazy Especially in the stuff middle going of a fight on. where they're trying to break your face yeah exactly i'll break your face is what i say but i'm looking at the co- that costume so good it's so good would you have laughed if when he comes down and then arborist says oh my god dick and he's like whoa 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 you could call me an asshole or something but seriously guy would that no, make you no. laugh that you would have written it written it then so i don't need that I would write so many dick jokes the whole time because every time we talked about this so many times doing reviews and I have written a lot of Nightwing reviews. And at one point you said, I oh, said, yeah. you can do it. And I said, you're going to have a problem because you, you want, you don't want to keep saying Nightwing. The former Nightwing, Robin, Nightwing, Nightwing yeah. Richard, <laughs> Dick, you just can't say Nightwing and Dick over and over yeah. again. And so when you can't say night, you start saying Dick, but then there's parts where you the say former it, boy wonder. it makes me giggle every time. So I'm like, and then the bruiser of Bloodhaven, <laughs> Batman calls out for Dick. I'm like, Oh my, look what I did. And I'm like, yeah, I'll keep that one. All right. I did it. And then you go, I'm like, you really run into a lot of things. Just like I said, not a great thing when you're doing a Spider-Man review. And then when you go and tweet it and you tweet Doc Ock, kind of ends up being Ducock. And, it, you know, hey, whatever you want to do. But it ends up making me laugh every time. So when you're, you're doing all this stuff, he comes down pretty cool. But they're running into a brick wall that the heroes aren't going to believe them. So not believing them, they think they're up to nefarious things. They're really just there and, to and try to worse. get and help Thunder, Boy Thunder, oh, now Boy Thunder. Thunder. Who does not want their help, wants revenge, and apparently is in Gog's pocket and has everybody gaslit about who he is, what he's doing there, what he's been through. And now they, they can't even regroup back to the world because the, the transponder that, you know, Barry gave them to go back to their own universe to stop the vibrational like thing to keep them there. That was destroyed in the fight with the doppelgangers of this universe. So they are stuck here for a while. I don't know how they're even getting back. I don't know either. You know, the the flashes or speedsters of this world, you know, hey, can you quickly build a vibrational cosmic treadmill? You're going to have yeah, to reveal the multiverse to them. Hey, Barry of this world or whoever yes. is the flash currently at this point in time, can you do me a favor? I'm going to give you a an idea. There's multiple worlds and they're all separated in different universes by v- vibrational exp- like uh, frequencies. Can you please build me something that I would call a cosmic treadmill, TM, for us to get back home? I think you might have to do that. I'd like... But what I said earlier about the John stuff, at the very beginning, you end up having Thunderman, Boy Thunder. It's like, Batman, Superman, you abandoned me, forgot about me, left me to fend for myself in a whole new earth. I'm like, ooh, he's singing John's song here. I actually Seriously. thought at one point, because Superman's like, no, no, we didn't. I'd never do that. And Batman's like, well, maybe. I, I wish he yelled out. Not he wouldn't do time. that unless you're actually as flesh and blood. He just yells it out. But it, it's, and like you said, it almost feels like going forward, he, but again, the way that Bendis played it out when John was aged, there was no real way the way that time went. They didn't even know he was gone. So you kind of have that. It's vibe. so weird to think of, too, with the idea of Earth-22, because it's already a universe that takes place further in time than our current universe, right? 
Then we go back in time to a point that's still further than our current continuity. That I say current, but whatever we're dealing with in this and book. And a so, book that already is back in the day. There, there's yeah. a lot of weird stuff. That, but it's, it, it's still ahead of what they would currently be going through in my mind and our actual current continuity outside yeah, of this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you actually are pointed out in that at this point, Golden Fox or Silver Fox uh, Superman. So he's a little bit older anyway. So yeah. you are a little ahead. Again, this book, it is something that you will oftentimes have to correct me when I start getting these wacky ideas. I'm like, but that, and you're like, no, no, no. I sometimes forget that it is even like that far back because of the timeline being wonky with some characters and things like that. Oh, yeah. It does feel like a mismatch of nonsense. So, but in this, uh, it's pretty cool. But like you said, if you're going to sit there, you might have to get out the abacus. You might start I having to, you know, do some crazy my- thoughts. How am I going to explain this in a coherent way where people understand what I'm talking about? Because I'm, I, I got to the God part, and, the, and it's the wrong God. You I'm fail like, every other time. And so I'm I like, don't know I'm like is it the wrong God, or is it just the embodiment of God later on in the kingdom? Because this is the God that we got in our normal continuity of Earth Zero or New Earth, whatever you want to go with at this point in time, that the JSA fought. This should be a different God, but it doesn't look like it. it like, this should be this universe's God, and it's not. But is it the early days of it? And how do we reconcile this to what should be the regular Earth-22 timeline when none of this should be happening right now? And this is where I, I laugh a bit uh, with the idea. You you could have come on and you just said some stuff. And this is your you know thoughts and what you wonder. And you have that. And you end up like, I think this God, whatever. And there's people there. They're scratching their head. Like, what is he talking about? And then we come back to me. That's and I'm what I'm like, worried about. Well, then we come back to me and I go. Batman suit looks cool and everybody's like he's right like that's a because this is the cool. thing about this is the thing about Mark Wade in this book and especially this issue you realize that when you have some cool, great art but also have some cool fights you end up having wacky stuff go people will still end up like they may even not notice like maybe Mark Wade's like but I'm writing a really smart issue here and all I hear is it's cool and I see that costume and it's neat and it's fun because I had a lot of people this week and I I disagree because I really like some other books better, but saying this is their favorite book of the week. And I'm like, well, what do you think happened? Like, I actually like what? And they're like, oh, it was just a cool fight. That, that seems and to be enough for is, him. That's the biggest detriment to the book in my mind, because you have Batman versus Batman and Superman versus Superman for the large majority of it, which, you know, like I said before, you get your action comics portion of your thing going on in your comic. But it just isn't enough for me, especially when you leave me with a cliffhanger here for this long setup of Boy Thunder becoming Thunder Man. I just have all these questions that I don't even feel like I got the to the story there. yet. Oh, my God. You got to And even then, it was so funny where they go back to the farm. And you do have those plays, though, that I like. This, there's not really, there's some narration, but not a lot. And it's not narration like, and then they went back to the farm to discover that it was emptier than they ever thought. But they go back and you see the tombstones there. And then Superman yeah. hauls off and. Wherever Beast Boy is in the mud, he's very upset. He destroys a tree. Or he punches yeah. that tree. It goes up. But I sat there and I'm like, all right, like you're getting. And then when you get the end, it looks crazy. Once my, I mean, and that's the thing. Gog is like, oh my god. And I thought that was over. Oh no, it's not over because then you have the the brigade show up, the Justice Brigade, and I mean, it, it's really cool. But what does it mean? And how is it working? And things like that. But I think that most people are just putting that aside for this and saying. It's really neat. It's really cool. And it's, I don't know, it's confusing if you dive into it, but you could just explain it. Hey, they go back to the, the Kingdom Come deal. Superman's fighting Superman. Batman's fighting Batman. That might get some people to okay. check it out. And then at the end, what some amazing I, art. 
Well, what I really need and the stuff that you're saying obviously is there, obviously is going. I don't know how he'll do it, but there has to be a moment where Mark Wade does something that actually everybody's light bulb goes off. Oh, my God. Even me not paying attention to that. You know what I mean? Like even and I'm not saying me, but somebody's saying I was just there for the fight. But now what just happened? I realized how clever that issue before too. before. Oh, my God. And I he's good enough to do that. But will he? And can I, it's it's a very odd I play. Know. Yeah, I don't know either. So, because I don't I just want don't it want to just to w- do a weird thing where it somehow just derails the Kingdom Come timeline for no reason at all, except for to explore this world. For, and we like, talk again, about for that no a reason. lot. We even said it, it's not the same exact thing, but we, me and you, talking about Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, and I even did a little like separate quick video with just me on YouTube. But the idea is like, hey, everybody. Spoiler alert, I don't think Godzilla's going to die because you don't want, you can't like wreck things and whatnot. Right. This is a little different because it's Mark Wade's story or have to deal, and when he's doing it, he just might, but I don't think he will. But at this point, how does he get in? You know what I, I like you said, and that's how what do I'm here for get to it out. now? And that's a neat kind of intrigue to see how that would happen because when you go, when people said, oh, he's going back to the Kingdom Come deal, like, that seems like a wild moment, but when you really think about it, you're like, well, what's he going to do there? Like, what, what is it? Just like, are you going to have Superman and Batman like ghosts going through like it's a wonderful life to see what happened? I don't think so. So when they get there, what are you going to do? And then you are at the point, don't ruin it. But now I want to see if he does and how he does. It's like, I want to see how he doesn't, doesn't ruin it. So weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool though. But overall, and it's just a fight here. So I can't go too gaga about it, Lady Gaga. But what would you give it? I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 because it is a great big fight, but it looks amazing all the way through. And the ideas that, like, I'm discussing with the idea of the gods, is it, is it the god form that we never got to see in this world that we later got to see in the JSA of, the like, the late 2000s? Possibly, but I need to know how this is going to work out in a way that, like, you know, feels great for the way of storytelling with it. And I want to find out what what's up with Boy Thunder, Thunder Man at this point in time, and the idea of him becoming Magog and seeing how, for some reason... I need to be here to see all the pieces of the puzzle fit in perfectly to have that satisfaction. And that's what I'm really here for because you're doing interesting things with a world that I do care about. So I just, I don't know. I need to see it stick to landing. So I'm really intrigued to the point. Like I would never drop the title at this point in time for how intrigued I am, but because it is just a big ass fight, you know, yeah, it looks great, but you're not getting a lot of substance throughout because it's all like gaslighting until, Hey, here's a big cliffhanger for you. I need a little bit more meat than that, but I still enjoyed the issue because of what could come seven out of 10. Now I'm seven five. And, uh, do you like that cyborg? The white, uh, I think you'd like that little figure there that's with all the right. white deal. I think that's pretty cool. I was just, it's just so weird when you have all these characters because of how early this is, like before Kingdom Come. So you have characters looking differently than they will later and even characters that you didn't get to see in that. So it's kind of cool because even stuff, even stuff in Kingdom Come, like you had some crazy looking versions of our characters in that. So it's like, but like you see a lot of these here, the majority of them do just look like normal everyday characters you might find in dc comics for some reason my eyes are drawn towards that cyborg with the white and blue so i'm like looking yeah. at it and then i'm like oh one oh that's just wonder woman oh there are, oh, it's just aquaman like some there's of them that, are. you know there's that kingdom come captain adam that looks cool yeah that's pretty cool there's a there's a couple that you're like okay that's pretty neat and, and there's even some other things peacemaker looks pretty cool he's the other one that you kind of go with the, the boba fett peacemaker helmet yeah i i think that that was pretty cool see i'm a seven five and a, you're a seven and really i mean so far, I have to say, like, while some people might think these are higher scores or whatever, we're still pretty positive of these. Like, some things are maybe turning around. Maybe we're starting to like things a little more. Maybe you're liking to have fun. I don't know. We'll have a lot of fun in this next one. It's a hoot. I'm going to have fun if it makes sense. 
Woo-wee. This next one is like just fun rainbows, RC Cola, and lollipops. It's Wonder Woman number three, written by Tom King, art by Daniel Sampari, colors by or Timo Moray and Clinton Coles. I don't know why I was going with the colors, but it is colors by Timo Moray and Clinton Coles. He's on the letters. Now, sure is. Here's the thing going into this this issue. There's been a lot of people that are up in arms about some things that happen in it. And then there's even some people, because I was discussing this with some people, and they ended up even like beforehand saying, I hope that you and Eric talk a lot of what the politics are here. Why would like, well, we do that? And I'm like, what politics are you talking about? And like, oh, you know, like uh, how they're treating the government and how's this? And I'm like, and it's some of the people I'm assuming because they know our names, like, like you've heard us talk. We're not real political guys. And even on the surface level of saying, well, we don't want to piss off half the people or this or whatever. But the idea I said to him, just to let everybody know, the idea is. I said, if you're looking to me and Eric for your political talk, you better look up elsewhere. Ooh, it's the wrong we're, place. We're dummies, and we're going to talk. We like, I like politics in the comics itself, but the idea of, oh, my God, wait, this is digging into this, and that's going well, against even the this idea, like, the real I, life. I didn't even think I don't about like. the idea that, that somebody would have a problem with how they're depicting the government here because it's a shadow government, not the actual government. It's the freaking, like, the, the puppet master behind what's going on right now, so it's not actually what you perceive to be the government. It's something evil that's beyond it. Have you been on Reddit or Twitter? This is what they think the government is. I mean, the idea that it's like that. But then, but why would you be okay with that? Then, if that's what your stance is, I can point out a bunch of things. I actually told you about a guy. I don't want to get fully into it, but the guy basically telling me that I was a piece of shit for doing something that I don't think anybody's ever. So I'll tell you when we're done this section of like. And at the end, I'm like, you really get like you're. Against that is so weird what I tell you, but the idea of this is it's boring. I, I've said this no, before. Is. Stephen Batdad Mitchell he gets mad at me every time, but I I just end up there's a lot of narration and but well, even last issue you had you you had Wonder Woman taking on tanks and soldiers and just standing her ground, showing you how hard she's willing to fight to stay here, like she fought to get to Man's War in the first place. That was still kind of boring in its depiction. Now, this one you have Wonder Woman walking through corridors, standing in elevators, and just talking. I'm like, you took the action portion that made the last one tolerable in my mind, even though it was still kind of boring the way you depicted it, and made it less. And, I mean, of course, because, you know, it's Tom King, we're going to get multiple panel deal. Yeah, and, okay, it's kind of a neat, she's in the elevator, and yes. you're going to have, I think it's a She's going to Sarge Steele's office. And so, I get the idea, it's almost like the elevator, but she's there, and there's a guy, that did not need narration. That could have been because the play is they're kind of like, okay, thank you. Hit number uh, 32. All right. And then all of a sudden the guy's like reaching for the gun. She kicks him down. What I find in this issue what that happens sometimes with Tom King and, and other people, almost like a Ram V and things like that. When you over narrate it, I don't know. I, I have no time or space well, even to the see idea the of art. The, narration the art's really good. We, even the idea of the narration in this, like it's the sovereign from the future telling mm-hmm. Trinity the story this of this whole thing. This guy likes the yakety fucking yak. I'm telling you, I just read it and it just leaves my mind because I actually forget what the hell I'm actually reading and what they're talking about and what they're like, you know, the subject matter and which why we have to do this. For some reason, like the idea of what we're dealing with with the narration, it does not click with me and I don't think it works very well. You say that. 10 million percent I was i was reading it and at one point i stopped and thought to myself if i ended up being like really quizzed on what i just read two pages uh, i wouldn't know because it's very yeah it, it's very pretentious narration i know you're trying to play it through the sovereign but it doesn't really work for me and then in the meantime 
just keeps going and you see a guy doing a crossword puzzle then you see his face too pat nothing is in this like the idea when you take like those classes hey you're going to take the sat well you have to be in a room that's like that but like triggers to remember stuff and you get there's nothing here for me to to remember there's nothing where i say oh my god that was a cool scene it all blends together because of this narration and really not much happening you have Wonder Woman show up and say, I want to talk to, you know, Sergeant Steele. Well, we don't really, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no, I think there is. I don't know. While that's going on, because you want to have this big reveal that it's Wonder Woman. Guess what? We know it's Wonder Woman. Like that you're playing this play of guy with the crusher puzzle. Now he's doing it. It's all classic writers of Wonder Woman and artists. Okay. Then you get to the next, oh, Wonder Woman. And she's there. Hey there, pal. Let's go. And then. Hey, there's that. And then yet the sovereigns are talking to a military guy who is very into all these, you know, relics he has. It's supposed to really play the idea Private of he's been around for, you know, the sovereign even mentions like he's a line of sovereigns. It's- exactly. I don't know if the sovereign, he's already an old man like Mr. Burns level, but it seems like his family has been the shadow government all this time, putting things into motion and keeping the pretty much the government and America under the thumb the whole time and things working out to keep them rich and everybody else poor. Yeah. And and so when you're going through this, the idea of there's always been crisis actors that, yeah, I get it, but it's not interesting to me the way it's presented. And it, it ends up where if you really like the sovereign's there, family gave John Wilkes the booth to kill Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. And he, the gun. And he ends up saying like, oh, and he laughed at this and we did this like he was an actor. Oh, he's it. It's true. I think that that the way that this plays out when you get this whole play, oh, that's John Wilkes Booth's gun. When we gave it to it, it feels like Tom King thinks this has never been said or done before. It's been done a million times. It really has. It's kind of a neat little play, but it's not over the top. You know, oh, my God, he cracked the code. It's kind of like, okay, let's go. Honestly, I'm happy with this part of the book because it's actually giving me some background on who the sovereign is, what our threat actually is, because otherwise you have Wonder Woman walking through an office building finally getting the side steel. You have that, but I I don't think I learned. I I just learned that there was more sovereigns down the line. We kind of already got the idea that they've been manipulating the the deal, and you see that by the end. But yeah, and, and throughout this, I did see some people where they were like, I can't believe I guessed it. The Sovereign was talking to Trinity. We knew this, right? I mean, we saw that yeah, in I number so. 800. We saw them talking like, I have a story to tell you about your mother. And then we go to this. I'm like, yeah, we cut. people seem like they didn't get that. But he's telling a story. And all right, then Wonder Woman's in an elevator. She's kicking a guy. And even then, when, like I said, maybe you have that as almost silent because it's like Shakespeare wrote. You know, this whole heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know that that was made. To, I'm like, come on now. We're, we're telling a story with Wonder Woman well, and you seem idea, like you're like, bored. Your most intriguing part of the Wonder Woman aspect, like, again, she makes her way through an office building. Eventually, she's trying to, uh, you know, um, guards are trying to stop her. She kicks their ass, but she just makes her, her way to Sarge Steele's office. Where then she sits down. He, well, she wants to know about that rogue Amazon Emily who killed those people. And they sit down and start discussing the idea that Emily, wherever she is, she has a baby on board. She's preggers. And the idea left to us that that Trinity is actually Emily's, you know, daughter and not, That's you know, Wonder Woman's, even though it's not a huge deal because, hey, Trinity, we barely know ye and the well, idea of Wonder Woman's kid and stuff like that. that it's just such a weird part. It's a big deal for collectors. If anybody grabbed the idea of the first, like this to me lessens it, if it is the play. But I thought the idea where people were saying and and also what you'll do and some guy kind of arguing with me this week about what Tom King has established. As I said to him, Tom King will usually only go one route, the ambiguous route. 
the idea of if he's going to change her, you know, hey, Clay versus Zeus. He's going to hint Why is he doing things. that? Well, he's going to hint to it, but then he'll pull it back later anyway, and that's what he does. He never stops talking about the clay aspect now, though. The idea, and there is a little play that maybe some people will think is smart with the idea of the kid, and it was told early in the narration in one of the first two issues about how Wonder Woman was actually like, oh, and you were the grand mistake. You were where they did. And they repeat that here again with possibly trick. It's a weird play to kind of go, but when you're doing all this, you just have to I never thought that he was going to reveal a, a father unless right. as you see I never nobody I think is going to do he's not going to do it because then people are going man I don't think Wonder Woman would F that guy or oh they did like I, that's, that's what <laughs> you know, I think book Twitter and then if you yeah and if you end up where it's Steve Trevor I think that that makes sense but then people even in this issue and I don't know if you got the tone of it because the tone is off Wonder Woman at one point is like at a point here She's so bored with beating up soldiers that she's oh, yawning to make it like an elevation thing. I don't think Wonder Woman would ever do that. I don't think Wonder Woman ever beat the crap out of somebody and think that that's boring. These are things where, you know, she's paying attention not to kill him. Maybe it just felt weird. But when she starts talking to Steele about Steve Trevor is almost like they're talking about the simple kid who's there in the room that they, you're talking about. Oh, your force go. Yeah, it, it felt weird. The idea of. Well, I know that you were sending Steve, so I was playing around with that. Like, and you talk about the idea off. of feeling weird, even when she's showing her hand here, where she, like, you know, Sarge Steele has a gun to her, and I have an army, and she's like, well, I have an invisible jet, and this jet is right outside of his window. Not invisible. I'm like, well, it's not the invisible jet now, is it? And it has gigantic Gatling guns that are almost the size of the jet on the wings. I know that, and you had to have thought at one point. Where even at the point, get on your knees. No, and they're like, oh, Rocky. He's gonna uh, no, I just sat there. The thing is, I appreciate the idea that we have a Wonder Woman who won't get on her knees because I know that you wanted to, in that era of Wonder Woman that we had previously during Rebirth, you wanted to show that she, the compassionate side of her because that's all they wanted to show. So she's a woman who didn't fight, even though she grew up on a, as a warrior race who always fought every day. She would get on her knees in submission. This is showing you she's not that character, and I always appreciate that because it's not everybody's like cup of tea. She would never get on her knees to, in that situation even back then. She, yeah, she'd get I on agree. her knees to a god. It was weird. She would get on her knees to something to stop a fight, but the idea that it's a soldier or a she wouldn't have even back in the day gotten on her knees to that. And the idea of it, like you said, though, just think of the play here. The reason why she isn't getting on her knees is because somehow the government has made a 9-11 about a lady who killed a bunch of dudes in a bar it, it doesn't work for me and at this point she's not doing but like the idea that she's doing her investigative work she just goes right to sarge Steele. hey do you know anything he's like i think she's pregnant it, it just i don't get it and at points the dialogue of diana changed in that weird wonky way where tom king had when he did that whole super friends deal in that demon realm or whatever, where she sounds like she's half Russian and half, it just nothing felt right to me. Everything felt off and I, I just didn't like it. And then you get the over narration, you get this whole play of this slow burn, but boring. Just don't get it. I don't get why, you know, well, even people is, are like, this is incredible. I'm like, I, I don't think we've even started the story yet. Well, you when know, the story becomes the idea where it's the nation against because of what's been spread out there about the anti-Amazon campaigns because of what happened in that bar where Emily killed those 17 men, we have that going through. But to further the idea to keep things going down the sovereign's path that he wants to happen for the country to get the Amazons out of here and take Wonder Woman down, we have a soldier that's presented to him at his house, the sovereign's house, 
say like, oh, you were there fighting Wonder Woman. I'm just going to say last issue. That's when they did it, last issue. How did that make you feel? Did, did you feel like she took your masculinity away? I'm like, no, no, it's cool. It's just, And then you have to have him pull out the lasso of lies. Here, take this lasso. She made you feel like it lost your masculinity. And then the guy's like, she made you, she took everything from it. It becomes this weird thing that we had in the previous Wonder Woman run that the Queen Reds were all about with Dr. Psycho, where it all became like this whole thing. You got a feminism against masculinity and stuff like that. And I'm like, you didn't need to take it to that route. And even saying it like this, the whole reason this guy kills himself because of what has been put in his mind magically through the lasso of lies and where he writes a suicide note about how Wonder Woman caused this him to kill himself because of the loss of masculinity. I'm like, that's a weird place to take this for no reason. Like the idea that this to masculinity alone, she took my masculinity. She made me less of a man. I'm like, that's weird. And to and think of it overall, in my first mind. off, I thought it was disgusting. And I think that he does this shit for wow moments that I have to see a panel where a guy's blood is seeping out of his fucking head. Because, for no real reason, because you could have done that different ways. I think that he does this bullshit all the time. And I even was thinking of some of the things that he's done where you do it and you're like, you didn't really need to do that. Like in the, uh, you know, people go with the strange adventures. Oh, my God. He made Adam Strange a genocidal maniac. Yeah, that's bad, right? But he also had yeah. Mr. Terrific in that say, I'm glad my wife and unborn kid died because I didn't really want to deal with them. Like, he just said it. Why? Why would you? Character and then, assassination. Then you had in the whole play of uh, Guy Gardner, he's a handsy abuser, and that's it. And you, you, okay, you do that. But one of the other big things that really shows me that Tom King is just a really, really just awful, awful person. I don't even care. It might be a vendetta, but this is awful. Probably. You end up having that up in, uh, you know, up in the sky. That book, right. the, the Walmart the Walmart book. book. Yeah. In that, I always talk about how he always kills kids. But actually in that, a lot of people ended up being upset because there was like full two pages, I believe, or at least one, where you just saw almost like the nine panel grid of Lois dying horrifically over and over and graphically over and over. It ends up being of the mind trying to get Superman all fired up, whatever. So you're like, and people had a problem with that. And he's like, oh, well, deal with it. Just think of that, though. Those books were made almost specifically to get kids involved in reading comics. And he did that. He doesn't give a shit. He does this shit because I guess he can and because he's awful. He is just an awful person. And in that whole play, when people said, oh, this will be a cool deal. And I, I actually saw some people saying, oh, that's great because he's putting to light the suicide rate of, so I'm like, no, he never does it that way. It's always shock value. And he uses that shock value. And it made me laugh just the idea where people are like, well, this is cool because he's, you know, del- if Tom King was in this comic, he, he's a CIA guy. He'd be on the wrong side. Like he'd be on these bad guys of this subterfuge thing because that's kind of the government there. I just don't get it. And I don't know why he goes out of his way to, to just be awful. And ending up where I'm like, I just don't like seeing these things. Like I said, Wonder Woman going and fighting some things. I actually, the idea of, oh, you're going to say, and now writes a letter. And just think what Tom King is going to do then is we need to get people against Wonder Woman. So this letter is going to be released. Oh, my God. This guy felt like Wonder Woman cut off his balls. Nobody's going to think of that. that day, Wonder Woman denied my rights as a man to exist in this world. That's why he killed himself. Who's going to listen to that and say, oh, my God, that bitch Wonder Woman? Nobody. It doesn't even Kinda. make sense. No. Nobody. If I ended up where I was, at, you know, in war, I'm a soldier, and I'm like, oh, my God, that lady. It'd be like, the thing is, no, get over this it. This feels like something I've seen the media try to spin and, like, you know, really 
right wing media is trying to get people all up in arms about the like masculinity and stuff like that. I sit back because I don't care about people with their ideas of this, that, or the other thing. As long as it doesn't involve me, you do whatever you want. Don't hurt anybody, please. That's that's part of part of my thing as well. Don't hurt it. But this idea where they'll put this out there. And I'm like, this is still very silly, and this isn't going to be here for what you're currently doing in Wonder Woman because it's very goofy. Here's the deal. And there I've watched a bunch of videos of people who are soldiers, people who are in you know battles and, and war. And what they said was the way that he's trying to spin this because it is kind of a, a known thing and whatever. And like I said, I can't speak for anything like that because I haven't done that. But uh, the idea where... Oh, these soldiers, because the rate of soldiers, especially have been in battle and things, it, the suicide rate goes through the roof. So the idea is that they end up with this toxic masculinity that they can't get rid of. So this kind of, it's, it's just, it's, to me, it's kind of disgusting the way that he's playing it and using it in this deal. Remember at the one point in, was it the Rorschach book? I can't remember which one it was, but he was using that seance deal. That you end up having the comic book people doing, and it was like a personal thing, and he he just he, he ends up grabbing things that he has he shouldn't have any right to even touch. See, the and thing is, with this with the soldier's death and suicide, and what it's going to lead. The only thing I took from this is the idea. It's a goofy thing to do because, I'm, like I said, it doesn't make much sense for it when you have the overall picture of how the nation already feels. This isn't like you know stoking the fire all that much in my mind for what you could be doing, but. But it is just showing me in my mind, this is like, not me, but like you know, comic book readers that, hey, our ba- our guy Sovereign, he's a bad dude. He yeah, used magical assos to kill this guy. But bad here's dude. the thing that, that I get. And again, like, I think it was three videos I saw that were people, you know, soldiers talking about this is the idea that what Tom King's playing at is that when people see that, like in this world, like, oh, this, huh, those soldiers always do that. Like they're wacky in the head. And that, like they, all of them didn't. One guy was like, really had to stop the video because it upset him that much because the idea where he reads this and again he's just saying i'm reading a comic and then the soldier does it like my buddy who did this two months ago because unfortunately this is like plagues people who were serving and things like that so it just there was no reason for it you already know that sovereign's bad you already pointed out that they were involved in all these things like john wilkes booth and whatever and then you get to the end and you have to go that much further he always goes too far in this disgusting deal like oh we're gonna kill guy Gardner now let's fuck on his you know melded fucking remains like he does this fucking nonsense that i hate and i just hate it but you get out of that and then it looks like maybe trinity isn't wonder i said to you when i read it it's like you're kind of wink winking at the idea that trinity might not be wonder woman's daughter right but wonder woman would would raise her and i think yeah i think that he thinks it's clever because we have seen in the past when when diana was around she was everybody's daughter she was the amazon's daughter everybody would say like treat her like a daughter so i think you're playing that little bit there uh but i think she's cute as hell <laughs> this is where i read this you still tra- he still can't get his damn dick prints off of the shit of going a little too much and being you know the wing dings things but it, she's cute and she's really oh, totally. fun even when she's like i ran through a clock <laughs> i'm like oh, oh yeah so I, now, now, now you're in the backup where damian wayne and john kent superman are babysitting little you know trinity at this point in time while the other justice leaguers are off doing justice league stuff yeah because at the end this whole thing with one it ends with sarge still because he's like oh i found out about your girl oh what'd you find out she's pregnant oh my 
And yeah, then you go to the deal. And- but you have, the, you have the, it's a fun little moment that has no real ramifications to anything in the story. And this honestly feels like a, a palate cleanser to the darkness, boring stuff, because at least here you get a cute little girl that Damian Wayne is forced to watch, even though he doesn't want to, while John goes off to do Superman stuff, even though Damian's like, no, you can't do that. You're, you're stuck here with me. But when you have Damian's like, look, all right, John left and they all left you with me. And she's in an adorable little Robin costume. When she says Wonder she's Robin. Wonder Robin, she says, I was in a clock. That might be the cutest thing I've, I've ever seen. It's so cute. It's, it's amazing. That, what it reminds me a lot of is how cute Damien was crawling oh, with yeah. the cow and the cape when he but was a again, baby. This backup does really nothing for anything except, like I said, a pal because it's just a bunch of cute little stuff where Damien takes her on patrol. She kicks the crap out of Killer Croc because she already has superpowers that is super strong. And John and like, you know, and uh, Damien have to agree. Let's not tell anybody about this. Yeah, it's fun. And here's my man Aiden ended up reading this and got a hold of me. He's like, do you think that they put this in there like that because they just showed a suicide? And you just want to end with something like, oh, man, that's cute. But I'm like, I don't know. But it it is very, very cute. But I will tell you this. The weirdest part about our backup story, you know, (laughs) the idea of Damien and John being babysitters in Wayne Manor to to little Trinity here. When you have this. Sometime in the future, when Bruce gets the Bruce mansion gets back, the mansion back right? he he doesn't care anymore about freaking identities apparently because right there in one of the in one of the lounge rooms he has a big framed photo of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman together. I'm like, you wouldn't even put Jason in a family photo, but you're going to put up a, a freaking Trinity photo right there in Wayne Manor. What if somebody comes over? Are you just a big fan? Usually, what happens is Gordon who comes over yeah. because remember when he saw the picture and Barbara was on oh, what yeah. the fuck like he comes over and he's like really like all of a sudden because he's like why like I'm trying to pretend I don't know your bad <laughs> like please, please, stop please to get in my don't face. make it so ridiculously <laughs> easy for me to figure it out but I could just imagine Bruce, big fan big fan there uh, it's the craziest really thing though because when I look at Damien and John I really don't see them much older, older. than they are right now. I agree. It's weird because at least Trinity, she's at least three years old, it feels like, right here. So maybe, I don't know, like up one, like a year plus or minus maybe. But they just don't feel like they're much older. Maybe three years is a lot, but for a teenager, it feels like it should have big ramifications Damien on the should, body. Damien should be about 18, like uh-huh. around there, right? And it would change him a lot. I, I wanted him to come pop collar just to kind of like, ooh, Batman 666, he's got that. John's there, he's got, it's kind of a weird play, and and even that play of like you're not Superman, I was Superman. Yeah, you're the worst Robin. Ah, it's okay, but it it really what it did for me. If you're looking for Super Sons deal, and you kind of forget things over the deal. I went back because we were all in the Slack talking about Super Sons, and I ended up like, what were the things that me? One of the things that we were annoyed with is the first run of they just argued the whole time. Finally, they kind of. But this That's like, why goes they had the right back of to attitude. That. Yeah, this goes back to that, but it is cute. The idea, I like that the one point, the second time where Damien like says the F bomb, <laughs> she yells it too. <laughs> it was kind of funny. But when she, I'm telling you, that suit, when she kicks Killer Croc, and also when she's sitting there on the bed, it's so cute. And it Damien really has good. to teach her how to tie her shoes because she doesn't know how. I don't know. For some reason, even the idea when Damien's like, Look, when I didn't like when I was taught how to tie my shoes and I forgot how to do it, they locked me in a cell without food or water. Like the thing is, I just don't think they're like, you know, yes, Raish and Talia. You know, they expected the best from him. I still don't think they would do that to the heir of the demon's head. My whole plan is true. Like, you know, I don't want to ruin that body. I needed that thing later. But even like when you're going through this, like that's where later on it's not as bad because this is just a cute little story. But when later yeah. on I talk about, should say, Axelrod and, and the Hawk Girl, and I do even mention Tom Kenning again, like 
The guy can't get away from just bringing up something miserable. And I think that there's the play. I, I don't know how you do it, but it would have been a cool play where John and Damien are there and like, oh, man. You know, when I didn't know how to tie my shoes, my parents, you know, got mad. And then she's like, well, what did they do? And he's like, well, they, well, they made me do it again. And like walks away and John's like, that's not what happened. You told me that story. They tortured the shit out. That would have been a neat thing to show. Like I needed Damien to be more of a, like, I don't know, the softer side that we've been seeing lately. And yet, though he has to keep himself from it. But in this, he's kind of just like, yeah, you know what? But she's like, you're not going to lock me up. I may. I'm like, oh, God, what are you doing? I, I don't know. Even the idea, though, like you you don't want Damien to revert back to his asshole self because we have such great progression with him recently. But even just the fact, though, that he's willing to babysit this little girl, I think that's still the softest side of Damien. Yeah, it is. But he seems like that they, he he's probably doing it for like brownie points to Wonder Woman. Like it, it seems like John might be more. I don't know. Even then, there's a dam that's breaking and the big play with Damien is like, eh. Somebody else will do it. It's kind of the joke of how many super characters there are. But oh, yeah. no, people were saying that they love this Damien. I didn't. I thought he was a little bit cut, but he's heading towards maybe a right. dark future. It's okay. I, I do think I it's funny, though, that th- this many years later, he still has the same current Robin costume. Because I actually thought I was hearing something online about the idea of him getting a new costume soon. So it's such a weird thing. Like, is, is, did I hear that? Did I make that up in my head? Because he still has the same Robin costume four years, at least four years later. He only what what happens, Eric? If you don't know this, is what he has got to get pissed off and rip that R off, and then he gets a new one the next day. That's how it works. It's almost like you know Doctor Who and going through the deal. He hasn't ripped the R off yet. Yeah, he hasn't ripped the R off, so uh, he has to wait for that. But what would you give this overall? Ultimately, I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10. I do enjoy the backup because of how fun and sweet it is, but it really has nothing to do with anything except for, like I said, a palate cleanser. The rest is kind of boring. It doesn't really lead to anything except for the reveal that, hey, that rogue Amazon that you really don't know anything about except she killed 17 men, she might be pregnant. And then the idea, if you really care, she might be Trinity's mother, but I don't know enough about Trinity to really care because she's just talking to an old man in a cell right now. And then we have flashbacks to something that like is going on that feels goofy with the new inclusions they put here on top of being boring. But I do like the backup enough because it brings a, some lighthearted fun with a little girl and Damien. I like it. I like when and, and the art really does a lot with it, with her big eyes there when she's oh, yeah. like when when they're Wonder there fighting Robin. Croc and you end up where Damien's like fighting him. And then she's like, what do I do? And when you look at her. She's not talking. Damien's fighting Croc, and you look at her, and she ha- it's such a good way to show a little girl there where she's like kind of like looking and wants I think to I peek around, it. and like she's like trying to figure out what, like almost like at one point, she might be like, okay, he's karate chopping there. <laughs> like she's getting ready, and like, I think I'd kick it. And it's so good. And then you get the tribe called Quest. They're singing the deal. Can I kick it? It'd be awesome, Eric. But yeah, overall, though, I really do like the art throughout, but I'm a fuck you five. And, and the idea, too. Fuck you! I took more offense to to the suicide. But even then, like you said about what you learn here, I mean, me saying that what we learn is Wonder Woman went through a, a complex to get the Sarge Steel to say, oh, uh, Emily's pregnant. What we learned about the Sovereign is he bad. He a bad dude. And he's got the lasso of lies. We knew that. It's just down. Yeah, so that's the the big play going forward. But we'll have to see. Well, to, I just I just don't like the book. But it's wonderful. And I actually thought to myself, again, if this would have been one of those side books, we probably would give it like an issue or two more. But it's wonderful. And we can't. We have to keep going. So that's the deal. It's a I lot like the first life. issue. Yeah. I, it was okay. Rocky ended up being to convince the deal. But for the most part, I don't think it's the main stories that exciting at all. You just kind of just meander, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. 
No, the thing is, I think the story can be exciting. Just the way it's currently being presented is like meandering a lot. And not want to tell you everything that's going on and the ramifications of what's going on currently. When in me the and Rocky and you, you brought it up, I forgot. But when me and Rocky did talk about it, by the end of us reviewing it, because you were away at that point, I said, "Really, this is just Doctor Psycho and another guy's." I mean, then you even said that's what it feels like. Then I got that from the beginning. It's just the idea of the manipulation and the hate, and I, I don't know. I, I just might want something more. It still feels bigger and more important than anything we've got in quite some time. Uh, especially like comparing this to the Clumred shit, it's not even close. So I'll give it that. So with that though, fuck you five for me, just regular five for you. But we're gonna take a little break, and then we're gonna come back with two books. It's the Tom Taylor section. So yippee, Eric. We'll see how that goes. Leading, <laughs> getting, wow. I know, getting into what's gonna be, you know, going towards the Beast World stuff. So will we get any Beast World? Not really, but we'll see. No. We'll see in the next section. Shout in the head. And now he's in pain You just messed up Dick's brain From the archives, Eric. There you go. No no boys who were bad. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Because we're dealing with a lot of Rick Grayson stuff still in the Nightwing book. A real weird play in this issue as we get to it. Of course, it's the second book that we'll be talking about. But the idea of B, like, stepping up and showing she was greasing them wheels, right? Sexy. I don't know. I I don't know why we're doing the pirate adventure. Maybe it's (laughs) just, hey. Maybe it's just we have a couple issues to, but there's still things to do. Like maybe Heartless. I maybe. said earlier. I said earlier the idea that he he ends up going away from Heartless so long that when he comes, he always has. You can't have to keep recapping your villain. That's the main thing. A, a psycho killer, and also you can't make him that awful to then not deal with them. If it was well, kind of a that, funny even, little play, you know? Even the idea of the power vacuum left behind from Blockbuster's death, you know, like everybody else in Bloodhaven would be going for that spot as well as a serial killer named Heartless on the streets. Yeah, and so when when you get this, and we're going to get it in the first book, Titans, because this is the Tom Taylor section, you, know, you end up where he presents things, he, he kind of meanders, like, uh, you know, way more than I said that Tom King does. But when you end up doing it, some of the things end up just kind of not even just get pushed aside, but they almost like they never really mattered. You know, I could hit that right there. And, and just like matter. things like Melinda, 
like the idea now B kind of oversees her because she's the man. I, I don't know. But even in this Titans book that we go, we have all these mysteries, all these things being set up. And he does end up solving one. I didn't realize it was solved right away. I'm like, I get what was happening, but I'm like, was that really what was the thing that might have? It's, it's very odd, but give You're us a about credits and we'll get into it. No, no, I'm talking about Wally oh, okay. West's death of how okay. we thought it was going to happen, and then you're trying to avoid it. But usually in these things, the avoiding it ends up presenting it, but it's not the same. And I'm like, I don't get it. Brother Eternity, though, is also out of nowhere. At first, he's going to rocket to the stars. Oh, my God, we're going to do that. Now it's like, oh, my master. I'm like, I, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. But what are we talking about there? Titans number five, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Nicholas Scott, Annette Quack, and Wes Abbott. And in this issue, we continue the new kink that Beast Boy has with planting trees all over the Amazon, because why not? We've got a lot of Amazon jungle going on this week with the Green Lantern War Journal and this, but the, the Teen Titans have to take on the new demolition team, take them out, because Beast Boy, he's really passionate about planting them trees, and he ain't going to be stopped by no one. Oh, how are we going to be able to plant trees better? You know what we need to do? We need to stop what we're doing and go get Levi Kamei, the new Swamp Thing, to go help us out. And on top of that, we're going to show Beast Boy's other powers that we don't talk about. Kids, you know why we don't talk about them? Because they're stupid. What, like the Embiggens? Like that? No, the the Embiggens is fine to a degree, just because we've seen him go Hulk mode when we had stuff. I I think it's not something I enjoy whatsoever, but I will take that a hundred times more than I'll take him separating himself into a thousand flies and going off. that and here's bothers the me so much. It bothers me too. And I think that maybe, and I, I said at one point, I really did like Tom Taylor a lot. And it got to that point where it seemed like he was, I said this about Tom King too, where he would do something, then he'd see the reaction on Twitter, then he'd have to pull it back or he'd do Like this just feels like he's going to stick with it. Because, you know, the, he just has to, but then explain it, but then twist it. And I'm like, I don't like it. Now, the embiggened part, I get because, that, I mean, if you said that doesn't make, I mean, the guy turns into a, a fucking, you know, a giant hulking bee at points. It, it, he does change different sizes and things like that. Uh, why I said a bee, I don't know. I meant to I don't say, know why. I meant to say an elephant, Eric. And some say a rhinoceros, but what's turn a bee? Into a, a whale. So he does, yeah. the, the size changes a lot. So I don't love it. And in this, though, is this, is, is he trying to be subtle? Or is it not so subtle? But at this point, you don't play it up enough that where Beast Boy is turning into these bees and ants. And and at the one point Flies. when they say, if somebody eats one of the bees, I'm like, eats the bee. But he's if a part little- of him, like when he does this, is taken away or killed. A part of Beast Boy is lost. And I'm like, don't do that. Just don't do that. Beast Boy doesn't act like himself in the beginning. And I, I think that he's trying to push this a little, maybe to be subtle, but... At the point where he is, he's upset and he's, you know, they last him up, but he starts getting big. I don't think that a beast boy would say, Hey, we're the Titans. You're not a challenge. You're not a threat to us. You're pathetic. Like he's about to just do, and they kind of pull him back and he's screaming. The funniest part about this, because I didn't even get the idea at first that he was growing as he was approaching this demolition team soldier. And I thought he was just a little guy like you. Yeah, I knew. You're an asshole. (laughs) I sat there when I'm reading it. (laughs) A little soldier. I'm going to call him Jim. I need to get like a note to self and, and then play them during the deal as note to self. Eric will make a short joke here because when I looked at it, I was going to make the joke of, oh, look, Eric, it looks like me and you arguing at work. Like that's how I so when you do it, though, again, that's not Beast Boy. He, he's getting real. But 
here's the thing. I think that Tom Taylor doesn't really play it well because of the idea that he's also making Beast Boy really mad the last bunch of issues about deforestation and this. So it doesn't play out as much. But I think what we're seeing is the idea that Beast Boy is losing part of himself. Because I mean, just to say he's losing part of himself because when he turned into a colony of ants, something got stepped on. That's just stupid shit. Also, to point out, we already had the idea of, oh, my God, Raven. She's lost a bit of herself. She's not herself. So it almost feels like a repeat or the Raven stuff gets pushed aside. And then we get, because this book just keeps throwing things at you. Well, not even the idea of throwing things at you, because what we're dealing with right now with the idea that Beast Boy really needs to help the Amazon rainforest from it being burned down. We need to get the new Swamp Thing to help out. Well, we're going to need a lot of work here. More than just Swamp Thing could do with the green and stuff like that. For some reason, we're going to have to do a lot of work here. We need Starfire's ultraviolet rays to come down and be our sun. Beast Boy, we're going to need bugs. Okay, I'm going to go do this. We're going to need all these individual powers of the Titans to show you what it's going to take to reforest the Amazon jungle that was burned down at this point. I'm like, but it's all within five minutes. I'm like, you were the, like, how long were you actually here? Because it's going to take a lot longer than these little bits. Like, Beast Boy being a butterfly and landing on a branch is not going to do the job. And it's like, for some reason, this seems like, like a day later, everything's fine, but it just seems too much, especially for a Swamp Thing that says, oh no, this is going to be too much work for even me and Avatar the Green. It just, why are we spending so much time on this concept besides for the idea that we have to show that Beast Boy is going to lose part of himself because of this new power that we decided to throw at him that doesn't make sense to yeah, me. And, 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 and really, it's that play of, it's a new power, but they're not really pushing it as new. It seems like you're supposed to believe that it's always been something. And maybe but it has been something in the past that I don't remember, but I don't recall ever seeing Beast Boy doing this. The guy can't stop doing it. It's like, you know, when I was about 12 years old, Eric, you know, there's things that you can't stop doing. It, but it's, it's overdone. And then is it really <laughs> the idea of, okay, when I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to lead to this, to this, and this has to lead to Beast World. So we'll see how it is. But it just feels like it's out of nowhere. And like you said, a lot of things in this book. Remember, this book is the Justice League. The Justice League is not around. They disbanded. This is the big team. And we're dealing with... You've got to prove that we're going to do more. And like you're you're making the book boring. You're doing the exact thing that you started the John Kent stuff with. Hey, Dad, you don't do the good things. I'm good. Remember, this is what Tom Taylor does. The idea where he gets this surface level politics surface level things people will say it's to signal whatever but remember the boat hey i'm gonna get all these refugees i'm gonna bring them in you can't bring them in well i say they're gonna bring in they just disappear we never really find out anything down like what happened oh no john went away they were deported he's there yeah he but he's only there for the moment to do you had i said when we get to nightwing the idea of melinda oh my god the sister and then when she kind of got you know prop done goes to the side and so she's this is mayor, she's doing mayor stuff now she's busy i don't know because the things that when <laughs> b talks about that she did seems like mayor stuff but that's pirate queen stuff if i sat there and again it's nice and you, you have there's there's a weird play talking about a tom taylor book because a lot of times if even if you don't go political it's nice that Beast Boy wants to plant a bunch of trees and yeah these you know the demolition team is there to cause havoc and a cut you could sit there and say, well, that is pretty bad, but it's not exciting. The, the for most a comic important book. thing that happens for the, as an exciting kind of point to be made is that they offer the new Swamp Thing a membership on the Titans. He agrees he wants to be a part of something, even though he's busy, so he's not going to be around all the time. But 
do this other stuff that you're spending almost the entire issue, what feels like at least, where you're showing how we're going to reforest the Amazon rainforest. Just have that in passing, because obviously anybody, all anybody wants to see is Swamp Thing a part of the Titans, because by the end, it's just Beast Boy sitting with orangutans. I'm a friend to the animals. And so what you get here, and people, again, I'm not trying to make it seem cool. And people, you may even say, well, I kind of like those. But it feels like we are, unfortunately, in this, we got done the cartoon. Now we're doing the. And I didn't know. Well, knowing's half the battle. You, you are at the end. You're not watching G.I. Joe. You're watching the idea that deforestation's bad in this little deal, you know, with one of the characters telling it, it feels like an after school special. It feels like something that isn't what we are here for the main thing. This feels like it'd be a backup. Oh, we're going to plant some trees. But when you end up saying this Titans team that's taking the place is the most important team, it's taking the place of the Justice League, and they are going around planting trees. That's a nice gesture. That shouldn't be the main focus. And it's been the main focus, and it shouldn't take this many times. In the background, you have the idea that we have to pre- prevent the death of Wally West, who's currently on the on the Mars at the Titans trophy room that they've put there with Nightwing and Linda. I like Linda, you said and the Mars. On the Mars. I was, I was going to say the moon, and I switched it up, though. Like, um, I like for some reason, I wouldn't say the moon, but it's the Mars. And in the previous issue, we saw that Garth had been taken over by some alien parasitic mouth monster that he passed on to Linda, and they think that he's all safe because who can hurt him here in a trophy room on Mars? Well, Linda's a parasitic monster, which she realizes she can't use a Quardian death machine to kill Wally here because they deactivate it, thankfully. She shoots a mouth monster at him, he flashes out of the way, and Nightwing zaps to death. So now Linda's fine, she knows that Garth isn't on the up and up because she realized what happened to him, but yeah, she this was whole there, thing she of- was like, that was taking control, but she was still aware, so exactly. she's able to tell but- him with her dead eyes that we started the series with was the murder of Wally West. We have to prevent this from happening because it was a Wally from the future who came back in time to try to set up and solve his. Exactly. We kind of feel like it's over now, even though he wasn't in any danger of being shot in the back. So we have a situation where he has prevented his death. That's not associated with the other death, but this isn't the main focus because we have to plant some trees. And when we get to the end of the issue, the idea then that all of this stuff with the Tamaranian technology and brother blood doing all this stuff, He's actually a Tamaranian in disguise who's doing stuff with these para- with these paralytic freaking uh, parasitic mouth monsters that are taking over Garth. You have all of this stuff, and we focus so heavy on planting trees and how you reforest a, a devastated rainforest. And I'm like, J- just tell me that, that fucking Swamp Thing's a part of the team. Please just say that and move on. Do you have important shit to do? Yeah, and that's the problem. At the end of this, if somebody said, and again, I, I often think, I say elevator pitch. But with these things, I think of I'm working at the comic store, right? You know, I'm a little lazy. I'm eating. I did. Somebody comes in and says, oh, this Titans, what's this issue about? Because that happens all the time. Hey, is this a cool issue? Hey, what's it about? You, you, they don't want to get spoilers, right? But you, oh, get this. They're they're planting trees. Like, what? Like, that can't be it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Planting yeah, trees. that's about it. And Swamp Thing helped. And then they'd say, oh, man, I, I was hoping that they'd find, you know, prevent Wally's death. You know what I would say if I'm at that? Co- they might have, because Maybe. I'm still waiting for some death. guy. I'm still waiting for some guy to jump out, haha, and shoot him in the back. Uh, you know what I mean? Like the well, idea. I just that, imagine oh, no. at this point it's going to be a weird thing where Garth just is behind him with some a gun for some reason to kill him at one but point. But we both seem to, back, to but- think that it's not over, but I think it is. It's not over. There's no way. I think the Titans want to think it's over, even though. We have the protege to the world's greatest detective on this team and the leader of the team who should know this doesn't match up. This shouldn't be right. And you'd say something then. You're there on the – they 
specifically, we're here, and, and even the setup, we're here. Now, again, if you were playing this clever and you set it up in a way, at this point, you could have said, you know, Dick Grayson, a very smart guy. I kind of thought you were acting weird. That's why we got you here. This was the setup to present because it almost feels like they were presenting these death machines to Lynn. So she would trust her because then what the big reveal is, oh, it, it is that play of yeah, the Simpsons deal where they had that cannon and you think it's going to, you know, it falls, the wheel falls and you think it's going to blow up everybody in the in the school trip. And then the lady goes. That would be silly if that cannon actually was loaded. <laughs> you have that here, where she's pressing the death button, and then they go, oh, you think we'd really have that armed? Oh, silly you. And then she just spits out the mouth monster. It's so lame. Like, if that's the end, I I think that you have – Because are you with me that the idea of Wally West being killed in the future, that was really neat. And maybe oh, yeah, totally neat. Play. But I think that it's one of those, like, I still think it's the most intriguing part of this book. Maybe. And so the idea of I added too many things that we have to get the Beast World. And now do you want to continue it on after that? Because you can't have Beast World go on where really Wally is sidelined right now because they keep saying, you can't do that. We got to put you here. You can't keep doing that. And I think you got to get them. I just want to know, though. I, I think that I all you needed was you, to have her with a gun and just get the gun out of her When you have Outside of Wally West and all of this other stuff, because I don't think it's over yet. I think it's still going to be a big revelation that we have to finish up. But when you have the idea that our, our cliffhanger, Brother Blood, or Brother Eternity at this point in time, is a Tamaranian in disguise who wants to kill Wally West and make the world more hospitable for their new ruler, whoever he's working for, with the lie that we're building rocket ships to send people into space to live better lives outside of Earth because it's becoming a terrible place to live. Why would you, as a Tamaranian trying to do something on Earth, Make yourself the leader of the Cult of Blood. Why would you say it's the Cult of Blood just renamed? Why couldn't you just do your own thing outside of the Cult of Blood with Brother Blood and stuff like that when you're a Tamaranian in disguise? I don't even know why he's so hard on for killing Wally. I mean, the idea was they were going to dupe people and say, I mean, the real play was the Elon Musk. I'm going to do Space Force. I'm heading out to space. Now to reveal that they're not, they're setting up the world for the master. Which With parasitic we'll get, mouth right, monsters. And we'll just get back to Brother Blood shit, even though he calls but, himself Brother why, Attorney. But I don't know. Why None would of it, it be sense. anything to do with Brother Blood when well, you're a Tamaradian in disguise who's working for some other and alien then, race that's coming to invade her? In the future, killing Wally and then getting pissed about it, but then have to up the ante. Like, oh, we you gotta get the phase scout. three now. Who, I don't get you're it. the scout who has to come to this world and figure out how you're going to be able to do what you need to do here. Just come up with your own moniker. Why would you have to have anything associated with the cult of blood? Well, I, I get that. The it's church just, of blood. Why? I get that it's just going to be Etrigan shit. You're gonna, uh, it's just Etrigan. It's a weird play. I, I don't. I, I didn't mean Etrigan. Trigon stuff. I, I just think you're still going to focus on the brother blood shit, but he calls himself Brother Eternity to throw him off. But he's they Tamaranian. The, but they have the blood pool. He's Tamaranian. He's also trying to ruin the environment to set something up where Wally West gets killed so they can not fly off I in rocket ships. I don't get it. None of it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I'm telling you, there. I really do hope it all comes around and makes sense. Matter. But I, I get done reading this issue, and I have so many questions about how any of this is working out and why it's happening right now. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, one of the, the classics of what Tom Taylor does is he doesn't tell you shit. So you, you end up where you just let things flow away. Like the idea, like you just said, when you really think about this plan, where at one point, Brother Eternity says, okay, I'm going to go down. I'm going to take control of 
brother blood shit, but I'll call myself brother attorney, but then I'll get guard. Like, why get a kid who's part of the, you're only so setting up, you're, everything you're setting up is, you know, a target on your, I'm going to get guard. You already have scrutiny on you because of your association with the Church of Blood. Yeah. Then I'm going to end up killing Wally West for some reason, but now he's not, and I'm pissed. I don't get it. And then in the meantime, though, you have what else is going to, why the fuck? This beast boy going and like, I think I'm going to turn into a gaggle of bees. Oh my goodness. I could turn have into bugs to help the environment. I could turn into point. a hawk, but he's just kind of going from one to the other. And then he has again, though, the idea that beast some mighty turning, bugs, some, some freaking like dung beetles come in and all of a sudden like he's some, he's some butterflies. And do you the like the saved. idea that he's like, I'm going to turn into these bees so I can fuck those plants, right? Those flowers. Like, I don't know that it works what? that way anyway. It just feels weird. <laughs> Isn't that what bees do? They go and make love to the flower. That's why you're mad. They make love. They don't have sex. And so, like that, like again, that that's one of the things that you can tell people at the comic store. Oh, is there cool moments? Oh yeah, Beastway turns into a bunch of bugs to pollinate flowers and go around. That's the and do thing. Shit. He's good. It's, even as Raven says, Gar will be everything the forest needs him to be, and he will ignore the little bits of himself that fade away. And I'm just sitting to myself. You try to not think of that you're fucking the plants. You, you put that aside. I, I, he's, no, no, he's I'm not bad. thinking about that at all. I'm just thinking about you were here for a day. What, what are these bugs doing here in a day to make everything worthwhile for like Swamp Thing who, who, who could actually just make this all better, but he can't, but this is making it better. If you magnify what you get, he, he buys them a drink first. And then he starts oh, smoking, plan. right? And then he's, oh, wait, wait a minute. The plants are now gone. Oh, he's slipping something in the, oh, Jesus Christ, he roofied their ass. Now he's They tell you the town. ignorance is bliss, but not for everybody else. <laughs> like, even in that, like, the idea where he's like, I'm going to turn, he t- turns into bugs where it's just been presented that that's the worst thing and it makes him less. He's just gotten angry, but that's not really played out. It's just another help in the mystery. world. When he first turned in those ants, the minute that we saw it, we're like, that's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen. And I think it was me and Travis talking about it. And me and him, and I do know now, because me and him lost it. Like, what is he doing? Like, somebody's going to step on him. Even then, if you're going to be like, remember, he was stealthing it up. We're going to be, don't turn into something when when people see you, they want to stomp you and and kill you because, hey, we don't want ants. It's so weird. I just don't get it. I just don't. But there he is. He's fucking the plants. And in the background, on, so he's I'm moving just, shit around the dung beetle. Like, Reza's going to kiss does. that mouth? Like, really, but, afterwards, uh, you're going to say you got a shit-eating grin. That's what you got. This is so stupid. But ultimately, I'm just here for the idea, hey, Swamp Thing's a part of the Titans sometimes. <laughs> the, the worst part, though, is you say that, and he says he, he has other things to do. But he's happy to be a part of this. But he's not go- He's not going to be. He ends up saying, yeah, I got other things, but maybe later. He'll be there for a one-shot. I wanted him to join the team. He's doing nothing, really. He should be on the team. Then what you do is you have him join the team, gets established again, because I had, and I told you, a lot of people ended up kind of excited because they didn't know Levi. They had no right. idea who it was, and we always assume this is that little... Just weird for people to be excited about Swamp Thing, but didn't read the Swamp Thing book. No, they're just excited because they haven't gotten Swamp Thing in a while, and they see him and like, oh, that's cool. I'd like to know more about him. They never, and I'm like, well, you could go read that, but it wasn't my favorite. But this is the opportunity because we never really, we always just have them in the background. So, but this is the problem I have, and this is where, if we do, just say you tell me. Oh, I read the solicit. You don't read solicits, but you decide to. Three months from now, it says, and Levi Kamei Swamp Thing comes back. Fuck that! We know they're just gonna be planting fucking trees again. That's all he's gonna come up. We're just gonna get this shit. I don't need it, but. 
I don't know. And then everybody gets their moment to shine. And I mean shine. You get, oh, my oh, God, look at Starfire doing their. Raven didn't do dick. Ah, uh, she did teleport them to Levi. <laughs> like I said, it's like, and you're even kind of like, kind of pushed aside. I don't know. Beast Boy fucks plants. You end up where I think that the stuff with Wally is done because you don't want to have during the whole Beast War. Oh, you can't come with us here because there you still might. Oh no, the thing is, I think it's done. I think they think it's done, even though they shouldn't. For how Wally's body was found, it seems like they'll go through this whole thing, and it'll be a shock to them when something happens. There is one problem with that, and I do believe that if you really played the deal, the time frame is over. They they said he was going to die in 40. I think the 48 hours are going to be over. I mean, as we go, and you might be able to say, well, they can still go and do it. Was it 48 hours? Yeah, because it it started getting, and then they were really... So that was like a week or two. No, that was before, and I believe that that's why they really had to get him to Mars. You got to get your ass to Mars, and they went because it was that soon. And I think that the time frame's over. I think that this was it. I think that they are satisfied. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he could already, they could try to kill him other ways. I mean, it's not like they're not going to try to. So we'll see. But I don't know. When you get that, that he was shot in the back, like you start thinking, was it like, oh, my God. Well, I know that Deathstroke right now is in a Bacta tank. But you start thinking Jericho. Like, it could be some cool time, but it wasn't. It wasn't. No. It was Mouth Monster, so as far as we know. Mouth monster from Linda. All right. That's great. I don't know. It's just one of those things that I think was always going to happen. They were always going to prevent it. But later down the line, this is good. Like he's going to meet his end. But like you said, later down the line, you can't get too far down the line because even if it's just a couple of weeks or whatever, it's going to have to change. I just think that they have Beast World and you don't want them sidelined. So they're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's get rid-. not recognizing that I'd rather see that more developed than planting fucking trees and fucking plants. So I agree. At the end, I just don't get it. But yeah. And even then, when the mouth monster comes out, it's like ended just immediately. Like, there's not even really anything to it at that point. Uh, but what would you give this? I think the art looks great for this out this whole thing. My only problem with it is the way that Nicholas Scott draws Beast Boy's ears. A little too like wide out there for my liking. But other than that, I think it all looks great. I like the idea that Swamp Thing is part of, at least part-time member of the Titans. And I like the reveals of Brother the Eternity doing this thing. I just need to know how it's going to work out in the end because... We wanted to know what's more about what's going on here. We get some like little glimpses here, but the majority of the issue, it's a big old slide to get through where the Titans just planting trees and Beast Boy's doing illogical shit with his powers just to plant some more trees. And it's not all that great. I'm just, I'm giving it 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a four. And I, I don't like the art as much. I mean, it, once it was pointed out, these dead eyes, they haunt my soul, Eric. It, it look, they look like, not like, like they have what I like to call real dolls now, Eric. Those, those seem kind of like real and sexy, right? Did you Did know I? that the real dolls, before you make sweet love to them, you are supposed to put them in a bathtub and warm up. You told me that, right? Didn't you tell me I that? I what the like, hell you're talking about. When you have a real doll, that those real dolls that are like the real sex dolls deal. Yeah, I think it was Matt Razor who told me you're supposed to put them in a bathtub to warm them up. Or is it, but yeah, a weird the, these look like like those older like dolls that old ladies would have a little bit, and they like dead eyes. I don't like it like a like a shark's doll. <laughs> so the the point that I get it though is where I I understand you have a mouth monster in you. It it takes a little out of you at that point. You might need a rest, but at the one point I believe it might have given Linda a lobotomy. She's like drooling on her. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> like really looks off at that point. Maybe giggle. But yeah, you got that. But having Levi should have elevated this. There should be one of those, like, oh my god, that's really cool. It makes sense, and I want him on the oh, team. So by the a end, bit for me. 
even though it's not that great overall because he's he's not even able to use his powers properly. No. And then he's like, well, plant trees, bitch. And then he leaves. I mean, that's the worst part. And he has this little play with, oh, you're pretty cool. Hey there, Starfire, pretty neat. I don't know. Is it the idea that when she touches him and he ends up sprouting the deal, which I think is pretty much the hard on for a swamp thing. And he's like, oh, my God, that never happened before. That's neat. Can't get away from that's, the just, that's just where we will have him show up a little later. Like they kind of play and somehow Kid Eternity is going to like, hey, their buddy and put his arm and, it'll, and that's how it'll be revealed brother, to everybody that, is, that he's a brother attorney. That he's going to end up, oh, my God, he's a Tamaranian because we had that specific thing happen. That Swamp Thing goes, oh, my God, that's weird because of the ultraviolet light that I think that that might be a setup to reveal to everybody that Dick Eternity over there. Look at him. Look at him. Dick Eternity. Is he Nightwing now? No, look at him. He looks like it's Dracula. He's got that like whole look. I I don't even know what he's going with. This is branding and shit. But I was trying to find the uh, what the last bit that that Levi says when he's like. Yeah, I'd love to hang with you, but I got other shit to do. <laughs> like, why and would then you he said, do we'd that? We'd love to have you a part of this. He's like, I'd like that. Yeah, but he already said that. He's like, I can't. That, that's the worst member. part. Well, I don't even think he's going to be a part-time member. He's like, I'd really like that. Like, Well, they offer it to him, and he says, I'd like that. If you said to me, hey, you want to come over? I'd be like, I'd really like that. But no, I don't. He says, I have other responsibilities. I can't. Well, I trust Levi more than you. Well, I'm saying, again, he says he can't just because they're like, well, I love the idea. They're like, we'd love you to be on the team. I can't. We'd really love to have you on the team. I'd like that. He's like, got other responsibilities, but a part-time membership, he can show up when he can. That's just, who couldn't? I, I just think it's a lame way to just push him aside again. I mean, if, if at this point, you know, Wallace West came in and like, hey, guys, I don't think they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's your membership card, asshole? I think anybody can kind of slip in if there's a deal. We'll have to see. I do think that it'll be part of that where he shows up with uh, Brother Eternity, but we'll see. But yeah, this is bullshit. But we'll go to the next book and the last book of the section. This will be a quick one, Eric, because they are Tom Taylor books. This is Nightwing, number 108, written by Tom Taylor, art by Stephen Byrne, Adriana Lucas, and Les Abbott. It's Yo-Ho-Ho, a pirate time for us, Eric. And I don't know why. Again, I say that Wally West you get a goofy you solved the murder, story. so you have it. In this, you get a goofy story, but it's, again, the, the big lay of the land of this is this is a goofy one-shot. This could be an annual. This, but you can't have multiple issues of Pirate Time Dick. And you're there, and in this one, it just ends up, oh, what are we doing as pirates? Well, we kind of catch this one guy. Then we go to Pirate Town, and then at the end, it's like, oh, no, her brother, we... There's nothing to it, and I don't know how this is going to affect the overall deal once we get past all this nonsense of knowing that B was always there greasing the wheels, as she says, which makes well, me laugh. Well, you say that, but I'm telling you, the idea that we have to go to Pirate Town, that's a hidden city inside of a cove, which, you know, it's its just, it's a city, that's a, it's a pirate city for some reason. We go there, anything you'd expect in a city, it's there. We go there because this is where the pirates all go and this is where they live. But while they get there, we find out that B's brother, Kirk, who believes that he should be in charge knew, of all yeah, the pirates. We, we heard that before. He's there to take his stuff and he's going to be able to do that by killing B in this issue. So I'm like, look, you turned up the stakes of the school from Pirate Story because this might fucking ruin Dick Grayson if she ends up get, being killed. How does it ruin Dick Grayson? 
because he wasn't able to save this woman that he's hurt in the past. But that doesn't ruin Dick Grayson. If if a villain kills her, yeah, he might be upset, but nobody cares. Me and you might. We read the Rick Grayson stuff, but overall, well, I think I think Dick would care. Okay, well, all those kids that their dads got killed by Heartless, he doesn't seem to care of those. He's just there, and and in this, it just ends up adding to the effect of while Dick Grayson's the greatest guy ever, so he would care. He hasn't done shit. She B says even the stuff that you thought, yeah, like all the stuff that the Titans ended up solving for you. That's what. But the other things you thought you might. No, that was me. I don't get it. I don't know why Tom Taylor keeps saying. And the big thing going is who's going to take care of Heartless. I don't. It, this is something that will be forgotten by everybody except for. Hey, remember that pirate shit we had? It, sure it's do. something that's coming back from Rick Grayson that nobody read. Tom Taylor is actually digging deep into what gave him his job because the other stuff sucked. I mean, you came in here because this isn't fixing anything. This is adding shit that really seems goofy. Well, I mean, I the, idea the idea of Pirate uh, No, no, a Pirate Adventure is goofy as hell. It's a little fun thing. So maybe you just don't like fun, Jim. I don't know. It's so not that fun. The idea that she has all of these, you know, powers behind the scene because of this pirate offici- officiation. Uh, Power. She's, she must be paying people off. That's what I'm saying, though. She's able to make things happen sooner than they would normally, even for a billionaire like Dick Grayson. For everything that he's trying to get done, she was there in the background making sure it moves smoothly throughout everything. So it's one of those things where I think people who might know how things work, city planning, stuff like that, might have a problem. He's trying to say, this is why this happened, because B helped out with the secret pirate agenda. Again, he didn't do anything then. I mean, really, what has he done? No, no, he did. It just no, happened faster than it would have normally. That's, that's the play, though. She's saying that she had to. He made a park. So the big play is that she might have been able to get zoning issues. But he'd know about those zoning issues because he's the one that's doing that. She might have been the one who had the that that crazy Titans Tower built in three days. But that would be something that he would know that somebody did that or know the play. There could be other things behind the, the scenes and stuff like that, but we wouldn't know. And, and everything that Dick has done has been make a park for the kids and build Titan's Tower, take down the prison. I don't know how she's involved without him ever knowing. So, like, there'd be, hey, uh, why did that zoning thing go through? I can't tell. Okay, let's go. It's just weird to try to force this issue in of somebody who was from an, the failed run. It's a question that I never asked, but I'm sure there's somebody that out there, a comic book fan, that asks, like, how no, did shit get done so damn no, fast? Things, but that's the problem is when you say things got done fast, what they are saying is how did they build a Titan's Tower in three days? The grease in the wheels isn't going to get that made that oh, quick. Oh, I was never worried about that with the idea of building, but but being able to build it, like I'm telling you, Atlantean technology, bam, you got a freaking that's tower. That's why we say, we say that all the time, but the play of now you're saying you know, in, in a book where they're like, oh, my God, we're going to build it. Like, you, you're not going to think, well, I think that the zoning that we nobody would know but in even, a comic book universe of what that would even entail. And you have the mayor as your sister who already said that she was going to grease the wheels. She actually said when Blockbuster got killed and all these things going down and the Titans Tower, when all that prison break, she said, I will take care of this. I'm the mayor that negates that. It's just it's just like you said, it's answering questions that nobody ever answered. There's the, I, yes. if somebody if somebody's out yeah, if somebody's out there and they're like I would really like the Nightwing but I don't know how the zoning was uh, you know went through uh, the city hall that quick Look, I don't you know say what you're that. doing I've had problems with freaking auto nets changing his clothes yeah but that's that's not that like the idea where 
you're going to say, oh, the like we say we laugh, but we're not even saying, what do, you, what do you say? Oh, the organs, how do they do that? You have a comic booky thing. You're trying to do it here, but we never thought of it before because Dick's, a, oh, they paid him off. Well, Dick's a millionaire, and they're just, just ridiculous that you're spending this much time then to say, oh, I grease the wheels. But ultimately, I think what you're trying to get here on top of the idea of her helping out in the background with the power that she has, you know, behind Bloodhaven, it's also a way to ingratiate her to Dick that she's been looking out for him the entire time, as, you know, he used to look out for her and vice versa, because she still cares about Dick. Yeah, she loves Dick, I heard. But uh, when you end up with that, the play is, this is my whole thing of Dick Grayson. I say it all the time. When Tom Taylor writes Dick Grayson, even at this point, he writes Dick Grayson as if Dick Grayson has to be rehabilitated. That you have to get this. But he's acting as if B was like the worst character and he has to show that. No, no, no. You thought, no, no. There, there never was a time that anybody thought she was bad. In fact, no, Dick her. was the dick to her. So there's no but reason. I, I will give it the idea from when we first had the pirate story for like, you know, her being this pirate born heir to the throne queen that she is at this point in time how she's able to take on the people she did during the Rick Grayson run. Well, you say that, how? Because she doesn't have powers. She's just no, a no, pirate. No, being trained. But she's just, a, again, I could have said, Dick's like, just a dude. I could have said that she was just, she took fucking karate class. Like, you don't have to go through a pirate fucking adventure in the silliest Again, it's, it's not a cool, I'm, I'm sure we actually might have brought it up during the whole Rick Grayson bit of like, how is she able to take on this talent or Joker or something like that? And this, you know, it's not a question I don't think a lot of people ask, but I did appreciate the idea. Okay, that makes sense. I never once asked how, how is she able to have a bar? That never crossed my mind. She just had no, a bar. When, when she got attacked, I don't remember her really stepping up that. I remember her hitting people from behind. I, this isn't Red Canary here. Like where we're like, holy shit, like how is this? She's taking on, you know, dark side, the dark I mean, army, crazy, right? So with this, it just ended up at points. Dick Grayson had to go and save her ass. And because that was the tension of it, I just, again, you're wasting way too much time on characters that barely anybody even read or cared about. We liked her, but I don't need her to be, you know, reformed or I did get. So when you go into the play of she's Pirate, dead now, Jim. Pirate City, she ain't dead. I, I'm telling you, at the end, she was run through. She's a fucking mermaid. Is that what I'm? I'm making the call, Eric, because even when the asshole brother comes in, sexy as hell, that guy, he ends Kirk. up like, yeah, he's like, oh, go back to the sea from whence we found you. I'm like, oh, she's a mermaid. Like, uh, make her everything. Uh, the play here, I don't get it. And then even like. Some of the silly things in this, they go in and you want to have the wow factor. They go in through a secret Atlantean secret cove wall, but yet then they go. I'm anti-Atlantean. Atlanteans can't know about this. You have that. So then the first thing, oh my, you got Black Manus mask and Ocean Master's helm. Aha, they're recreations. We like to put on a good, what? Whose show? You are a hidden base that you just went in that nobody knows. Who the fuck show are you doing? It's so I, I'm ridiculous assu- to have I, I assume it's for new pirates that come in because it's not all going to be the same that's, people all the that's time. Not a sh- they're pirates. It's like, oh, what, yo, ho, ho, it's fake. It's so ridiculous. This whole thing is nothing. It's a bunch of bullshit. What I'm concerned about, because they have Black Mana's helmet and they have the, the freaking helmet of Ocean Master, but they also have the harpoon hand of Aquaman. I'm like, that's not a part of his continuity anymore. Who cares? They'll say it's something else. It's. Everything in this, it does. It's like it's a bunch of bullshit. It doesn't matter. It must just be a space holder to, to get to whatever beast world. Because then they go in, and I'm telling you, at the end, 
if B is dead, mean, I, I, again, I say me and you. I'm not really going to care. It's a shame, but I never thought we'd get the character anyway. And I, but what is he going to do? Like, what does this change? Grieve? Is, what, it, so we're going to get now another issue of him. Oh, my God, that character that nobody cares about that came back out of nowhere from a failed run. What but was he making? Cared. It's there, but that doesn't you, – you say that. That doesn't give you a good issue. Or another issue, or that the idea that you said that this explains that it went through City Hall quicker. Who needs that? It, this is bullshit. This is a book that can't ever tell a story. And now we have a pirate adventure to have B and Grease in the Wheels. So fucking nonsense. It's just nothing. It's a nothing book, and Tom Taylor keeps getting away with it. He gets awards for it. It's it's not good. It's it's really bad. But then we go get a backup, which sucks. Oh, this, the backup is really terrible. Even the idea that we've had this whole Michael this W. Conrad story. And it's just nothing, right? Well, well, just even the idea where this dude's been following Nightwing this whole time because wh- where's the thing? This guy showed up in Detective Comics number 154 from 1949, and he's here now and he wants to do some more things, and they stop him here. That's it. Yeah. There, there's, he wasn't really doing anything. This. Like the no. idea that you had the three bears and he thought that was funny. Then you have this guy pissing in the alley. Oh, my goodness. And then the whole play is, does this guy, is he putting together the idea of getting that money, connect to Bruce, like something, something big, something going on. And then at the end, it's just like, oh, you were going to kidnap me and ransom me, but now you're not. Bada bing, bada boom. And you'll tell everybody because this it's is just Michael W. Conrad has. stuff where he just re- he just has a character. He put the door and he's like, the people will think this is clever because it's a character that showed up in 1949. Is. And I'm like, nothing happened in this. Nothing at all happened. He thinks that it's a really neat thing. I, I'm telling you, he if you could get his search history, it might be a little sus there, but I'm not saying getting it. I'm saying the history itself. It's not your own. Here, I got you. I'm not here to judge. But he ends up like, you can tell that he typed in at one point every DC character that had one appearance and then went through and like, ooh, I'll use that guy that did nothing the one time he showed up and then I'll have him. Guess what? I'll have him do nothing. Because what would you have? There's nothing to And he just because... Oh, that's clever. I'm sure I can look at a review right now. That's Marlin. Yeah, that one, they'll say, oh, my God, that's such a clever move. And who would have thought it? Uh, nobody, because it's stupid. And it doesn't take do them down immediately, and then they go and watch TV. This is like the, the opposite. <laughs> like, just imagine the deal where, like, and again, not everybody's favorite, but like a Jeff And Jones. I don't know why Jason's hanging out with him. Like, I like the idea that Jason Todd's hanging out with him. But when you have Dick Grayson snuggling up on the couch with Barbara Gordon, where she's still taking care of Steph and Cass for some reason, and this Jason Todd sitting there all pissed off that he's they're hanging out together. I'm like, look, I like that you're here, but why? I got upset, Cass. She must be on hard time. She's eating pancakes, Eric. I, I, is she hard up on money? Well, you say that, but pancakes are delicious. They, somebody's going to have to get and find out. She might need a, a loan. Here's the big play at the end, too. But even bef- like I said, he, he gets these characters and then the play of, oh, my God, I didn't get to see the movie because I left and I tried to pull the charm. It's nothing. But then when you get to the end and just the worst, Dracula is basically the Batman. And like, who invited Stephanie? Steph. Yes. Like, really? Like, that's something where I remember. It's good at to one see point, that you're still 12 year old here. Remember? <laughs> yeah, she definitely. Remember when I ended up telling you because I used to. Like, look at Tom King's tweets. They drive me nuts. But when he came out with the idea that he was the first one to think up DC Comics comics, like Detective Comics comics, 
And he's like, I'm like, everybody knows this. Steph's like, out of nowhere, she's the only one who gets the connection that Batman might be acting like a, a, a Draculus. I mean, he's seriously, three issue backups that at the end, you just pretty much said, eh, fuck it. <laughs> it didn't make sense. They capture the guy and leave him. They tie him up. And oh, this is terrible. I, everything like, about even, these backups isn't it has been weird awful. Too? The idea where they, they do take him down. He's not doing anything. They don't do anything. And then the whole play is he realized, Michael, what are the police going to arrest him for? Because he didn't actually ever get to do anything that you could find out about. So he says, probably has some outstanding warrants or something. Probably. Like, that's what you do? The idea that you think, ah, so weird. He got let out and then he went and killed him. He te- teamed up with Heartless. But yeah, it was bad. It was bad. The art's okay. And, but it's like that cartoony. Which, but it's also weird to me, too, that the Monarch Theater is back in, in like, you know, production, not in production, but like it's, it's being, reno- it's been renovated. It's a, it's a hot spot for people in Gotham right here in Park Row, right next to Crime Alley still. Like, I didn't realize the theater was still open because we just had it. I thought in like the, the last Joker war where it was all torn down and torn all down and had years. dead bodies in it. I'm not torn down, but I'm saying it's been run down and closed for years. But apparently, somebody decided Park Row. Then we're going to gentrify this and reopen the Monarch Theater, and Dick's going to go there to watch a movie with. Well, Marla. you didn't hear. Like, there's better theaters, I bet. After Gotham War, right? We got a little bit of time, and and again, he probably's greasing some wheels. Dick Grayson was mad that the play that you know what he did, what Batman did to Jason. So he just he renovated the Monarch Theater just to stick it to him. And probably like e, he probably gives them evites like, hey, we're going to the Monarch Theater. Uh, come through the alley, do that. All right, we we got a set there. But yeah, it's weird. Again, it's Michael W. Conner just doing bullshit. There's no reason this Monarch Theater would be there, watching Animal Style. Look at that. Animal Look at Style. Look the people outside too. It's bullshit. Say so eat your fries, Jim. No, <laughs> keep. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind, but the fries would be weird. I'd eat my hamburger. It would be like that. It's like you do it animal style, but the fries kind of ruin that. It's like my buddy yep. Big Bob, who ended up doing the Atkins keto diet, but you can't have a hamburger without a milkshake. Sure can. Like, you did it, you fat fuck. That's that's just me, Eric. That's that's shame. It is just you. He's dead, <laughs> so I could do it, right? Isn't that so the you rule? take his place? I got you. Isn't Honor that the memory? Oh, look at you. I'll meet you right now. I'm telling you right now. I'm I'm trying to think of where. Meet well, maybe meet me in the hospital parking lot. That's actually that's kind of closer to me. I don't want to walk too far. Meet me there. We'll fight it out. We'll film it for everybody. Uh, what would you give this? Ultimately, I'm going to give this a five out of ten. I think the art is great throughout this whole thing. Even the backup, which I loathe, but like the elevation of B4, she is. It's not great, but it's doing at least that and the whole thing. And I think the idea of her being run through. Hopefully, she's not dead, but that would add a real damper to Dick Grayson's life dramatically. No, I was. The idea again, like, hey, B, she was greasing the wheels, whatever it means, even if it's influence, like, you, you make it seem like that did anything. Like, there's times where, and we, I was going to say earlier, we, like Jeff Johnson points, because he is able to find something and then say, oh, well, well, that, this is actually what went on. I was, for some reason, I was thinking how he kind of introduced and played with Ma Hunkle, but even other things where he does it, where it's a clever way to show that something was always there. In a way that makes sense. This is just, hey guys, you never saw this, never would have, but it was kind of there, and it doesn't really solve anything. It doesn't really, to me, make it like, oh, I was wondering about that because really, but Jim, in, it's a goofy fired adventure. It's fun. You like fun, but it's not fun. I mean, <laughs> if you think that B getting killed, or the guys, you know, he hates the bed. 
Dick Grace at, at one point Dick Grayson can't use his powers and they don't really know Wait, Dick Grayson can't use his powers? Well, when he was frozen and they end up where they're like and Oh, I, he, he got the yips. I got you. Yeah, but even then it was made to seem like it was some sort of thing that stopped them and it's still it just things don't oh, yeah, make that's sense. still open. Yeah, things and now she's dead, so what is it? It it just none of this makes sense and I believe possibly mortally that wounded. We don't go to Nightwing. What what issue is this? What do you, what do you say? Is this 108? This, this is the one that you did, so it's 108, yes. 108, yeah. So it's, it's we're Beast World next in Nightwing. I'm looking at the yes. checklist now. So the idea of are you just going to Beast World, but Beast World is, oh, my God, I got to figure out how be maybe that maybe that's it maybe this whole world because it it does feel like it's like a lazarus planet again where everybody gets turned into fucking animals all of a sudden she's a fucking dolphin and she survives i don't know because it's a beast world issue next issue this is going to be concluded so i don't know how it's going to tie into beast world at all it has it on the list maybe they just throw it in there so that you know you're, you're down with it and somebody buys it but it is part of the list so we'll have to see but you also get Titans Beast World Tour Central City. All right. I don't like that Beast World Tour. Sounds like something Aerosmith would have done back in the day. Bunch of bullshit, right? What is wrong with you right now? Had your ladies. I don't know. I'm all mad. I can't talk either, but I'm I'm just I I'm, I love Nightwing and I I love the beginning. It's, we had the boys that were bad. We got hit, but we're never getting any further and now where you need to do things that, you know, kind of make sense and elevate, not even elevate, but push the thing heartless. You're doing a, it just is weird. It's the idea of having like, hey, let's have fun, cool down issues and something that never was hot. And you don't need that. But, oh, well, yo ho ho. But that is that for the section. Did you give a score? Know, yeah, I, um, maybe I didn't. I'm giving it a three, 3.5 okay. out of 10. I'll go with because I just thought it was ridiculous. It's just kind of. The the longer this fucking story goes on, the more I'm like, I, I don't get it. But we'll see. We'll see if she turns into a dolphin. But with that, that's the end of this section. You gave it a five, right? Regular five? Yes. Uh, no, I think even a 5.5, maybe. Oh, uh, not a fuck you five? All right. No. I just wanted to see. Look, I'm telling you, it's a, goofy, it's a goofy pirate story that I'm not a fan of the overall background of it, but I don't mind it either. And I think the art's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. But we'll see. We'll see how it. The art being great, sweet. No, I'm saying the whole thing. And the art's okay. It looks pretty cool. It's I, you know, we we have, I guess, because, uh, uh, what's it called? Redondo's probably working on stuff, maybe for the. I I don't know. I don't know why we have these art changes and things like that on the book. So we'll we'll see. But with that, we'll go off to the next section of books right about now. And here I am with Luke Hollywood. What up, Luke? What up? What up? And Luke here, that Order means manga, it. but it means Superman versus Meshi. I think this one might go by fast, Ooh. right? In a flash, maybe. Oh, maybe. my. I don't know. What are we talking about, Luke? This week, we have what a very interesting name, Jim, if I get it zoomed in here. It's the Superman versus the Meshi's Super. Chapter 9, Superman and Flash versus the Springy Maritsuru-style Udon noodles. Oh my goodness, you have a fever if you don't eat these, Jim. Yeah, oh, oh my goodness. And it's funny because you end up having it. It's a Flash chapter. Oh. Who's crazier? I, I mean, we've been going on and on about Everybody Superman. Everybody in this world is nuts. I mean, like, we have Aquaman talking to the dead fish. We have Batman buying restaurants out of the blue. 
the Japanese food is turning the whole world insane. It is. And I don't know, I guess, that the Justice League doesn't pay well. Because, <laughs> and assuming it's Barry Allen, I think you, you assume that he's a forensic deal. He works at the, the police, but now he needs to earn, as he calls it, a little extra scratch. Something on the side. He's doing speed deliveries of Japanese food in Japan because the Japanese people, they're kind of jerks and want their food quick. Actually also mentions that they eat the food really quick afterwards like they're pigs. But you start out with Whoa. Superman, and this looks like Luke Hollywood like at, what, three in the afternoon? He's getting out of bed. He looks hungover. He says that he looks was up like late working too. on an article. He's still sleepy. Is that what they call it? Then, out of nowhere, and you know that he finagled this, he is working on a story in Japan. I <laughs> guess that they decided that they didn't need those two panels each, you know, manga, each chapter where he flies to they Japan and then flies home. over the Japan. Now he is there, and he ends up saying, that he's got some jet lag kicking in, even though you would assume, I guess if you are on assignment as Clark Kent, you are going to have to bite the bullet and actually take a plane so that people think you took a plane there. But in that, he's there and he's like, oh, man, I stayed up late doing that story. And the story on that laptop says New Yorker truth. I'm like, what? What is he doing? But he's there in Japan, says, I don't feel like flying. I think I'm going to use that cool new app, Fever Eats, and I am going to get food delivered, coffee and a sandwich. Now, I'm assuming that, well, it's 1030, so it's it's really at that weird play between, like, some places might be serving lunch, but I got that he was getting, because of the coffee breakfast, this, this meal that he's getting gets ditched immediately like he actually orders this meal i don't know that he ever even looks at it because he ends up with the fever eats app and he says all right they're gonna bring it to me this will be great then feels bad again that he should just fly over because he thinks he's lazy but even before he can even think of any other thing the food's there the food has arrived and he's like that's fast no human can run like that let alone a delivery person already it can't be what and he the? ends up where i mean he's the world's greatest detective if he can figure out that because he ordered japanese food on the fever eats app and it came there that it has to be flash i mean there might be other Crazy. explanations but it is it's flash he's like fever eats delivery thank you for your patience it took like two seconds so what happens here because he ends up getting his food You end up where Barry says, and he's dressed up as the Flash. I will tell you also that by the end, you realize that Barry has completely given up his identity, and he's (laughs) in big trouble because he is showing up as the Flash. He's running around like the Flash, but his name as a delivery guy in the Fever Eats app is Barry. (laughs) He actually has his actual name in there, but he's like, hey, thanks for using Fever Eats. Then he goes away. He zips away. But then it is a weird play, but the play here is that Superman must fly really quickly down the hall because I don't think it's Flash returning, but he might but be. It's he, a weird play. Does he not run back? Because he's like, what was that about? And then he zooms back. What's Superman doing in Japan? Now, I thought that maybe there was a play that he's like, oh, my God, 
what was that about? It's Barry. And really went quick so Barry would run into him. Whoa. But it does look like he came back. Like, Barry took off, comes back and says, oh, man, is it really you, Superman? Why? What's a big hero? The other play here. What's a big hero like you doing in Japan? As if Japan is so unworthy of having any <laughs> heroes show up. Who they the hang out in Japan? Right, it's like, what's a hero doing in Japan? While he's in Japan, he's like, uh, uh, work. What about you? And then says, what's the Justice League speedster, the fastest man alive, doing in Japan? Like, there's nothing ever to do in Japan. But he says, oh, I just want to get a little scratch for tuition. And so you're throwing some weird things in here about it of, you know, that whole play. It is Barry, but tuition, like this is a younger Barry. They're doing this play. So he ends up where uh, it's a part-time gig. It's my side hustle. And I heard that deliveries in Japan were hot. This was where the deliveries are the hottest because, you know, it's Japanese. He starts going into the idea. They don't like to wait for food. They eat it quick. And that's all about me. Plus, in the U.S., yeah, those people with their autographs. So annoying. You know what I'm talking about, Superman. He's like, yeah, I guess. I don't care about that in Japan. And uh, he then talks about, you know, the whole play of, hey, you're here. Uh, is that why you're here? Because people don't call out you know, as much. And he's like, listen, I told you, I'm here for a job, jerk. But he says, no, no, no. And it's cool. And I like the Japanese food. Ooh. So in that Superman starts to get to be a jerk. There's been times. There's so many weird plays in this book. And he's like, Huck, mile a minute blabbermouth Barry. Listen to him. And oh, my I goodness. this guy. So he says where Barry says, Japanese people are impatient. I delivered it to them and they're happy and I get tips and it's cool. And he's, he keeps mentioning he's the fastest man alive, which mm-hmm. Superman's kind of like, eh, maybe, but he says eating is like a chore for me. Uh-oh. I really don't enjoy the eating, even here in Japan. I don't Uh-oh. even know if the food's good because I just eat it really, really quick. I need to eat all the time. My blood sugar, all that. And Superman then gets upset fighting words. and says, hey. I know, Flash. How about having lunch together? He has ditched My this meal. Dream. The meal that he orders is completely ditched. He's still holding the bag, but he's like, how about we go out? Yeah, he starts talking about his treat. And, hey, maybe, you know, it's kind of cool meeting somebody you know in a foreign country. So, hey, we'll have lunch. Like, it lunch. makes me hungry. That would be super. And then it's says, a shame we don't have any food that I just Yeah, really. Food. I mean. I, I want Barry to be like, I kind of don't want to, you know, split that coffee and sandwich, but that thing gets ditched. So Superman says, I'm actually, Barry starts out the game. All right, if we're going to do this, you tell me, we're going to talk at the same time. You tell me the first thing that pops in your head Whoa. when you think of Japanese food. And they're like, one, two, I wish that they said something different. It would be, it would be so hilarious. Versus. If because Barry is so quick with the the speed force or whatever he starts saying something else like you see oh, like geez. two letters and then switches it to udon noodles because they're going to go have udon noodles and then they're like i know the best place let's go and they have a race to maritsuru noodles oh superman says i'm first like you know like a jerk and like a <laughs> comment on a youtube video first but he's not barry says i was here 
right before you see Get in line, sucker. And I really wanted the eyes to start glowing with Superman. Like, you better think this through here, Nothing buddy. But he's like, the way of being Japanese. It's food. such a goofy thing. So then they go in and it's like, hey, two Justice Leaguers here. I love the play <laughs> where they, they wanted to get away from the crowds in the U.S., is what Barry says. But now they're just in costume. Like, Barry, you could go and they're get lunch. In the U.S. without your flash custom on. And Superman, you know, but they're full out flaunting it and yells out, hey, two Justice Leaguers here for lunch. And they go in and they smell the, the noodles. And not many people are there because it just opened. And they're all excited. What are they going to eat? Superman goes right to the board, starts talking about the limited time egg and tomato curry. If you've been reading or listening to us, you know that Superman loves the daily specials. He does and all it, the research. The specials weird him out. Because when he he can't escape the idea, it's something with Superman through this whole series that he is so worried that if he doesn't get the special, the next day it won't be the special anymore. And he'll somehow miss out on it, it even though it might still be on the menu. But he ends up like, oh, man, but I'm craving the basics, too. Then they have to decide cold or warm noodles. And to me, I, I do not like cold noodles. I've had. Uh-oh. Cold udon one day. I don't like it. It just doesn't work in my head. While that's going on, the Flash is doing something, possibly snorting cocaine. So, but you don't really see it. It gets worse then, because <laughs> what you do then is you go to the next panel and you end up where Superman says, "What do you like, Barry? Do you like warm or cold noodles?" And in that, you're playing a deal that looks like it's the generic manga deal where Barry is thinking. He's confused, and he has snot coming out of his nose. This Mm -hmm. is a common thing. We actually just had it in something we did just this past week. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's a noodle sticking out of his nose. And he says, I was snorting the noodles. Superman says, what's going on? What's that? Why is there a noodle coming out of your nose? And he's like, oh, oh, uh." and also mentions he likes both cold and hot. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I ate And then sniffs the noodle back up his nose. That's one of the most disgusting (laughs) things I've seen in this. It's so bad. He's like, oh, sorry, I can't wait. I don't like to wait around. I actually already had a bowl of udon and broth. Like, what a jerk. Like, Superman actually looks really pissed. Again, eyes should be glowing. And says, oh, my God, really, you did that? But kind of settled down. At this point, Barry's got the fever shakes. Superman's grabbing him tightly and shaking him. I mean, all of this, he says, you're living too fast. You got to go and slow down and enjoy the food. Can you eat more? Because I'm starving and you better not be leaving and shaking him. And then Barry says, if you keep shaking me like that, I'm going to projectile vomit in your face. Uh Uh-oh. Again, anybody who can tell me that from this point on in any part of history that there's ever been anything where you've read where Superman is shaking (laughs) Barry so much that he's going to projectile vomit in his face. Then you got me. But that's why we like this book, because of the crazy stuff. The idea that Barry has noodles sticking out his nose and he sniffs them up is so ridiculous. But it's funny. But you still have that play of throughout this, Superman and Flashers going to continuously try to outrun each other Mm -hmm. because that's the big play. So you still get that basis of some things here. But because they're, you could just say, you said it earlier, Japan and the Japanese food just makes everybody crazy. Crazy. Um, so they end up where I'm, Superman says, I'm going to recommend these two dishes. And as we always do, we usually get one half page of food wars each time we get this. And we do see spicy cod roe upon, uh, with a 
udon, udon, oh. with a raw egg and soy sauce. Okay. I'm not real raw fan. I don't know that I'd like that. I'd wonder how spicy it is. And also the egg looks kind of cool. But, but what's with the other one? Because Superman wants to go classic. So the other one's just like, and, and also this, just noodles. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's straight from the pot udon. Good. And then I'm thinking, like in my mind, as a dummy, I'm like, well, what did they do with the other noodles? Like, are those not straight out of the pot into that one? Would they take them out, throw them in the garden or something? Because they just, but it's just plain noodles. And I want it Flash to say, really, like that, that's your other pick. Just plain noodles. Superman seems to be into that. Also, they have some, uh, chicken tempura. Ooh, he's going to mix and match. I'm telling you, it's just a manga and you have it there, but it, this does, it's starting to get me hungry every time I read it. Not even just the hungry, power but of Japanese I wanted food. udon. I, I actually, when I was done this, I'm like, man, I wish I had some udon place around here. Whoa. But yeah, you end up where he is going to help Barry because I swear to God, Barry's going to have the spicy Kadro udon. I thought that he was going to mix it himself and it was just going to be everywhere because he's going to do it too fast. But Superman, he ends up, you break, and he shows you, and this is the fun of it. He, he ends up breaking the egg yolk, twirling it around the mix in with the roe. Also, the egg yolk, though, goes over the noodles and coats them. And Barry is like, man, I didn't know this was even on the menu. I think I'm living life too fast. And he starts eating it, and he's like, this is delicious. I even taste some butter on this. Oh, my Ooh. God, this is the greatest. And Superman has taught him. To settle down a little And you can enjoy Enjoy life a little bit more Now with that I'm still thinking to myself Who is going to pay I know that Superman claimed Now Superman was very happy Well they're both so quick they can dine and die That's what I was worried too Because I don't really see them getting a check But you end up where When they said okay Let's see what you think of the first time you say Jeff And when they do say Udon Superman goes thank god Because that's cheap (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Such a cheapo. Still, again, he has now gone to lunch with Bruce. He's gone with Aquaman. He's now with Flash. Still won't take Not Lois. Lois. Lois has too Lois. much of fancy taste. But you end up where they, he uh, Barry's just the Speed Force gets activated actually as Whoa. he's eating because it's so just yummy. He's like, "This is great." Superman's like, "I'm having straight from the pot udon. Nobody cares, Superman. That's just plain noodles." And he's like, "I always come back to this. It's a classic." And then talks about this deal where he is like fishing the noodles straight into the soy sauce. It looks like, and then you get, or is that out of the pot into that? It's a very odd play of what he's doing there, right? Yeah, and so he ends up where he says, "This is really cool." And you know what? It makes me want to do. It makes me want to hover. And so he grabs onto some noodles and starts floating up, and the noodles are really long. They end oh. up where this shows, and Barry's like, I didn't know that these were really long. But then you mentioned the dipping sauce, and you didn't really get to see that that much, but that's what he's dipping into, a green onion, ginger, crunchy, fried batter sauce, whatever. And he's eating it, and then he's like, you know, kind of like he's the champion. He's celebrating. He Crazy. really likes it. And then... As he's eating these other things, including this tempura chicken that he loves, Barry, being a jerk, ends up actually like zipping through and grabbing the food out of Superman's mouth what? to eat it. Just as he sees old, I don't know, uh, Klutzy McGee in Uh-oh. the background, who ends up slipping 
and almost ends up, and that's the classic Barry Allen flash deal, where in the, in the, time. Time, the guy has a tray, he has his food on, he's going, everything's going all over. Barry goes and cra- he eats half the guy's meal. You see him at one <laughs> point, I swear to God, he's like eating the noodles, and he's going, but it doesn't look like he, he, uh, he gives it to the guy, the guy's like, oh, thanks. And then Superman ends up going on the app, and there it is. How was Barry so? He's giving thumbs out his ID. Down. He gives him the thumbs. <laughs> he gives him the <laughs> thumbs up. It'd be so funny he that he ends up. What happened if he gave the thumbs down because he liked eating lunch with Barry so much? He wants him to lose his job so he <laughs> can just eat lunch all the time. Next time, lunch is on you. So now they decide that at the end, I like that so much that let's have a race. And we'll see who can touch all the udon noodle places in Japan. Whoa. Okay, one, two, three, go. And they go off to do it. I'm like, what's that? Like, why are you just running? Barry obviously has quit his job now because he hasn't done anything. And it's this is probably right now like the big peak time. It's lunchtime. And he's going around playing games with Superman. But Superman also, I guess he's not going to finish up that article. There oh. he goes. And they say. The loser has to treat for lunch. So you know Superman is going to cheat. There's no way he wants to pay for anything. Anybody. In that, I don't think they paid for that lunch. I, I They just Dying leave. They end up leaving. Thanks for the udon. See you later. In the background, we see the guy shaking his fist at them as they run. But Whoa. what would you give this? Yeah, you know, we do like that Superman versus the Beshies a whole lot. Um, you know, we we the Team up chapters, like the, I think the Aquaman chapter might be one of our favorites, just because it was so wacky talking to the dead fish. But we like, you know, the Batman. I would put this next to the Batman one. You know, it was solid. Uh, like I like see Superman is just a jerk that doesn't want anybody getting in the way of his Japanese food. But in the end, they learn to slow down and enjoy the food, and then speed up again when it's time to pay and they need to run away. But uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. It continues to be. I think the best book that DC's printed. Uh, not that I'd be reading. I don't be reading many other ones, but I, I think it's the best that they got. Uh, and I like it a lot. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 as well. And, and the thing that kind of at this point, when Barry shows up and starts talking about how, what are you doing here in Japan? The heroes. Who would hang out in Japan? And And the weird deal is this is a, I believe, yeah, Kadansha joint. I kind mm-hmm. of wish this was more of a Viz Shonen Jump type deal because mm-hmm. now I really do want All Might to show up or or maybe One Punch Man, somebody that could end up, and maybe a Kadansha deal, but I think that the bigger ones that people would recognize might be from the, the Viz stuff. But to say, like, what are you doing here in our turf? Like, they get mad at Superman thinking that he doesn't think that they're doing a good job or something, then he could actually have a meal with, say, All Might, or a meal with, like I said, One Punch Man or something like that would be pretty cool. But mm-hmm. it's Kadansha, so who knows? Who knows with that Kadansha? They don't like me. They're always correcting <laughs> me online, and, oh. and they they get irritated with me, so I don't Problems. deal with them. So with all that, though, I really did like it. Nine out of ten is our favorite book. Here we are. It's the Operation. One Operation Joker. One, there's only one operation for oh us, Oh, my Jim. God. Goodness gracious, but here we are with chapter 9. 
we ended up falling behind a bit. You, Whose uh, fault was that? I, I couldn't find any sort of uh, you anywhere. I was too busy points. making up chapters in my sleep. Anytime that I say, okay, well, if you have time later this week, we'll do something, that it's not pass. happening. That means off the hook. I'll just let everybody know that Luke got a hold of me at the one week when we were going to do chapter nine that we're going to do now and said, oh, my God, it's so awesome. You get you get Alfred. <laughs> so I had already read chapter nine. I'm like, you dummy, you read the chapter 10. Did you I? read the wrong thing. So then when chapter 10 comes out, because I, I'm not even going to say that it's sus. I wonder how I read that one. Who knows oh where goodness. he would have gotten that from. But Print. I ended up reading chapter 10. I'm like, there's no Alfred in this either. No so what, what was he doing? What did you? I, <laughs> we'll, we'll sit here and wait. Everybody can wait with bated breath. I'll never we know. eventually get like, it's going to be like chapter 22 or something. I don't know what you were reading. I, I just, I have no idea. But you think you might have dreamt it. But here we are. Maybe. This is. Quite a dream being able to record oh with you, by goodness. the way. But here we are with Chapter 9 of the Joker 1 Operation Joker. Do you know what it's called? Will? Indeed I do. Chapter 9, a brush with death at the conference. Just like as, as I have to make up something like you usually do, just like when I ask Luke to record. I'm going to brush that one off. <laughs> yeah, oh really, goodness. you do brush it off. Well, we start off this chapter with Harley. Being oh. captured by a bunch of thugs. We've had this kind of play where since Joker's been Daddy Joker, Daddy Life, a lot of other bad guys are starting to come up in the in his Step place. Now we haven't really seen, say, a, a penguin or mm-hmm. a, a you know a scarecrow or things like that. It's usually just these gangster thug like guys. Mm-hmm. But they have captured Harley Quinn. Looks like they are going to kill her. She spits in the one guy's face. She's pretty sassy. But then the Joker ends up showing up, and I'll give the Joker credit. He, like, kicks open what looks like a vault door. <laughs> and I'm really? He's like, got their okay. chunky legs. Oh, my goodness. So when he comes in, he can't wear the skinny jeans, and he better stop speed skating. Uh-oh. So you end up where, nobody knows what we're talking about. But <laughs> so you end up where you have the Joker show up. Oh, my God, the Joker's here. Oh, my God. Harley's all excited, but these guys are like, hey, what do you think you're doing? What's this going is on? hard turf now, Joker. And they end up putting guns up to his head saying, we're going to kill you. But then they realize or look and see, oh, my God, he's got this, like, you know, papoose Uh-oh. in the front. We know it's it's Joker or, or Bat-Baby. Bat-Baby. It's Bat- they think it's a bomb, maybe plutonium. Crazy clouds walking around with the bombs. I mean, legitimately, if they would know or just look and see that it's a baby, they would know that it's actually Batman. But they might do some bad things to Bat-Baby. So luckily they don't look into this. But you end up where Joker comes over and says, I apologize, Harley, but I kind of need you to join me tomorrow. And she's like, oh, a date? And he's like, no, 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 I got a parent conference. He's got to go talk to the daycare. If I was Harley, at one point Harley says, I don't need your help. I think she does. But I'd be kind of pissed if I was Harley. Like, the idea that he shows up here, it's not even that he cares at all about her. He's using her. Always the baby. So if you are reading manga, or even if you're not, what you have going on here is almost a spy family situation. You end up where Joker needs to make a fake family to go and impress his daycare so that that baby can be full-time daycare and still go and have this conference. So. He's all worried about this, and that's the funny play of this. You think that the Joker's going to come up with these 
crazy ideas of what you end up doing at this conference and Harley is going to reel them in. It kind of is that. Harley is not as, you know, hit with some things as it seems, but she has a plan. But in this, you basically just have him saying, I'm afraid to talk to this daycare director. She's going to sense that I'm evil from a mile away. She's our evil in the heart. And he's just laughing it up. And it even has. Here goes the laugh of the week. And he starts (laughs) yelling about it. And then he says, in this weird play, there's some weird lines in this one where he says, look, I want to impress this lady. Here, let me show you Bat Baby. Bat Baby's there. Cute Bat Baby. He ends up taking off like the top onesie deal and says, look, on his under onesie here, He's got three snaps at the bottom. And if this is legit, I button all three. You know why? I don't mess around. I don't want to look like a distant daddy. Whoa. I want to be a good dad. I'm like, I think they'd look into more than just you snapping the three snaps. Three I mean, snaps? That's kind of crazy. You're, you're in. Yeah, you're in. Three snaps, you're in. Two snaps, you are out. Like, maybe he's like, you see those three snaps? I always snap them. She's like. When was the last time you changed that diaper? He's like, change the diaper? What's that? That's your job, Harley. He ends up saying this, I don't want to be dissing daddy. Harley yells, you're overthinking it. And then they start to talk about this. And Harley actually says, like, you're as crazy as you've always been. That seems to make the Joker feel better. Uh, But you want me to do the baby mama stuff? That's fine. I'll do it. All right. And then the Joker's looking for an outfit for himself, and he actually does end up giving Harley his credit card to go and get an outfit for herself. Buy yourself something You nice. can't show up with crazy shirt. Or, Jeez. you know, you always have, you know, Daddy's Angel or whatever oh. Harley will always wear. And you end up where she then decides this is almost the hint that it might not look go well because she says you should wear this tie. And he's like, what? What am I going to a funeral? And he's all that I'm going to wear this one. And so then she's there and Bat Baby gets all excited. He's all happy. He's, he's really cute. And like, oh, my God, look at Bat Baby. What's so funny, Brucie? And Harley says, don't you know, he's just happy because Mama and Daddy are getting along. Aww. And oh, and then Joker just says, huh? Villains like us parents, even a crazy joke can go too far. I'm like, all right, well, let's, here we go. They end up going the next day. Joker shows up with salary man haircut. I think needs to be an action figure. It'd be hilarious. And he's sweating and Harley's late. He didn't show up. And I mean, this is the thing you would have thought. You would have thought that Harley would be the one that actually would have been able to, you know, reel this in and maybe Joker would have problems. He's there with his haircut. He's like, uh, forgive me, my wife. And actually, the director says, would you like to reschedule for a different day? Uh-oh. And he's like, well, I suppose so. I, I thought she was being on time. I don't know what happened. And then he's like, he's ready. to. If he finds her after this, he's slicing and dicing. Mm-hmm. And then she shows up in her Harlequin outfit. What? The classic Harley outfit. And says, I apologize for being so late. I'm Bruce's mother. Joker has that look like, what the hell are you doing? Like, oh, my God. He says, I hope this is a dream. Harley thinks in this that the play is that the director's going to be impressed because she is a frugal mother who didn't waste money to get a new outfit. Whoa. The problem is that the director wouldn't know that that's her old outfit. That is crazy outfit. Dressed up like a crazy person. 
So Joker ends up like, okay, I see she's going around her pajamas, but oh, she's doing this to show that she saves money for the babies. And then Harley winks at Joker and he's like, I don't think this is going to work. And so the director, Saren, says, hey, if there was an, at this point too, Joker's already pulling a gun out because he, he wants to kill everybody here. (laughs) His salary man Joker haircut is about to kill Harley and the director. And the director says, okay, we're, we're going to have a little test time. If you're, if little Bruce came home from daycare crying that his friends left them out of their games, like a Rudolph maybe, Uh-oh. what would you do? And Joker flips out immediately. What? And I love where he says, What's the happen all of them? They give him the hi-hat, are they? Like, what is that? He's got no hat. Yeah, I'll tell you, he gets, he's pulling the gun out again. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'd do. And he's about to say, I'd slaughter all of them. I would kill them all. Well, you end up where Harley stops and says, I believe my husband and I would let it play out. Kids, you know, get crazy sometimes and you never know the full situation. And she even goes apart. But what, what I like about it again, like we talk about these goofy things, knowing her psychology, you know, her psychology background. That Harley is smart. She's just mm-hmm. crazy. She went to the college. She's made for this and says, you know, at that age, I don't think Bruce would be able to express his feelings fully. So we'd watch him to see if things are working out. Is he upset? And then eventually, if things get bad, we'll, we'll look into it. Joker's like, holy crap. Like, she's really killing it here. And then it's like, I guess it makes sense. She went to a good college. But yeah, you have that. And even Hartley's like giggling, like, lately, my husband and I often talk about raising a child as a test of endurance. And goes for the, the director starts crying. They're so impressed with this. Joker doesn't know what's happening. He's just going on saying she's talking sense dressed as a lunatic. Oh, my God. And then he realized, like, man, I'm glad I brought her here. She ended up saving the day. And then it ends. So Harley came through at the end. But it is funny, the idea of. Just her coming in in the Harlequin outfit, and then Joker's just going to kill. Joker's move, go-to move, is just kill everybody. And he almost mm-hmm. does it a couple times here, which is kind of cool. I do want to mention, though, when he went into the big place at the beginning with all the other gang members and things like that, he didn't kill anybody. He got Harley and got out of there. He's not going to kill all the bad guys. He's going to kill all the innocent children. He's going to get the know? innocent children and their parents. But I think like Good that time. shows you how distracted he is. Because they really treated him like crap and didn't respect him. Actually said, you're nothing anymore. That kind of gets in his mind to kind of get to what we're going to. Daddy life is more important. What would you give this a chapter of the Joker one Operation Joker? Oh, I liked it a lot. We always enjoy the Harley chapters. He brings a little bit of back and forth with the Joker and the Bat Babies and Using her, I like the spy family situation. She really, she was like the lawyer, you know, because she was the one that had the business handle. She might have shown up late for her outfit, but she had a reason for the outfit. Just, I go. don't think it played out well with the director, but still. It's pretty crazy, but sometimes crazy works just okay. And yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, we'll get into daycare daddy shenanigans now so i'm looking forward to it this is what we want to move things along and, uh, and i'm enjoying it a lot i'm gonna go with a solid 8.5 out of 10 i'm gonna go 8.5 as well you, you keep getting the same scores man. it's getting it's me crazy I, 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 i'd like to think that i have elevated your 
manga and comic intelligence to oh, meet really? mine, but I think that I'm, I'm being dumbed down to your level. Uh-oh. Like, the, the worst score ever, a seven. That'll oh, be no. from now on. I'm sure in this podcast there's a lot more lower scores than a seven. <laughs> so we'll see. But with all of that, uh, thanks for joining me, Luke. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And really, check these out. We say it all the time. Bangers. But they are fun. They're very quick. They're on the DC Infinite app if you have that. But it, it just gives you a giggle. And it's mm-hmm. kind of the idea of, all right, it's kind of, you know, goofy fun, but it does end up based on the character work of the Joker. And then even in this Harley, the, the guy who's doing it does know the characters, just giving you wacky situations with them. So it's kind of cool, just like the Superman Meshi that we really like. But that is that. So we'll continue on. Here we are with Bat Babies continuing. Whoa. And uh, Operation. And- yeah, I, I'm telling you, we always <laughs> say, you throw me off. We always talk about <sighs> Superman versus Meshi being Fire. so much fat. I don't know. I'm starting, it's you're starting to expand. You know, right? it's, it's growing on me. It's it it is. I me. liked it from the beginning, but I thought, and I was worried that it would be kind of get stale or whatnot. What, but no. Bruce going off to daycare full time, it does this actually pick it up a bit. Mm-hmm. So I do like it. But what are we talking about, Luke? This week we have the Joker, one operation Joker, Daddy Business. That bit's not included. Daddy Business. Chapter 10, Madness Unleashed. Joker's back on the streets, baby. Joker Joker thinks that if he can send, you know, Bat Baby to daycare, he'll have time to go and do the Joker stuff that he's been wanting to do. And he does. He actually has a party for himself. You start out, though, with the fun things of, where Joker is kind of worried that he's when he sends the Bat Baby off to the daycare, gotta get all the gear. <laughs> Maybe people steal things from him because he he does end up like a lot of parents, especially with their first kid. He's writing Bruce's name on everything. Mm. He's going to town with it, and they're not allowed to have hoodies at no the hoodies. daycare. But you need to keep the Bat branding for Bat Baby, so he has this little cap. That he puts on this little beanie. He has them with his bat baby bib. He also sends them with bat baby shirts. Everything's bad, bad. That he sends them off with. And bat baby, yet say, since maybe that first chapter, bat baby's been happy almost the whole time. I mean, bat baby is having a ball of all this, which makes you again wonder. And I'll just point it out again that we're not quite sure if bat baby is fully coherent. Of everything going on but as a baby So he can't do anything about it Or if he's just straight up a baby But he seems like straight up a baby Either way he's enjoying it He's enjoying it I think he loves his Joker daddy And the Joker Whether or not he wants to admit it You know that he loves the Bat baby Mm -hmm. But in this he says I'm ready to get back to work This is you know the maternity leave Is done he wants to go back to Joker stuff. Joker, he says, Joker in. He says, I got to focus on the Joker brand. I haven't been able to do that. You know, he gets one of his classic outfits on and he gets the stroller and off he goes with a huge giant backpack as well. But he's taking up and then, oh, my God, I forgot your ID card. He's so mad. Jeez, Louise. Some cursing in this, too. It oh. always throws me off. But you end Naughty up where he's daddy. like, oh, God, I got to get the school ID and all that. So he does and gets to. The daycare, which, again, is the Wayne Nursery School is what they're going to. It's not even just daycare. It's the nursery school. But this is that Bruce Wayne deal that we heard about earlier. 
He rings that baby in and then he's off to go and, you know, do his things. And I like where you end up having the nurses or the teachers there and like, hey, say bye to daddy. He's like waving. It's kind of Not just any daddy. Joker daddy. What's going on? And that's it's the director back again. What's going on with that big giant backpack? What are you going camping? And he's like, what? Like, you always know that he's about to kill people. And they're like, oh, man. Like, Say that uh, again to my face. Joker looks like she on to me because it's pretty much filled with explosives. The funny play here, if you do read chapter to chapter, is when he went to get Harley last chapter with his papoose, a bat baby, everybody thought that was explosives. Now he actually has explosives. And they're like, oh, what do you got stuff for work? He's like, yeah, kind of. And off he goes, and yeah, he says, you don't want to mess with me. And so he, as he's leaving, they grab him. And again, he's about, he's like always on the edge of about killing somebody. And they're like, you can leave the stroller here if you like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, say it. And then they're like, Bruce says, work hard, daddy. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, Bruce wouldn't like what daddy's about to go do because it's now back to business. Joker time. And he's going to throw himself a party. And what he has done is made a giant explosive cake on the top of the GCPD deal. And he has Commissioner Gordon and a bunch of other people tied up to this cake. He's going to blow it up. Everybody's going to die. And he's having a ball. He's having his grand old thing as he usually does. And he even has his Joker crew there, everything going on. And they do end up where Gordon they take the gag out and he's like, Hey, what's the meaning of this? Why are you jumping on the roof of the precinct? This big kick, what's going on? And I like where Joker tells Gordon to slow his roll and then says, I'm celebrating my return to crime. I'm going to blow all of you up. This is going to be great. I'm going to televise it. it. He's doing all this. I'm going to live stream it. I'm going to have all this. People are going to love this. Oh, it's going to be the best. And then right as he is about to. You know, pretty much blow up the whole GCPD, Gordon. They're all going to die. He gets a phone call. And, I mean, he's really going in. And even at one point, Gordon says, oh, why do you even try this? Batman's going to save us. And I love that. He's like, really? Batman's going to show up right. Like, Batman could ever stop what I'm doing Uh until Batman stops what he's doing. Because you get a call from the nursery school who says, oh, Brucey has a fever. So it is that that's the funny play here as Batman foils his whole caper mm-hmm. by actually just having a fever in nursery school. And again, if you're a parent, you know that you do get those calls and it might be something as silly as what he has a 99.7. That's pretty high. But the idea where Joker tries to get out of it, he does kind of run high with that. Fever. <laughs> his temperature's usually on the road. Now, we always call if it gets above 99.5. I'm like, oh, he almost made it. But he ends up where Joker doesn't know what to do then because he does have to go pick up the Bat Baby. He can't mm-hmm. leave. I like where Bat Baby, they have him. They have this little beanie off and he's there in bed, laying there. They have a little bed set for him and they he has to come get him. He's like, all right. So, again, being a father of Bat Baby has ruined his fun. Joker daddy business never yeah, ends. It, it feels like almost like if you were at like a sleepover. And then something went wrong, and your mom called, and you had to go home. You're like, oh, I got to go home, oh, guys. Wow. And Party's the over. The Joker's crew are like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? What are we going to do? And he's like, well, I better go. And they're like, you're not going to leave, right? After all this trouble, whatnot. He just takes off running. I mean, I swear to God, it's like 
hey, uh, look over there. And he just starts sprinting away, which made me giggle. And then he gets in his car. Nice car. Joker mm-hmm. has. He's got that Joker daddy money. Yeah, he does. And he's just, you know, making me worry about you, you little punk. I thought Jeez. he was going to run into the wall. <laughs> he then gets out. And as he's getting out, they're taking the big giant, the like, all the kids' stroller. Yeah. And there's Bat Baby in the front. Looks all cute. He's looking over the rail of this thing. And hey. there's the teacher who called and says, oh, we're going out for a walk. And yeah, he's like the Fonz. <laughs> hey, he is cool. And yeah, you have Bruce's daddy. Good timing. Hey, by the way, Bruce is fine now. Like, really? You jerk. Like, the idea that she couldn't call him, at least on the way, because it ruined his whole play. He didn't get to have his giant party, though. He left everybody tied up to the explosive cake, and it ends up, and this is one of those chapters that, in my mind, we're not going to go back to this when we get to the next chapter. I, I think that this is almost like when we talk about, say, a spy family, that you do get at the end of it, that little tiny panel Guy joke. Panel. Yeah. Yeah. Joker's like, really? Like, you know, what is go? And they actually say to him, do you want to go back to work? You want to get Bruce or whatever? And he's like, well, and he thinks of Gordon. But even before there, the teacher explains, well, it might have been a teething fever, but a couple of minutes after we called, the fever went down. He pooped. He had a poopy. And Joker's like, poopy. Okay. He had a poopies. And so he was fine. And, yeah, it's like, do you want to go back to work? And he thinks, well, back to work. That's Gordon tied up to this explosive cake. And he says, I can't begin to tell you how annoying it is raising a kid on your own. Actually, he could have probably called Harley to go get Bruce, but he's kind of, he's the hands-on. Daddy has to handle business. He doesn't want to look like a distant daddy, like only doing two snaps out of three. Jeez. Mm, Idiot. But you end up where... He's all upset. You get that last bit where I like too that at some point they actually re-gagged Gordon after he left. And then they all blow up. Yeah, Pretend. so what's going to happen? But that is the end of the chapter. Pretty cool. Pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you give it? I liked it a lot. Uh, like you said at the start, I think we're coming around to the Joker Daddy. We always liked it, but, you know, it was clear Superman versus the Meshi is the one to read. But, uh, I think, you know, I think people should be checking this one out too. This one had, like, you know, Joker Daddy getting back to the Joker business. But we all know that the Bat Baby's not going to let him escape the daddy life. Uh, so I like that a lot. Uh, I, I suppose we have to keep on reading and find out if Alfred ever does show up. I don't know. Maybe you kept does. saying that you read some chapter with Alfred. I, it started making me wonder what Alfred is thinking is going on right now. I have no idea. But we'll have to wait it'd be kind of see. funny because Alfred might end up figuring things out. And Alfred being the butler to Joker oh. and the Bat Baby might be kind of funny. It actually would be kind of a funny deal. So I kind of hope Daddy. that maybe, but I don't know. I think you just ended up making stuff up in your head. I don't know. Uh, but means. what would be your score? I'm going to hit it with a solid 8.2. I like I'm going to go 8. I'm a little oh. lower than you. And just to let everybody know, we, we did record 9 and 10 back to back. And maybe that is the play. Maybe I do need to wait a couple of weeks between kind of get, you know, excited for it again and whatnot. But I still liked it. I still liked it a lot. So it's pretty cool. Everybody should check it out. But we say it every time. Superman versus Mesh is where it's at. So with Ooh. all of that, thanks for joining me, Luke. And check the show notes of all these things going on here to see all of the different 
manga shows that me and Luke do together. Also do the Death Note with Jason and the Chainsaw Man and My Hero with Stork. So check out all of those, but we'll go back to the regular podcast. This episode is brought to you by Dragon Ball Legends, the ultimate Dragon Ball experience on your mobile device. Dragon Ball Legends features action-packed anime action RPG gameplay with Goku, Vegeta, Trunks, and all your favorite Dragon Ball characters. Summon your favorite characters from popular Dragon Ball anime series, such as Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT to Dragon Ball Super. Fight in real time against friendly or rival Dragon Ball players from across the globe in live PvP battles. Enter ratings matches with your favorite Dragon Ball characters and earn rating points and rewards. Unite with friends to defeat powerful foes in co-op. Dragon Ball Legends features the best anime fighting scenes on your mobile device. And now, Legends Festival is on, so you can get up to 300 free summon tickets. Are you ready? Download Dragon Ball Legends today. Available for free on both iOS and Android devices. He got his first real comic. Got it at a five and nine. Read it to his fingers, man. Been reading comics most of his life. Him and some guys from school. They had a book and they tried real hard. Jake quit, Knuckles got married. Youngest was never gonna get far. When he looks back now, did he ever bother ever? And now that he has a choice, he told Jesse would marry a never. Eric's read comics most of his life. Eric, you have read comics most of your life, and you spend Whatever. every second of the day rubbing my face into it. I don't do like I? it, Eric. You no, know, <laughs> you do not, because you never talk to me. And you don't listen to the songs I send you. I you don't suggest songs. I'm like, here they are. I think, oh, this will really cheer up his day. It's Thanksgiving. What makes you think I have a bad day? some cheering up. So I send it to you. You can always feel it. Well, actually, I feel that way, because when we talk, you're such a miserable prick. So there, oh. you're not fun, Eric. Uh, people were very upset this week's spotlight. They ended up listening and they're like, oh my God, Eric Shea, he almost did it. He almost had some fun. But then Now they said back. this, but were they upset about it? I, I don't know if they were upset about it. but no, they, it was they've like come they to were expect like, and even love the heart and soul that I pour into my I think criticisms it's a of why books don't work completely. It's a vendetta against non-continuity. Is what it, it is. is. I don't know. I, it is funny where we have gone through a, a lot of things here with the podcast, and one of the things has been a little tighter continuity at points, then completely abandoning that to just tell stories, story over continuity, and then kind of getting back to the continuity that they kind of avoided to get back to this, and then everybody's saying that it. Re- and there you are. You're still manning the wall. You are the one. <laughs> Continuity keeping, Eric, is what Gatekeeping he is. isn't always a bad thing, especially when you're doing it right. Oh, my. I, I don't know. That seems like I would say, like, oh, my God, gaslighting. That could be kind of cool sometimes. No, right? don't like, do it. I, I could just imagine. It's like. Only Gotham by gaslighting. Somebody's out there saying, like, well, I think that grooming is kind of cool, right? And you're like, <laughs> no. no, but you didn't realize they, they groom animals. They're a pet groomer, so it makes sense. It is cool that way. 
They have a secret life too. They don't talk about. Is, yeah, and uh, also they end up, you know, manipulating people and promising them yeah. things and then use them down the line. But that just goes with the, you know, play there. Would be weird to just have that where if you are a groomer, but now you have to kind of change it. It, it almost is like <laughs> the sanitation engineer. Now you're going to have to change it because you can't go to a party. Yeah, you can't go to a party like, oh, what do you do? Oh, me, I'm a groomer. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, at least he's on front street, right? It's like when Charlie was going on blind dates and always sunny in Philadelphia. And he's like, yeah, just tell me you're a philanthropist. And he's like, I can't remember that. I'm a full-on rapist. Yeah, full-on rapist. Exactly. There you go. So, Or like instead of analyst, a- anal rapist or whatever the hell it was on uh, Arrested Development even. So with all that, we're neither of those. Right? No. I hope. Oh, well, here we are. I think you might be a bit of a groomer. You used to sit there and look at your hair a lot. Yeah, I still do. You and Ram V having a glorious, maybe right? Doing that nonsense, you and Ram V. Like Marsha, gotta brush it one hundred times each side. That is true. And then I fly in and hit your face with a football. Oh God, that's what I did. I wasn't ready for it. Oh my nose is what you yell out. Oh my goodness. Speaking of Brady Bunch, we have a little sound effect for later, but we'll get into these books because we're going to continue on. The uh the trends here. There are theme sections that actually uh, the trends. work out pretty well. And this sure one do. is going to be that JSA Golden Age type deal. What do we start with, Eric? Justice Society of America, number seven, written by Jeff Johns with art by Marco Santucci, Ivan Placencia, and Rob Lee. And when we had the first six issues of the series dealing with the idea of stopping Predegaton from destroying the JSA of all time. Helena Wayne finds herself in our present day, and because of her not being able to keep her mouth shut about Batman being her father and being killed in the future, her future was completely erased, leaving Helena Wayne Hunter stuck in our present, or going back to a place that she doesn't no longer belongs to. But the idea then, dealing with some big stuff, like the idea you have Batman with a daughter from the future, what are we going to play with? And instead, it's like, we're going to go and try to get all my members of the JSA of the future on board to be JSA members now. And I'm like, I, I feel almost like a hypocrite because when we had that first issue with that crazy band of, you know, of JSAers that, you know, Helena and Power Girl were like the leaders of, I'm like, oh, this sucks. We went back in time. I want to deal with these people some more because it could be cool and crazy. And now that we're getting back to it, I'm like, I'm a fickle mushhead. I don't want to see this anymore because you have so much drama to deal with in the present day. Getting them on board just feels like such an, like, out of step characterization for everybody. Cause even Batman, like here, like I said, he has a daughter from the future, doesn't know what that means or how it's going to interact with the rest of his family. But, oh no, baby, I'll help you get that Solomon Grundy's with the rest of the JSA for no reason whatsoever. And in that, like you said, when she ends up telling things, the future kind of changes. It gets yeah. kind of done, which I just, I never thought of it until I ended up reading this issue where I'm like, okay, I'm, cause again, when you have a delay that seems like, I don't know, five years, you end up well, what, what happened before? Kind of yeah. getting the play. What's the lay of the land? And then you realize, well, there's not much lay of the land, but okay, it's it's really going through Helena. And I thought, wait a second here. Is Helena like the evil genius? And not even evil. Is the idea of my future sucks. I'm not supposed to tell people about the future because that will erase it or at least change it. Fuck it. Th- there's nothing good in that future. So she just throws it out there. And that is something that might actually save a lot of people's lives in the long run, or at least allow her to maybe try to fix it, but not. Was her future really that bad, though? It's just Batman was dead and like, oh, I wish my daddy didn't die. Well, well, your dad, your dad's dead. Would you change that? Listen to you. You used to go give the flowers and stuff, right? You got that? Yeah. I don't know. And everybody else being dead, like, it was bad. I mean, there's a lot of things that went down in that deal. So maybe this is the way that it kind of is. 
that wink wink that it does get to be changed but in that you also have the lost children involved and in this issue after that delay i don't know i think that maybe this issue would have been more exciting i don't know not exciting but i think i would have been more into it if there wasn't the delays if there wasn't some things because there are some cool things happening but coming back to this and like you said it's kind of just hey daddy can we go get the solomon grundy oh yeah we can baby girl but before we do that, here's a little cold open to show you the Harlequin, the, the future member of the JSA, and how he's going about and stopping people from hurting other people by tattooing clown marks on his face. I'm like, all right, we'll start with the Harlequin, and then we just move on until here's a big old hunt for Solomon Grundy and Slaughter Swamp, where you do get Salem the Witch Girl, which is great because it's a breakout character in our minds from the Star Girl, the Lost Children, and. I feel almost bad, too, because for like the last two to three weeks, I feel like I've done nothing else but say, you know what we need to do? We need to kill the Solomon Grundy. He's getting a little too friendly with everybody. A little too everybody's, everybody's a little too used to him at this point in time. He showed up everywhere to sit around being everybody's pal. We should kill him so he's resurrected as the monster that we should truly feel fear once again. And then trying to wrangle his ass in Salem's curses do a bad job of trying to bring out the Cyrus Gold in him and just incinerate him to death. Sometimes dead is better. Eric, not I, this time. And I like at this point. Well, he was dead. Then you're trying to make him not dead. So it kind of the whole play. Then I'm like, what is he? A, a damn candy man? I'm waiting to see like in his ribcage a bunch of honey and shit. Eric, oh, I was getting excited. The art's really good, but in that she is trying to fit in. She's trying to do yeah. these things. She means well. Even work with Khalid and the Doctor Fate, even though it's not working out because it's not Kent Nelson, Doctor Fate. And that's the problem with this because you want to explore the lost children and show Salem the Witch Girl and why she should be a part of the DC universe and why people should care about her. But right now we're in this rough spot because she is a fish out of water where everything she knew and loved and she was a part of is all gone. She has to jump in fresh and knowing that people forgot about her, left her behind. And even if when Khalid at this point tries to take her back to her home dimension of limbo town she will not go back because of what they did to her there and forcing her out so she is just uh, between a rock and a hard place where she has to come off with an attitude because of how damaged she is with her current situation so like i know you need to do this but like you'll have people that's coming out of nowhere saying that she's a bitch i'm like you have no empathy at all yeah well they would say but even then no the problem is with that is and not a problem i like and i like i'll just spoil it i like the jay garrett flashbook because of boom the boom and judy oh yeah but you, you see that difference judy she's like she's got a family like, she's got a family but she's also in that mode of almost like what is this horseless guy like she's having fun oh my god <laughs> tell me more about these malls like you know stuff like that and even being allowed to kind of hey just be a girl jay's protective so i like that we did these together because it is one of the few times where you get a character like this and almost plays off a bit like even like what we said about uh, Wallace, Wallace West. Right. We wanted to know what, what was happening Ace. with him when he realizes, oh, my God, I didn't exist before this. Well, now you have this girl who comes back and realizes that everybody forgot her. And not everybody's going to like that. And and when we have some of these things, everybody kind of is like, you want to have that fun and, you know, the golden age. All right. Hey, we're going to be heroes and whatnot. But when she comes back, she feels like she's been real ripped off. She doesn't have Kent to come back to talk to and almost feels like that play, like it should have been in the will to will me the stuff. But since I was forgotten, I'm there. But she's trying desperately to, to convince people, even like Lee, like I, I was supposed to be the next deal. Well, yeah. Kent's not here. He's kind of a dick. I, and I said just as a joke, man, that Salem or, or it sweeps a real bitches. 
But the thing is, I think Khalid's being a real asshole. He's not really... Khalid's been put in a tough situation as well. He has, but again, he, and it, it works. He's like kind of like, well, I got to deal with her. I, I'll just do this. I'll take her and home. Look, that I'll, being you know, said, as away. much as I like Salem, the witch girl, I want to see her flourish at DC Comics... I feel like I know Khalid Nassour a little bit more than this girl that I just watched burn Solomon Grundy to death. So at this point, I'm going to put my faith in Khalid. But again, I did remember seeing Khalid fly a plane right into a hospital. Eric, when you first get your powers, when when you, <laughs> I'm telling you, we both thought that back in a series, sure in the, and that was the DCYOU. He legitimately couldn't control those powers, didn't know what was going, and a plane flew into what seemed to be like a children's a hospital. hospital. <laughs> now, I want to make it more, you know, worse. It's a children's hospital. But in this, it's not like you have Solomon Grundy there and Salem says, I'm going to get rid of him. Oh, my God. She thinks that how she could deal with this is by giving him life so they can reason with him because he is just the brute Solomon Grundy here. It doesn't work that way. And she. It's such a weird idea, too, because with her powers being this, you know, this girl from Limbo Town, this witch girl. And it seems like her power base is based exclusively off curses and stuff along those lines. So when she's trying to bring out the Cyrus gold in him so they can have a reasonable conversation, and it just incinerates him. So it's along the lines of like what we have with the Jakeem Thunder back in the day where he has to make a very specific wish or a Thunderbolt might construe it a different way, like a monkey paw situation. But I don't know how you take that with curse. Like, I'm going to bring this inner child. Oh, my God, he's on fire. That's not a monkey paw. That's setting something on fire mistakenly. Yeah, like, how does yeah, that, that work? That's bringing back somebody who's dead for that long and setting him on fire yeah exactly and and the way that the monkey ball goes you can almost think like she's got to think in her mind like a monkey ball i gotta be specific but since it's a curse she has to twist it around to a way to do some crazy thing that it works in a good way i, I don't forward know, to see how it works going forward because it is interesting but i need to know how she controls this and how kent nelson thought back in the day like yeah this is a viable sidekick for me when things are going to constantly be set on fire when she's trying to do good or worse is that I, I think she might also be upset because I don't know in the, in the delay, it looks like she's like aged 10 years. But still, you end up with going it. Maybe we find out because that's the cool little bit that you just brought up. Kent's not around, right? So when yeah. you end up where he could legitimately come back and say, what the hell's going on? That's my enemy. Or I told her that she couldn't do this and I tried to lock her away. We might find out some really. Or the idea that he says to Khalid, listen. She's bad. News. Is she Syndrome from The Incredibles? I'm saying it, it. She could just imagine Syndrome coming to a place where Mr. Incredible isn't there and can yeah. lie and say things. But also, it could have been Kent because we will have things like this as well. Where oh my God, she's so out of control, almost like a Damien with Batman. When Damien came right. to live with Batman at first, I need to help her because she's so ridiculously out of control, overpowered, doesn't know what to do. So I have I have to mentor. Or it will be a bad thing. Almost like when Jason Todd with the all cast and all that, where they even said that. I'd rather teach him than let him out in the world on his own like that. Maybe we find out something like that, which would be interesting. And maybe you can say with that, because I like Salem. Maybe she's thinking things a little differently the way it's going. Because she doesn't she doesn't seem bad. But you don't want her like, if you ended up having the next bit play. upset though. You don't want that. It, it, now she's, I'm saying with the whole thing, even with Solomon Grundy, like, I could just imagine where somebody else has a problem, like, oh, I need somebody to help me in Salem. I'll help. No, no, no. I don't no, need I'm your good. help. Like, nobody wants that. But we have to find out what happened to her because you have Khalid say, I'm just going to send you back to, you know, Limbo Town. I'm going to send I'm you back, back to there. there. And uh, she's like, you 
Don't you know what you don't know what they did to me? Obviously, she says, and it's a good line. You don't know what they did to me. And Khalid says, of course I don't. You won't tell me crap. How could I know? But that's the play there where Khalid, he's might be doing it the wrong way, but she's not. She's a little bit of a bitch. I said, I love her. I think she's great. But you see, and, and, you know, to throw it all out there, there's also a prophecy that she's like the end of the world type deal. So that throws things out of whack. Ah, People get that. Yeah. Yeah. So in that, though, (laughs) you have all this play going on and you do have again a recruitment deal you have some things icicle Which you i'm have. telling you this idea of this team that i wanted to see as a fully fledged team in the future this recruitment actually bogs the issue down in my mind we're going to get solomon grundy because he's a part of the team in the future oh no he's set on fire well there's always going to be a resurrection so we can get back to that later hopefully he won't become the monster that i wanted him to be for the last couple of weeks and i was like all right we're gonna get icicle jr you remember that time in the mid-2000s when he helped us save the world Thankfully, as far as I can like recall, nobody's used Icicle Jr. this entire time, so he's just been sitting in jail. Like, yeah, I want to be a hero again. Break me out. Don't, I don't know if we can trust Icicle Jr. for the gig, though, but you have this part, too. And then it's like, all right, let's 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 find out what's going on with Beth Chapel and, and um, the new Wildcat. And I'm like, who's been taken over by Eclipso, who's hunting Amanda Waller, so we have to go to the uh, Adams, like, you know, ex-wife Jean Loring, and find out what she knows about Eclipso so we can hunt Eclipso down. I'm like, I feel like you are not focusing on the most important parts of this book since you're including this, you know, roster drive that you're doing for the next generation of the JSA. On top of the idea that we have the Lazarus planet, like the Lazarus rain that came down that supposedly resurrected, you know, uh, Huntress, not Huntress, I'm sorry, Wildcat and Dr. Midnight from death. And there's some repercussions that we don't fully understand it. There's a lot going on right there now. There is a lot and going on. And then you bring in Amanda Waller being hunted by a Quipso infused, you know, a Wildcat. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you're doing all this because this is the seventh issue right now. We got we got to pick up the pace. And and if my math's right, we have five left there, and uh-huh. that's one of the things too. Here's two of the things that are weird about this series, and, and that's not, not all we have to deal with still. But having all that stuff, adding the lost children, when we really hadn't felt like we actually had the story even started. I, I think that this, in my mind, starts to feel like okay, we're getting somewhere, but it's it's a slow. St- but we, ha- we just had a delay. So we have that. So we ha- that's there. Then you add Amanda Waller in, and everything's coming up Amanda Waller. But this seems like it's always a little bit askew with what's going on, including, say, a Power Girl in this, as opposed to the PG stuff we get the other. Right. So when all this is going on, I just think that this, I don't know, because then you have, in my mind as I'm reading it, I'm also worried because Jeff Johns is not going to be able to continue after this. So he's moving because on. He started his own imprinted image, and he's got a bunch of people, and they're exclusive, and that's... He's got to hit the old dusty trail. Exactly. So what are we doing here? And and this book, it interests me, but not enough yet. But yet we're still seven issues in. But we have five left. There's such a pull back and forth. It's like a tug I of get war. You. But then at the end, I think, do should I invest in Karen? Should, is Is this going to be able to be something without him there and what's going on? Because... When we get to the next book, because I there's not much to talk about here just because of the idea that it's a recruitment drive in the middle of a series inside. But when we get to the Jay Garrett stuff, that may do nothing if all this. But I like it. Like, yeah. there's, you know, I just in here, there's things that are intriguing, but I don't know that I care. And then there's things that are neat, but what is it going to do? So all well, again, this, like we talk about the idea of five issues left and on top of the recruitment drive for a JSA that. 
everybody's just taking on faith from this girl from the future that you haven't really vetted as far as I'm concerned. Yes, she helped you save from the, her Degaton previously and saved all the JSA throughout time. That gives you some points, I'm guessing, but the idea that everybody's going to stop everything for the recruitment of villains for a JSA of the next generation. I'm like, that feels weird. And then when you throw on top of it this Eclipso like, uh, hunting Amanda Waller and then, you know, uh, with Salem the Witch Girl, so like, you know, having a problem with what's currently going on, Cleave the Sword trying to deal with that, then given a vision by the helmet about, you know, Grundy saying, save Grundy, only then to be, you know, grabbed by the Legion of Substitute Heroes <laughs> from the 31st century. Yes. And like, hey, we're going to need you, Cleave the Sword. I'm like, did, it's, it's are you too biting much, off right? more than you can chew at this point? Because even when they say next issue, the hunt oh, for the I, Red Lantern, I'm like, oh, love this. Because I love the idea of that Red Lantern in the past and the future. I want to see where that whole thing Ties goes. It's the, the, antep- the antithesis to exactly. I need to see more of that. But when you bring in the Legion of Superheroes, like you know, Z Team, I'm like, oh, what are you doing with the Legion of Substitute Heroes? How dare you say just, that about Animal Lad? Animal Lad, Rainbow <laughs> Girl, and Stone Boy. I'm like, I. Look, I know you're trying to do some fun stuff, and here I go again. The fun stuff, I yeah. don't like. And the thing is, it, it can turn out great. We are dealing with some heavy stuff right now, though, that I want to make sure that's done. And if we spread ourselves too thin, I'm always afraid, almost like what we did with Jeff Johns' Shazam run, where you throw a million things in that story and nothing felt like it was resolved properly because we had to deal with too much. Yeah, I, I actually desperately was trying to get the hot take button there. Just pretend it's playing now because you you nailed it here. And and where I was saying the idea of, I don't know if this is going to continue, to top off that you're adding way too much. And now it's starting to feel. And and I think that we said it when this was going on. It was delayed and you had some things. And the idea was there would be something after this. Yes, it's 12 issue maxi series, but it's it's doing something. That the thing, this does still feel like to me that this is just a prelude. To what's going to come next And there might not be a next So all you're getting is a prelude And that shouldn't affect the issue to issue You know, score And maybe it will, maybe it won't But when I'm just here in the lay of the land This is just, let's get some things out there You have some cool little shout-outs, callbacks That I think that you would like a little more Because you're more of a JSA guy anyway But even uh-huh. so, you want a story You don't need them like Hey, we're going to interview, you know her, we're going to do this. We're going to get Solomon Grundy. You don't really get anything at the end, but some of you it's gotta really cool. you got to go visit Icicle Jr. in jail. He says, okay, cool. <laughs> he said, okay. And then you go off. I mean, the whole thing that is like, then you go and just the way you go from that to Salem flipping out. Then you go and see Wildcat there on the top, uh, you know, of a gargoyle type, the old type of building. Then you go off to Gene. Then you go, and it's just like, okay, I get it. And again, maybe it's because it's been a while since the last issue that when you do go back to it, you're kind of then reminded, yeah, this book isn't going forward enough. It looks great. I think it's some cool stuff, but it's not giving me, you know, the big punch that I thought it would. And then I start thinking again, this is like, and it's funny that you get the Legion of Substitute Heroes at the end, because this book kind of goes in my mind of a discussion me and you would always have, and you would yell. Like, you don't yell much on the podcast. When, when we're off we're the air, all. you're yelling all the time. No, this is something you yelled at one point. Because I would say, oh, man, everybody wants that Legion of Superheroes book. And Get out of town. Buy, yeah, you start yelling at me. You, you, it's not mean yell, but you're like, nobody buys all it. five of those people want it. What you always say is, they yell for it, but they ain't buying it. But you told me that about the JSA at points, too, though. That I is, still believe it, even though you've got an amazing team with the JSA. 
So at the end, when I saw the end, and it's the Legion of Substitute Heroes, which is kind of funny, but yeah. I get this play of where are we going now? What's happening? Who is by? Because the real play of this, if this is going to continue, I have said, and a bunch of people have said, maybe Venditti can end up continuing. I think he has chops to do it. But I can see that. is it going to sell well enough because of the delays and what it is and what it isn't? Is it going to sell enough for them to say we need to? Continue it, and I, I don't think so. I think that we're going to get all excited for this, and it might build to something that hopefully down the line somebody picks up. But I don't, I don't think it's going to continue much. Well, even if we continue the idea of what we're doing in the series so far, like the idea that we do have this recruitment drive of these villains that will one day supposedly be a part of the JSA of the future. I know it's a kooky team, and I got all interested in them in the first issue, and nobody can see them. I got upset. Oh man, I wanted to see that team. But would that team get people excited to sell for a JSA book if that's the direction that we took it? And I was just going to say another thing. Remember when we were talking about Dawn of DC? And I said, oh, man, they're going to drip and drab books for a year. We're, we're going to have to wait. Oh, this month we get a new number one. Then the next month we get two. And I said, man, yeah. you wouldn't get the bang. For your like the bang for your buck is, okay, September, boom, we have all these books. Everybody's excited. You go and grab Batman, but then you see a Doom Patrol. You grab that. Like, that's fun. And it's exciting. I don't know in the all-around marketing deal or the sales and numbers that it, it's better or worse, but it gets you that hype. You want to have the J- the JSA book feels like one of those. Oh man, you'll love the Donut DC. You'll never get the JSA. They have a book again, and then somebody would say like, "All right, what is it about?" Ooh, it's about kind of getting a new team that's not quite for like you don't really have a JSA book yet. It's called the JSA, but it's not really that yet. It's a bunch of people trying to get things together. You're kind of getting the things. So you aren't getting that oomph of it. Well, and even one of our main characters in this with Khalid Nassort, he's a newer Dr. Fate. He's not Kent Nelson. And he's a bit of a stretch, too, because people don't know him as well. So it's like, you know, here's somebody else we're focusing on. That's a part of the JSA of this, you know, new JSA that we're dealing with. But he's not like, you know, one of the JSA. Yeah. And you say about Khalid and... I made the joke earlier for you, something we brought up about him flying a plane right into a hospital. I don't know that anybody even read that. So, it, it, And that's not that long ago, but just to let you know. 2015, wasn't it? Yeah, like 20, yeah, about 2015, right before the rebirth. So you end up where this week it dawned on me, and, and this is something me and you get in this like little cell of ours. I like to call the podcast there. Oh. We, we assume that people Hopeful. know a lot. I mean, I'm not saying. That sounds bad. I'm saying, like, they know that Levi is the new swamp thing. Like, we Uh assume that. I hope so. It's a lot of people this week, they found out this week because they weren't reading the Ram V swamp thing. And then all of a sudden, when he shows up in another book, at least they're showing it, but they don't know what it's about. People reacted this week of, oh man, what are they doing? Race swamping swamp thing? I'm like really, like now it's set up. T- what 2019 or whatever called? I I don't know when that swamp thing started in the big, but that's been a bit now, so it, it's crazy. But yeah, I, people had said that I saw some tweets and stuff, but he's been around and he's pretty much the swamp thing now. So it's weird and Khalid. I'm sure some people were just like, "Who's that?" It's weird, but yeah, I I, I I'm with you though. People, it's not the real, it's not the JSA that's going to wow people. And then if you say, but this issue, the Legion of Substitute Heroes shows up, they're like, all right, I'm out. Could yeah. be funny. They're, like, they're almost in. And you say that, they're like, oh, they're still doing bullshit then? All right, I'm out. But 
And again, hopefully the Legion showing up like this, you know, taking on Khalid for whatever is happening in the future is hopefully it's interesting. But right now it just feels like a weird diversion to where we're like currently dealing with that I do have interest in that I don't want to see like spread too thin so I don't get a satisfactory conclusion. Well, they're going to go to the 31st century. Maybe it's his kids that did something wrong. They grew up to be assholes or something? <laughs> yeah, they grew up to be assholes. So in that too, the funny play. At the maker. End, just at the end. <laughs> you son of a bitch. At the what? end of this where you have the Legion of Substitute Heroes. You have Khalid Nassour, the Dr. Fate. And then you also have a, a shout out to the Alan Scott book that everybody hates. It's seen. <laughs> so <laughs> that last page is so wacky. But I, I'm intrigued and I want to see what happens. And it might be one of those cool plays, even though the delays would be weird if this wasn't delayed to then show this Red Lantern months ago to then get. You know what I mean? It may work Synergy, out. This I way. Gotcha. Yeah, it may work out this way a lot better. And maybe we'll get little hints and it'll work out. I don't know how. But it may. But uh, yeah. What but would you imagine if this if this isn't delayed going forward, though, and we end up getting more information about the Red Lantern here than we actually do in the Alan Scott book. You know, that and would just be disappointing overall. all of a sudden we get overall. to the Alan Scott book, and then it'd be like, oh shit, we already know all about. It. You know what I mean? Maybe that is the play. A lot of times with Jeff John's stuff, the delays are usually his, not the art. Art is just it takes. You know, hey, I need more time. It seems like Jeff Johns is always changing shit. So this delay for this issue or next might actually be like, oh, my God, we came up with a cool thing with this Red Lantern. Let me change this. Let me go there. And that's cool if that's the case. To get that synergy, it just sucks with the delays. It, it just really does. Uh, but what would you give this? I think the art in this book is incredible. But the thing with the story is there's a lot of things that are intriguing to me that I look forward to going ahead. But when you start out with the idea of, like, here's some characters that we showed you a little bit in the first issue. And now... It just feels like such a weird character divergence for what we're dealing with to get these people to where they need to be for the future presently. And I don't know if that's the way that I wanted to see this. So I come ahead. That's a future thing that we can deal with right now. We have so much on the table that it just feels like a weird distraction almost. And it's not as interesting. Everything else that's going on, which really brings my score down to a 6.9 out of 10, especially the Legion of Substitute Heroes. And again, hopefully it's cool as we go forward in the series. Mm-hmm. I'm a 6.5. Uh, I'm a 6.5. And, and this section. Really, in my mind, the real thing is that Stargirl, complete jammer. I mean, such a jammer. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have Salem, horrifically ends up destroying Solomon Grundy, which, again, I wish that they went, they should have went to, uh, you know, Salem. I think she knows, but to make sure, like, he will come back. And there is a really good line of, well, you know, you have well, to it is expect a it. It was said that was a great line. That was good. But yeah, it, that was really it good. didn't feel like. It was a light mood in the in the room. <laughs> like they really looked at her well, like, I'm "Oh my god!" You, I, I don't know if I'm just weird for this, but when Solomon Grundy was set on fire out of nowhere and just murdered in front of my eyes, and I know he's an undead like plant monster man, and he will resurrect, but for some reason, it almost came across like holy shit moment for when like John like Kent killed his cat Goldie by mistake. Like it was one of those moments, like holy shit, why? But he is a monster. It is a lovable monster. It is Saturday. She says yeah. it. It's such a but again. Such gallow humor for him. Again, too, just think of this. Horrifically. I mean, there's shit flying around, flies, everything's on fire, skeleton. And this is Stargirl's reaction. Um, that didn't do what you said it would. (laughs) Check, please. (laughs) She Actually, to me, either she's in complete shock or she is trying to spin it. Nah, she's seen some shit. 
She's trying to spin it a little better in my mind. Like she's not like, holy crap! She's Vegas. like, yeah, we see Courtney Whitmore. The speaking of hope in the DC universe, we don't really know behind the scenes how jaded she really is, how much she's over all of this shit. <laughs> oh, it might be. It, it, it just, I actually, you could take it that way. It's like they're now worried more about Courtney. Oh man, like she didn't react. You have Batman who's shrieking off in the hey, whatever, pretty cool. I'm telling you, these lost children. They got it going on. They got the humor. Hey, it's Saturday. I, I seriously. Is, is that going to be a new song instead of Stacy's mom? The Lost Children got it going on. That might be it. I really go. wish of them there. I don't think that, actually Batman would be. I wish that he giggled when she oh said that for some reason when she's like, and she's like, hey, what did you expect? This had to end like this, Huntress. It is Saturday. I wish Batman's like, ha, I get it. <laughs> It'd be funny. It'd be funny. That man starts trying to explain it to Alan Scott. Alan Scott's like, I don't get it. What's going it's on? It's Alan Scott's original villain. Don't don't explain it to Alan. He should laugh then. He should be the laugh. I don't know. I don't like that beard though. That full beard. He needs to get a, a razor on that, right? Uh, it, it is. Well, what we learned it really is a beard. Oh my goodness! But we're what? gonna move. On. <laughs> we're gonna move. On. I said his beard is a real beard. I don't know, Eric. I, I thought that it was. Jay Garrick, The Flash, number two is next. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's written by Jeremy Adams, art by Diego Orlo Twigley. Now uh-huh. I remember I did do these credits, didn't I? We yep. were talking about who did. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did it. Luis Guerrero and Steve Wands. And again, this is where it's what I like. I like to have fun. I like to have a thing. And I've had people, again, I always go with what people tell me because, again, we're kind of in this. You're an asshole. Well, we, well, they do tell me that, and I take it to heart and get upset. I do get upset. At, at one point, a guy on the internet deal or on YouTube, oh, the internet. he called me Mr. Giggles. I'm not, I'm not a, a horror movie icon, Mr. Giggles? Like, what are you That's talking Dr. about? Dr. Giggles. Was Dr. Giggles a dentist? Was, was he yes. a dentist? Okay, that makes sense. I, I didn't really know. I only know the cover, but I didn't know Dr. Giggles. I didn't go to Giggles school. Eric, Played yeah, by the Larry guy, Drake. The guy said, oh. Tell Mr. Giggles, and this was in a comment on somebody else's video, but of course I'm searching and seeing these things. I was so, I'm still angry. I was talking about it yesterday, about how angry I was. This guy called me Mr. Giggles. I just nonstop get so upset on Twitter when I see these things where people talk about their generation. It's always the Gen X is the toughest generation. Everybody else is a bunch of sissies. And I see you, I was so upset by the internet. Damn right. I'm like, seriously, I don't know. Even tough. when they have those those tweets and memes and stuff, it could be tough, but still sensitive, right? When they have when they include my age into that whole thing, I'm like, I don't think I want to be a part of it anymore. Like, no, you, don't be, you don't want to be the part of the generation that gets upset when well, they're everybody's called just Mr. going Giggles. around slapping each other on the back because of when they were born. Go fuck yourself. Oh, I thought you were going to say like you know little ass slaps that sort of thing. No. That's that's really uh, that's the only reason that I like to play sports, Eric. It's accepted to ass slap is what I go with. But it's good we reason. have this book and. I had a bunch of people back to this air. Bunch of people who I I talked to some of these people who really aren't into new characters. They end uh-huh. up not liking the idea of say a Spider Boy. And if you don't know about Spider Boy over at Marvel, it's a character Spider Boy who was forgotten. Eric, all of a sudden like disappeared children? from the timeline. I think Dan Slott might have heard about the one. It's basically a lost child and people losing their mind. This can't be. There was never this and all that. Which is funny, because the Lost Children came out in DC like, this is so great! What a cool way to do things! And we liked it! And, yeah, and that's yeah. what they might have thought. But 
A lot of people didn't even like the lost children because, again, it's like, oh, don't you try to force these characters. There's a weird play where. What's wrong with these characters? Well, a lot of times they are kind of like, again, Naomi. one day later, she's leading the justice. There's a good way That's out of a bad problem. That's what I'm going. So when people say about this Judy and, and the Jay Garrett, they love it because it's fun and because the character isn't really forced on you and you end up just there. And I, I, I wish that and I hope that this continues on. I hope that she doesn't disappear when the sixth issue ends up or maybe we don't get a JSA because I really like her, though. We do have a lot of speedsters, Eric, so that would be tough. That's fine, honestly. I don't mind. How many Green Lanterns do we have? I know, Come that, on, that's the thing, though. That's one thing I'll give you credit. You never do complain that there's too many characters. You just want more and more and more. You're a greedy bastard. So when you open this issue and you start off, I'm like, oh, shit, this is more JSA awesomeness at the beginning than we've got in that JSA book. Well, it, that's it the looks thing great. is about this book, when you have the, what I'm calling the trilogy of the new golden age with, you know, Wesley Dodd, Sandman, Alan Scott, Green Lantern, and Jay Garrick, The Flash, this one gets to shine more than the others in my mind because it gets to walk the line between present and past stories. So it gets to do both. It has the, the best of both worlds and what it's doing, and both of them matter where every other one says, yeah, this is a uh, hidden age, golden age story. I'm like, which is fine, but... You, like, this gets to walk both worlds. It's a daywalker. It's a blade. It's oh, a vampire it's a killer. Blade. It's badass is what it is. It is. It's great. And it looks great. And when you go back and, again, like you said about even Khalid being Dr. Fig, now we get to go back and see Kent. You get to Kent, see all yeah. the classic characters. In the- and not only that, because when you start out and you have the JSA trying to take over a complex, which you'll find out is a newly inaugurated ISA headquarters, while other characters like the Spectre, who you never get to see a part of the JSA, or pretty much at all anymore, trying to find the Spear of Destiny with Jay Garrick, Mike. Well, this is really cool. You're splitting the team up, and when Jay Garrick is called in, he saves the day immediately because he is awesome. I'm just the amount of characters that you get to see here that you don't normally get to see really just elevates his book for me because it's a spectacle almost. It's it's an, it almost feels like it's an anniversary special for the amount of spectacle they want to put into this. Yeah, and when you get this beginning, and I, I know that you, you had to so like their talk man. I mean, he's only in a couple panels, but he's there and he's doing he's things that I do, and I do think their support. That whether or not, and I, I really actually, you don't have much, or is Sandman even there? I, did, I didn't I don't think see so. him there. I wish that he was just because of how, what we're doing. But even that, when you have Alan there and he's on the team and he's, look, he's doing his thing, robots. right? What's Sandman going to do? I don't know. I make him go to sleep. <laughs> he just, I don't know. He plays the violin. I don't know what he does. But when you end up having this play where we, we've only had an old Jay Garrick for quite some time. I like Jay, but he's an old man. You know what I mean? I ain't getting behind that. So you end up where when he shows up and he's young, Jay Garrick, and with, you know, the talk that they're doing, you know, oh, by golly, I'm going to head there. It was, it was really cool. You get to see some really great things while they're fighting Robert. Robert. Robert, I will tell you, is the worst part of this book because you had this thing and it already has what feels like a pseudo-cartoony style. It's not completely over-the-top cartoony, but it feels a little bit in that vein. And when you have a character who shows up in this really dire World War II-era situation called Robert, who's the crux villain of your issue, it makes it come off goofier than it should, in my mind. I think that the play, because then you're going to... Oh, if you don't know, if you didn't read this, he's a robot bear monster. Yeah, he's a robot bear, Robert. talks. Hey, Robert. (laughs) But... The colors pop. I was just like when the specter's there and he's doing his research. And, and Jay, because you really do play through this issue in the past and the present, 
You really play that really well. Jeremy Adams does the time, you know, of the deal of Jay is antsy, you know, like any speedster would, would be to sit there and wait or whatever. That's not his thing. So he's there. Oh, come on. You find the specters like, leave me alone, asshole. And then he gets called. He's all excited to go. I think you're right. It's cartoony. But because we're going to wrap it around to tie in the stuff with Judy, you can't get too crazy. And it does feel golden and more silver age, actually, than golden age. But still, you don't want to get too big and dark or whatever because it's going to then wrap to Judy. But I like the play where you get this of the time where, oh, my JSA. And like I said, the vernacular and how, you know, they're crazy exclamations. To then go to really push the point of, oh, Judy is of that time. Because when she's there going around with Stargirl, she's like, that's how she talks. At the mall, she talks like a 1930s newsie, which I like. Am I just out of touch with the idea that malls are out of touch? Because I feel like malls aren't something that people still go to to the degree where teenage girls are like, this is the hangout spot. we got to go to the food court. Like, if this came out 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, it felt it would feel real. It would feel like when I grew up, but for her now, it doesn't feel right anymore. Maybe, maybe there are malls in some place. Like, maybe Blue Valley's all the rage the mall. I don't know. I, I like the idea, though. Is, it's a weird. I, I try to explain the deal. But I already said when we read the first issue, I thought that it felt like a, a Stargirl book in right. that first issue. So when we get Stargirl here and they go to them, I think he's trying to push that Stargirl feel. She would, like you said, it'd be funny. Hey, you want to go to the mall? Yeah. What's that? It's this. And there's nobody there. It's just yeah, run down. I, I, honestly, it's what I have expected. There's like somebody selling like stupid shit in a kiosk and maybe get an Annie Ann's pretzel and get the fuck out of there. But I, I like the idea that it, it does feel like you're playing with the idea of a book where the girl in that tiny, wimey type of deal. But then when you get it's the mall, it feels like, you know, 2001, maybe 1998, whatever the frame may be. But it feels like it's back to where. The JSA, but it's it's a weird play, especially if you're going malls. But I, I kind of thought it was fun. Everybody's happy in the mall. No, the thing is, it's fun because I have a lot of great experience, a lot of great memories in the mall. I just can't say if this is what's currently going on or the fact that as a bitter old man who hates to have fun now, I wouldn't find myself dead in a mall anymore. But this is the experience I remember having with my friends at a mall, having a great time and hanging out at the food court. It just feels antiquated now. Here's the weird play. And I know that there's parts of, well, timelines and what's going on here or there, or whatever. But we have Stargirl. We do have, at the beginning, Hidden Base, Waltall Canyon, uh, Germany, 1941. So we have a, a specific deal. Okay, then when we get to the current deal, it just says Keystone City later. Doesn't mm-hmm. it? We- I know you're not going to tell, but it, you know, maybe we're playing a weird deal of, you know, this might, I don't know how you play it a little bit ago. Well, could, could maybe it is. More. Is teaming up with Emiko Queen, the Red Arrow. This is current day, present day. Yeah, but maybe you have this. I, I don't know how they'll play it because it is one of these golden age. Like you said, it's the only book that's going to give you a bit of the, the, the present in these yeah. three that are going. So it's odd. But I do like where you have, you know, it's natural. Jay says, listen, I mean, more of a grandfather now for how old they are. And it's like, oh, God, this sucks. It's an old dad. How dare you? Yeah, it's like, this sucks. I we lost her. I'm starting to remember things being around her. Uh, but it, all it does is make me realize, like, we have to protect her, and you would be overprotected. I mean, this is well, the yeah. idea. It's a little dark, but if, if your kid got kidnapped and then gets saved, you're going to not want them to leave the house ever again. You're never it's going really gonna, out ever again. It's, it's really going to take Dad. a lot of effort. And then they're like, who are you talking to? 
I was talking to a ghost, Eric. But yeah, I don't know why I'm laughing at that. That's pretty dark. But you know what I'm saying, though? It's that play. I don't want to lose her again. Oh, my God. And I love where. Because even the idea of overprotective helicopter parents, like you said, this this comes from like the golden age kind of era of parenting as well. And you would give your kids more freedom because even the idea where Joan says, like, you know, it's a different time now than it was then. And she is to a degree, because I still like to think there was terrible things that were going well, on there, which was. just wasn't just popular. Like, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't like mass marketed like it was in the 80s. But the 70s was the Wild West as far as I'm concerned. But all the bad shit that happened to people and kids and everything it was always going on because people are always going to be scumbags. You just found out about it in the 80s, it felt like. And this, but they've lived through all these eras and decades. They really, they think to themselves, though, the good old days of the 1940s and 50s and stuff, which they'd be used to because they lived through it. This is how they think. But they've also seen how the world has changed through everything they've been shown through the decades to realize, oh, my God, the world is a scarier place now because they're more aware. Yeah, it is more. And I, I do agree. But what they should have is the idea, yes, that it's terrible. But you know what? She's also a speedster called the boom who's That's been a sidekick to mine for says. years. Joan says she, she can handle herself because, yeah, exactly. she can. Yeah. And so she has to say, listen, she's pretty tough. She can. She, she has power. She can have, Plus, hanging out with. Stargirl, this isn't hanging out with me and you in the mall. But Jay having the freaking the 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 yips here, not even the yips, the like this this the shakes where he's so impatient and so anxious about letting her go where and time is standing still for him because you know Jones just doing Jones stuff while he's just sitting at the table tapping his finger, tapping his leg because he's so anxious about letting you know uh Judy out. He's like and she says, Fine, just go take a peek and like and I'm like, that's a great line right there and a great panel. He's the ninety year old Bart. That's what he, I mean, he's so like he's there tapping, like you said, looking at the deal. And some people actually even asked me recently about the idea of like, how old is Jay? But there is that play that they said because of the speed well, force, he doesn't age as much. But and also, Joan well, doesn't even the thing, because she's they, near him. It's a weird. Play. Well, no, yeah, they they set that up, Jeff Johns in uh, the Flash Rebirth, and for all, for all the things they did wrong in that book, because you know bringing Barry back is still what feels like a mistake. And even oh, even though geez. I like to talk about and explore it with the negative speed force. It just gets really, it makes the speed force wonkier, but it's just like, all right, everybody, the speed force, what else can it do? Well, it makes you young and people around you young longer than they should be. Here you go. And I'm like, and which is, which is worse because I just like the idea magic kept them young. It's the same thing, but for some reason it works better in my mind. I was thinking about it because as you're going through this and I was thinking like, it's funny because he is like a, a 12 year old. But he's so because he's so he's got the yips. You said he's worried. He's you know, and, and time's going so slow in his mind for him. And so you have that play. And I thought, oh man, he is like okay, he's about ninety some. Makes sense. This whole thing with the speed force. And I'm like, I don't know if I like that. Then I thought, you know what? I do like that because I'd rather have that than say a Lois Lane get kryptonite poisoning and die, or uh, you know, yeah, Mary Jane die because of you know radioactive sperm. I I'd rather have the fun yeah, of them that being either. able to live longer so i'll go with it but i do like where they go off to the mall and she does have that you know fish out of water deal what is the mall and then let's go to the fort you have a court of food and it is funny that you have jeremy adams and i'll give him a props even though it doesn't quite get it but it looks like she has a cinnabon and orange julius then you go oh, with yeah. the pizza the she's got it's all the staples it's all the classics it really is she should have had an annie pretzel and i would have been like, but all I'm thinking crazy. about now is that you are spending your freaking parents' retirement fund I right know. now. They don't give enough, like, <laughs> Social Security check to Social Security check. They can't afford this, Judy. Exactly. Plus, I don't know that the, all with all these preservatives nowadays, Eric, and the foods. But she ends up That's fine. 
And then she belches. And again, this book is fun. And she belches. And it's like everybody looks, oh, my God. And then they start laughing, which is crazy. And in my mind, they would. But if it was a guy, me and you, we'd have to fart. Then we would laugh. That'd be funny. But I'd say, why no, did you I'd do that, there? Because I did that. <laughs> I'd point to you. But you do see where Jay's there. Jay's there with the stupid helmet. Like, what are people thinking when they're walking by? But he's watching. They're thinking, wow. The Golden Age flashes here at our mall. That would be cool. It gets. It would have been funny. You're going to have Robert show up. But even if For you some reason, you could have had some people walking by Judy and, and Courtney and saying, oh, my God, did you see this? The Golden Age flashes here. It might have been a funny play where she finds out, but Dad. they get attacked. Yeah, they get attacked by Robert. And like I said, it's a good little way to show from the beginning, oh, my God. Time is starting to reset and things are not just being remembered. Like Jay said, Joan, I'm remembering some things now and it makes me upset that we forgot all this stuff. Remember that. But I don't understand the idea of Robert where they're fighting Robert in the ISA headquarters back in 1941 looking for the Spear of Destiny to where, you know, Flash comes in and saves the day to the point where Robert here is like present day out of nowhere and is looking for Judy Garrick and says, yeah, we'll see you and your daughter soon before a green small brick appears over his head goes snap and then he's gone i'm like i don't know what any of that just meant i have no idea remember what was it where uh, grant morrison had that deal with that magic brick well that was steve orlando did that too yeah he did that as well and now i'm thinking actually i was combining them with the golden gun too at the yeah. end of the uh batman incorporated deal and kathy kane uh that was very wacky uh but again he gets teleported out it, that brick I'm just going to say it might be some sort of elemental thing because of Dr. Elemental is the big bad. Yeah. I do like, though, it's like we don't know yet. We'll see if it makes sense. It says everything that was old is new again. And I kind of get this play of almost like shoving it into Jay's face, maybe, of like, look, you done messed up. Like, she's back. You're remembering things and we're back. And here's what you fought before and go. I don't know exactly what you'll do with it or how it'll be explained. I also don't like that they steal bats to fight them. I, I still think that's stealing. Eric. They go in that sporting what are you talking goods, about? Right? They're protecting people and they're protecting the rest of the store from being destroyed with the baseball bats. Do you know what the clerk should say? Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. What, we, what we see, this is the beginning of the end for the malls here, Eric, is they're, they're just getting ripped apart by Robert's all over the this place. This is the final nail in the this coffin. What do you mean the beginning of the end? It's done now. They're like, oh my God, where are we going to have a Spencer's Gifts, Eric? But the mall. That, that's all, they haven't gone to Spencer's Gifts in 20 years. Oh my goodness gracious. Hot topics. You got the Sabaro. You got it all. I do, I, you know what would piss me off about the Sabaro in our mall that we. It wasn't in the food court. It was like down the line. It would always piss me off. I don't know why. Yeah, I never went there. It, yeah, because why would you? And also, you'd have to like stand and see that. Like standing. Look, the thing yeah, is, you I had go had to three the mall things. to sit there. You had three things that I went to in the food court the McDonald's, the Chick fil A, mm-hmm. and the yeah. Chinese restaurant that was, uh, yep. I think, it was called Walk and Roll. And yeah. it was, yep. those were the three places I went, and that was it. I find something I like, I rarely change. Yeah, I'm with you, but I would get a Cinnabon occasionally, and I did like Annie Ann's pretzel. Yeah, I get that occasionally, but that was a kiosk. Then there was a, a weird play. They also, at one point, had a Friendly's downstairs, but then they had a Friendly's across the street, and sometimes we'd go there afterwards, too. We liked them all. We, I say. It was just me and Brad. I didn't have many friends. And if I went with my dad and he was paying, we'd go to Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah, I actually only ate at Ruby Tuesdays once, and I felt very great. special. Yeah I, yeah, I remember that, and 
Sometimes, Erica, but it was a really special occasion on the way to the mall. We stop at Bennigan. I used to get, I used to get this. Some Benigan's I get it. it was a turkey Swiss uh, sandwich on a pretzel roll. It was really good. Now I think about Fancy. it. I think of it being like the greatest thing I've ever eaten. It probably wasn't that great, but it, it seems like it's great. Then they they got like the Outback, and plus, I do want to mention where our mall is is where you used to go occasionally, maybe on a certain anniversary. With your lady Jessica, the Red Lobsters right there, too. We're fancy with our Red Lobster lunches. There's, like, that one area. It's, like, all these pseudo-fancy places. Like, fancy places to a poor Olive kid. Garden's down there, too. I, yeah, it is. I When I would go to the mall, like, as a real little kid, if my dad, we'd go by, and I would see things like a Red Lobster, even, like, a, ooh, a ground round. I oh, that was that, further down. That was a treat. I, I would still think. That that was like you have to be a Rockefeller. Like I really no, did. Where, where are they parking them rickshaws? Because these people are. Rich I only as hell. went with my rich grandparents. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, oh my, we're eating at the ground round. We're rich, bitch. I go, like, oh my god. And the, me thinking I'm rich is like, oh, I better get that napkin and put it in my shirt. Such an idiot. <laughs> I, I, I remember too. My dad's like, you can have whatever you want on the menu, and it, all it was was just hamburger meat. Like <laughs> I thought it was steak. I, I thought it was great. Didn't they have the ice cream that came in the freaking baseball helmet? Like, you know, little dishes at, at the yep. ground? And I collected those as much as I could. I yeah. thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, those are cool. I remember when, when we would go and I'd have a bunch. And I was getting like, I seriously, and I'm a baseball fan and really like it. I remember at one point I got a Seattle Mariners helmet. And I did. I was convinced they were not a real team. Like, this ain't no real team. What are you doing with this? I thought like it was some stars. nonsense. Yeah. So the whole play of that, though, is I really thought that I was rich doing that. And then later I would go back to those play and they sucked. <laughs> sucked when I was later. I, like, I had fun. And and you say about having. I never went back. I kept the memory pure. We would go into friendlies. A lot of times we'd eat at friendlies before or after we go to the mall. And I would always get that Reese's Pieces Sunday. I would never change. I mean, I was we there. Probably like 600 times, 600 times I got that. Never anything else. I love it. Ah, yes. <laughs> I think I've been in a friendlies once in the last 30 years. Yeah, I haven't. And then there's one in town. Is it still here? Did that? No, no. That, that's the Wingstop. Or okay. like uh, Buffalo Wild go. Wings, I mean. Probably for like and 12 been, years It's been now. there for like 15 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never went. So there you go. You get a brick, elemental. Oh, my goodness, there. Robear. And then the end is, Dad, what is going on? And yeah, they're trying it's to figure quick it out. Read, so, but it's enjoyable when the idea is like you, you get to see the JSA in action against the ISA headquarters before it seems like they even know the ISA is a thing, which is very, you know, cool in my mind to see that. Robert is a bit of a cartoony oddball in the whole thing. I can take him or leave him, mostly leave him, I feel like. But when you get to the present day stuff, which I truly care about because I want to know what's going on with the, like Judy Garrett, the boom, and everything that's still like, you know, coming against her for the fact that she was a lost child taken out of time to the point where she's back now. What are people like behind the scenes going to do about that? How does it affect the current timeline? All of these things are cool. And it's just these weird little things like, I don't know, like the idea of Robert and for some reason... The mall setting in the present day felt off to me, but the stuff is still cool. I just wish by the end that I understood more of what was going on. Like something would feel like I understood the book better for what, even though it's only two issues, what the main goal is right now and like the main premise. I will tell you the main goal in my mind of of the characters, Eric. Let let me let me wax poetic and and look into the future as I do. We already got Jay is very protective. Oh my god, I don't want to lose her again. 
this issue starts to be what is going to be the theme for this. And I think that it will be the idea that Judy is afraid that she brought this shit on everybody. The idea. Well, she didn't do this. Stargirl did. (laughs) She is a little girl of, and I'm saying the idea of, oh my God, I was so happy you remembered me. But now this shit, would it have not happened if you didn't, if you didn't remember me? And I think that that's a really cool play with a girl who, is a fish out of water is somebody even the idea that you know jay is ancient now and but still they you know but different everything's different she's trying to adjust and i think you're going to play that of man if i didn't come back these things wouldn't happen i wish that i didn't i hope that it doesn't get like so dark like joan dies eric like gets her throat and then the, the villains dancing in her blood stuff like that I hope that doesn't, but I think that somebody Jesus. might. I Stop think saying that, it. You're going to freaking manifest I, I this. Either, I think that either Jay or Jay, I think Jay might get hurt. I think that he might not die and he'll obviously recover, but I think something's going to happen that's really going to make her think like, I wish I didn't come back because these are the people I love and I love that they remember me, but maybe they were better off without me. When you say obviously he's not going to die, I, I feel like the Golden Age heroes, oh, for the most part, they're on borrowed time right well, now. Well, they might be. So even if he did, but I think that by the end, it, it's going to be a play where it's going to, uh, we'll talk about it in the next section of books. Hawkgirl kind of plays that, but in a weirder way. I think that this is where having Judy back you're going to feel for her, like, oh, my God. And then you're going to realize, no, everybody loves her. And this is great. And we go forward. Or you could, if, if it ends up where Jeremy Adams, oh, we're not going to do the same. Maybe she just disappears back into the ether and goes back into the timeline or whatnot. We'll have to see. But I do like It's just this. weird. I'm thinking about, it, like, you know, out of the big three, which you would have, like, Jay Garrick, Alan Scott, and Ted, like, uh, Grant Wildcat. I think Alan Scott for right now is pretty safe, but for some reason, my mind, Jay Garrick and Ted uh, Grant, <laughs> they could be on the way out anytime because, like, you know, you have Ted, – Ted's not doing anything, okay? Wildcat has uh, – there's a new Wildcat out in the bath, so that's fine. You can always replace Ted because he's not even doing anything right now. And, like, with introducing Judy Garrick the Boom and what it would mean to her character if she did lost her, lose her parents after, you know, they finally found her, that is heart-wrenching and dramatic and would be great storytelling, plus – with the amount of speeches that we already have, Jay and Joan getting out of there might be something that could happen down the line that I can see as a possibility. But now, Scott, I think he's safe right now. There's too much to explore with that character. Yeah, the thing is, if you end up where, oh my god, you say to a random reader, uh, Ted Grant's dead, they're like, who? The guy from the Mary Teller Marshall? No, that was Lou Grant. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, if he nobody died, if he died, nobody would really say anything. Because he doesn't, he, he doesn't do anything, but yeah. I don't know. I, I hope that like even at the one point there was supposed play. to be a story where Alan went off with his daughter Jade and Obsidian to try to find the JSA, especially Wildcat because he's missing. I only never dealt with that, and he's still missing as far as I'm concerned. I like that you said his daughter Jade and Obsidian. <laughs> oh, did I say that? <laughs> Just because you wanted his his children Jade and Obsidian. I got you. Yeah, yeah. But well, that's the thing is, I think when I went in, I didn't remember if Obsidian was going with that's her or not. I, I, I can totally tell you added Jade. Obsidian at the last <laughs> second. Uh, but what score you give this? Ultimately, I'm going to give this a 6.8 out of 10. I'm still having fun, but like the last book of the JSA, there's things in here that kind of throw me out of it. Robert being kind of a cartoonish, silly kind of deal, and me not understanding his part in all of this, especially when I want to find out even how Dr. Element is involved in all this, and he's kind of put to the side eyes. And then you invoke, like, you know, you bring out the ISA as well. I, I want to know, are they a part of this as well? But there's so much going on that I feel like I don't understand enough right now to fully enjoy this one. But there's a lot to enjoy in this for the character moments themselves. That's what I like about Jeremy Adams. Uh, you know, he is, we've had some stories, you know, when we first started that we have. run. 
and we ended up we had Eric. I mean, the stories we could <laughs> Who's tell. Done it all. The, the deal with the this, the glaive, and we weren't yeah. really into it. But a lot of people, and we said it even then when we were having that Wally West flashbook. You had the kids, so even when the the adult stuff was the we still have the kids. There's he Agreed. does have a knack for at least giving you something to enjoy in almost every issue, even if you don't like some of the other stuff or you're confused. So he does, I think that that's the play. We don't see this that often anymore where he he does set up a mystery. Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see that. And I think that he realizes, well, people don't really love to keep going along with the mystery and not getting anything solved. So you get the character work, which is great. You get to see, you know, Judy having fun at the mall. And that's that's almost enough for me. If this was just a book where you could just ease back and say, you don't need to do big things. We're just going to have a book because Judy needs to acclimate herself to the current time. She's hanging out with Courtney. They're just, I could have a lot of, like we said, even we said that about Jay and Ivy in the Flash. Right. So he's really good at that. And so when you get this, I think that one of the things that might throw you off there, it, it's kind of fun. And ah. you don't like that, Eric. <laughs> that, that's, that is your Achilles heel that's your kryptonite. <laughs> fun. But I understand, like you said, I don't, the ISA stuff, again, that's a little bit, you know, might be over my pay grade. I'm a dummy. So I'm sitting, I'll learn that later. What I'm really here for is is Judy and the fun. And I love Stargirl, and she's getting this weird push in these sort of books here that I really like, that I didn't expect at this point of, of what we've been reading. So I really do like that. So I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.5. I'm a little, you know, a little bit high. I thought the art was great. I had a lot of fun. It was all I, right. I'm a little worried. Uh, that beginning art I really, really like. The stuff with the uh you know, back in the day JSA, but I don't I know, for some reason I feel like I like the present day stuff more, which is weird. I, I actually like it all, Eric. I, I just yeah. it it reminds me of maybe like the Young Justice book, you know, back in the day. It has that you know, kind of cool feel. I, maybe it's just too fun for you. I don't know. Maybe. But I do I do like it. It's not perfect. There's a lot of problems. For, like, I liked the Young Justice back in the day, but even the earlier issues of that had some problems in my mind. Yeah. It's, well, you'll always find them uh, just like me. Find them. I'm dating Two one. peas <laughs> and a peanut. <laughs> you are, yeah, that's sad that you just say date. I mean, seriously. I what, married what am I supposed my, to do? I married my problem, Eric. You, you should do that yourself. <laughs> I had five kids to add more problems. Just to tell you, Eric. I'm the clown maker. This is what oh, we know. Is. Oh, my goodness. But that is the end of that section on the books this week. But we're going to go off now to finish it all up with three books. Not a tight theme section no. as these last two, but not still. Not as tight. It's not as little tight. Little odds and ends. A little bit. But we'll get to it, including a book that you're, you're going to have to keep convincing me to like. I do like it, but I need your guidance there. And we'll get to that in a minute. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shake. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just every shake. Since you do get your hair all gussied, are, are you a groomer then? You kind of are. Gussied. When you're, you're gussied. I get it gussied. Up. You're gussying up your hair. Speaking of things that are gussied up, I did get a bunch of messages from people that were really appreciative of you of shedding a light on oh. this Green Lantern Word Journal book. And I, I I'll it. tell you, 
maybe I sent one of those to myself there because I was <laughs> struggling. I, I really was. And I'll admit, maybe it's because I'm dumb, but it's also because I could barely pay attention to those backups that led into this in that Green Lantern book. Well, and I is, don't think they did any favors to anybody, right? Well, it was a problem, though, because that's the, that's the way I felt about those backups leading into the series, where it felt so out of place because, you know, here's like a, a story that's taking place that seemed like a continuation of John Stewart's dream state from Dark Crisis. It didn't make any sense. But when you go back and you think about it, where it is in the actual, like, you know, the Green Lantern War Journal timeline, you just go with the idea, like, all possibilities are possible in a multiverse. And in this one multiversal world... John Stewart's dream state was currently going on as well, concurrently with whatever he was dealing with there. And you just have to go with that and run with that. And as long as you can get on board with that, it works out fine. And I think that one of my other problems, again, besides being a dummy, is that, and you know this, I'm not a huge Green Lantern fan. Uh, and then you kind of go down even, I'm not the biggest John Stewart fan. I like him enough, not but he's not shower. my favorite Green Lantern. I'm not a big fan of what they call hygiene, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Or, or like, I don't know, a big fan of emotional, you know, feeling wiping. Why <laughs> <laughs> do I air quoted for this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sitting there and I'm legitimately air quoting, but the weird play is I'm not even doing my two front it was a weird it was a weird you're doing deal. Your I don't two know back why. fingers? What are you no, doing? It's like a weird deal. It was like a thing and now you're I'm trying to do it again. It was almost like I was putting up devil horns and doing it go. somehow. Like pretty cool. Pretty cool way to, to put shoot up some my webs pants, out there. Right? Damn right I was. But again, so when we ended up doing it and actually dealing with it without you, it was a struggle because a lot of this was going over my head. You can make the short joke now, Eric. But even so, when you're (laughs) not as into it, the idea of, okay, I'm going to go back and read that. This and You're not going to do that. So a lot of people, unfortunately, or fortunately for them, they just drop it. I have to keep going with it. But you're here. Help me, but that's what makes me worried. I saw what little sales numbers we can get, and they're not great. They they really aren't. It's not in the it's top one hundred to of this. the ranking, and it is. And you're also, I mean, with the stuff that even I said, like I can't wrap my head around. It, but we're also dealing with Jeffrey Thorne stuff. We're still dealing mosaic. Like all this stuff is each step is you know kind of kicking. It's there in the background, but it's silent about it, like the idea that you're going to leave people behind with the concepts that you're using because you're not going to talk about the, the, the things that came beforehand with Mosaic or Jeffrey Thorne's Green Lantern. I think it's sitting in the shadows waiting to punch me right in the face at like, some point. But why would you're you, right. Why would your crux to the series that you want to talk about, but still not ex- ex- uh, like express it all in the actual series, be like the Dark Crisis Dream World stuff that Jon Stewart experienced? Like That is a weird place to go and still not talk about. Even then, you can hope that that was an event so maybe they but now i'm starting to find a lot of people didn't deal with that and so with you have stuff like say a jeremy adams on the green lantern the hal jordan book where a lot of people at the beginning were like oh man this is basic bitch like we know this oh it's digressing a bit but in the meantime a lot of people were able to jump on and i think that's paying off this is a hard sell and with that i i just hope that whatever story philip kenny johnson wants to tell and is trying to tell that he's going to be able to have the time to do it because if people don't know, DC keeps fucking him and everything he does, action comics, yeah. he ends up off it now. He never seems to get that play. He's doing War World. They decide, well, we need Superman back on Earth. That kind of seemed like a good. Not only that, Grant Morrison did the Superman in Authority, so incorporate that, that somehow. That gets in there. Yeah, exactly. So you end up having this. That's things, the 11th but- hour. <laughs> yeah, really. And so with this whole play, he does like to take his time. 
and a bunch of this all this leads to me saying this issue i think that and i said to you before maybe we're getting the let's dumb it down for jimmy boy over here let's go with some emotional character things almost like you said with the jay garrick thing with judy and jay and try to get people more invested i'm i'm saying though right now it feels weird to say it but it might be too late after three issues that people have but i hope not i hope that people give this a chance because once you were able to get me to wrap my head around and then going into this, I, I may not love this issue, you know, comparatively, but I think that it might end up being a cool series that I like. But you give us the credits and we'll jump into it. Green Lantern War Journal number three, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Montos, Adriana Lucas, and Dave Sharp. And in this whole thing, if you remember from the previous issue, we had one of the new Green Lanterns was infected by the Radiant Queen from another universe who had come here looking to kill Jon Stewart because she wasn't able to kill Jon Stewart in her universe. So she's just like, you know, let me find some bitch-ass Jon Stewart to kill and make myself feel better about myself. And in the process of that, this this multiversal creation who seems to have like 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 uh, Green Lantern powers, but a different spectrum, a different way the power works, a ring along those lines is infecting people with the Radiant Dead energy that she gives off. She infected this, this Green Lantern, Varos, who is now a big threat to Jon Stewart, and in the previous issue, infected Jon Stewart with this radiant dead energy, which will make him zombie-like like Varos, so now it's slowly going through him. And in this issue, it's like, all right, you know, we have him infected, it's time for Jon Stewart to fight. The big problem is, the more he uses his power, which is the inner power of the, like, the, the mortal guardian power, the new, new god power that he got from the god storm previously, like, instead of a ring, I'm just trying to say instead of a ring, the power that he uses, because people associate, you know, it's Green Lantern book, John Stewart. So if you haven't been following along, he has the power within him all along. That's what we're playing right now. The more he uses that power, the more the infection is going to spread to turn him into one of the radiant dead. And as they point out in this is- this issue, it looks like he's becoming a pseudo construct. So that almost feels like, you know, the way that the radiant queen is working, it feels like what Laura Fleas does with his core of the orange lantern core, where if you kill somebody, you just make a construct of them and they're a part of the core now. So if I wish the those art lines. played that better. I, I didn't get that from the art. It Neither actually, he you know what like I mean? He had octopus suckers on oh, his yeah. arm. That's about and, it. And that's the, the play, even when you have, you know, the other lantern that comes that down and rotting. he's already there and he's rotting and, and you're getting this play of even that guy. I'm like, I didn't get like, oh, man, he looks like a concert. No, 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 just looks like a zombie. So, no, so I, I thought that that was a play. Even when Varos and him are fighting atop the train, and he's then saved by this other multiversal lantern called Lantern Shepherd, who has traveled to this universe to try to get this John Stewart and save their day before, like, you know, he did in his universe. You know, John's already infected, but Shepard saves the day. They end up going to Steelworks to help John out. But when John is, you know, knocked out during this time, he's having visions. And in that, you see this weird radiant dead construct, like octopus, octopus tentacles coming down out of the sky, tearing apart the, the world. So, like, is that the, the key that we're supposed to get? Because obviously, this is the, the infection spreading within him. His subconscious is telling him this. But is this what we're supposed to see the representation of with the idea of him becoming a construct? It's just a weird deal because he actually, I think that he actually says that Varon was kind of like a con- I thought him and he was like a contra, but he wasn't. He just looked like he's a, a zombie. He's like a zombie, yeah. Well, and when you look at points, you do have a, like, the color popping, off, but it didn't feel like, that felt more like the power was, like, glowing or burning on him the contra. But I, I, I didn't mind, but I just want to point out, I went through this issue, and it's, here's, here, people might laugh at this idea. I get done, and I go, you know what? I didn't hate that art like I used to. And I ended up realizing, like, I didn't love it, but I actually didn't mind it. And I don't like Montos's art. I didn't like right. the art in this book was one of the things. But at the end, almost like I have to stop myself, like, wait a minute, Jimmy boy, you're a hater. 
you didn't like this, but I actually was like, I didn't mind it, but I did. I, I did end up, yeah, and I did end up though at the one point, it, like he didn't construct. I went back. I'm like, it looked like a zombie. Uh-huh. The one play I sat that back I said, okay, if you say so. Yeah, the one thing about this, I think that this book benefits a bit with a little more of the green construct. It's hard to get that, especially with this radiant deal going on. Which actually, in this, I'm like, is this going to be that? That you know that universe is a ultraviolet spectrum that then get it does look like that, know. Eric. But uh, and also people were talking about who the Radiant Queen might be. The idea that you know she's got a real hard on for you, child. Like the idea, and people and I even said at the beginning that it might be like Cat Matui. Uh, we'll find out. Fatality. That's kind of a neat. It's kind of a neat play. It's one of those two, I, I would say, but. You have the Radiant Queen, and there's even the idea where you, we have this thing that we don't fully understand from John's dream world that just so happened to be an actual universe in the multiverse, where John Stewart being in that universe pretty much the last guardian. He has given up doing things because he's, he's given power to the rest of the court of the effect, but the Radiant Dead have sent their big baby prince down to try to destroy everything, kill John, and John kills big baby Radiant Dead, and the Queen Radiant Dead, she's all like, you don't kill my baby, I'm going to kill you, John. So he said, not on my watch, and then it took her out before he could completely take it's like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go to another universe and take that asshole John Stewart out. Like, oh, and then, you know, Lantern Shepard has to follow along because, you know, we have to stop the universe from being killed or multiple universes being killed by the Ready and Dead because John Stewart didn't finish his job. But with that, it's like Shepard is now letting John Stewart know stuff that we know if we've read the backups or the uh, or the Dark Crisis tie into Green Lantern or if we've like just been following close to what's going on currently in the series where then it's like. Shepard's letting him know, and it's going to take him to the moment in between moments of using the ring and the emotional spectrum of the you know will, where we have the dead spirit of the Kyle Rayner of that universe, who's going to continue to explain things to John. And essentially, though, I say continue to explain, not really, because what he's saying is, hey, you done quit the Green Lantern Corps, and that's not cool, because our John Stewart would never do this, so we got to get you more like our John Stewart so you can save the world, because you're the only guy that can do it. So get on board now. It, but it does feel like there's a little bit of like recap, and so, and this is where I thought by the end, like you said, it it's not necessarily that, but you're kind of I think that this issue you might even have Philip Kennedy Johnson like he he would go on Twitter and say, listen, everybody, I my book might have been confusing as shit to a lot of people. Check this one out. I'll explain a couple things quickly. I'll get like it almost feels like the recap is trying to convince me that I did. No, what was going on before? You know what I mean? Because it is very dumbed down. But I didn't mind that. I actually thought, okay, because now I realize through all that jumble, and some people are going to be, you know, what is he talking about? I, I understand. I didn't. I'll admit it. Like we, we admit when we're dummies, and I, I felt oh, yeah. like a dummy. So when you get to this, I actually felt like this was that issue of, okay, I kind of know what happened before, but I know enough now. I realize I know enough. Now we go forward, and I fully understand because it is basic. I mean, but this is almost like the play of what people might have said at the beginning of that Jeremy Adams Green Lantern, the Hal book. Oh, it's so bad. I kind of need basic in here because there are some wacky concepts, but it's able to go. And the idea of a John Stewart who would, you know, want to save everybody. But Obviously. if he does, you even have in this earlier, he almost has to make a decision on do I save the the many or the few and the few is his mom and that comes in again and he one. even has that promise. I told her I wouldn't See, even. The, 
She's got it's dementia. A weird situation. And I think that he's afraid that if he leaves and comes back, she's not going to know who he is then because she's losing it and he doesn't want to miss out on that. And that's, or she might die big. in the interim because she was also hurt during the attack on the train that you know Varen caused. But when you have this going on, I never had until this issue the idea that John Stewart quit the Green. Maybe and maybe I missed it. It's a possibility always, but. Never had the idea that John Stewart quit the Green Lantern Corps to like be with his mother. That's why he gave. Him, I got the idea that the United Federation of Planets came in, tried to change things, and he's like, "Look, I don't have, want any parts of this. I'm leaving now." And he, he had the power in him all along, so it didn't it matter. It might have been Column A and Column B, but, uh, but now know. in this whole pursuit of like, I pr- made a promise that I'd quit. It's all about the mother. But even with that, I, I had a weird like time trying to work this through because John Stewart being John Stewart, like, you know, the idea of stepping back and quitting because, you know, as Kyle Rayner of the mind wants to tell him, you know, there's no Superman, there's no Wonder Woman that'll step up to take care of this problem because it has to be you. I never got the idea that John Stewart would just be like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to fight this fight. Somebody else is going to do it because I made a promise to my mom. Like, the promise to a secondary, like, I'm going to do this to protect the people that I love because I'm John Stewart. That's what I do as John Stewart. And also, I have the power of a moral garden. As far as I'm concerned right now, John Stewart has more power than any other Green Lantern out there or any other Lantern. He should be wanting to get involved in this, even if he's not as the other Lanterns from the other universe say, they're John Stewart yet because he's not, he doesn't know how to use the power. He's not that guy, but they want him to be to step up to do it. I think that the thing with his mom, I think that Philip Kenny Johnson, in my mind, he was trying to be a little subtle with it because if you remember, there's even him saying he had to, he promised his mom because she doesn't know that he quit. I mean, she keeps saying, you're going to go back. No, I'm not, mom. And I think that's one of the things where in this issue, maybe, and it kind of dawned on me because even then we kind of got, and she's kind of losing it. Oh, where's your sister? Your sister's been dead. He makes a construct. That's yeah, sort she's of been thing. dead for like 30 years. But he's never been on Front Street fully saying, like, my mom has full demand. Because who would he have to talk to about that until like here? And he does end up saying then, my mom is sick. She, she's got dementia. And then it kind of dawned on me at that idea that I think that he quit the core. Again, this is kind of a subtle deal, maybe in my head. He quit the core because he needs to, somebody has to take care of his mom. He doesn't want I her agree. to be in a home. I just wish it. I would have felt like I was on Front Street about this the whole time because up until now, it felt like it was the it was the only reason was the United Federation of Planets, and that's because that and happened maybe I with Hal as well. Well, it happened with Hal. What I think though is because he's trying to almost like not admit to his mom. He says she's the hero. She ended up being the one who stepped up in a fought. Now she can't remember things. She's, you know, it's going to die soon. And well, yeah, so she I was think his hero the, growing up and her strength, you know, fueled him to become the man he is. It's great. I think the play is there was never going to be a time in this book where John could say to somebody, listen, I quit because of this. The idea that he didn't say anything like because his mom, he doesn't want to he doesn't want his mom to feel bad that, hey, I had to quit my job and do all this because you're getting sick and you're losing it. I agree. So I think that that's the play. I think there was never a point where you really got any idea. And then it kind of comes in here, which I didn't mind. And the thing is, maybe I am remembering it wrong because there was that point where he was talking to Guy Gardner, you know, via construct and stuff like that, where maybe there were subtle hits that maybe I just didn't pick up on. But for some reason, in my mind, it was all about the United Federation of Planets. But just the idea, even with the promise of like, I got to take care of my mom because I promised I wouldn't do this anymore. It's still John Stewart. And like he has to, for some reason, this, this threat that he's actually even taking over his body at this point, he has to be talked into helping. Like, you're dying, John. You have no other course of action at this point in time. It's a weird play, too, because I even got that idea because of the, you know, his whole, the mosaic stuff and the Jeffrey Thorne. Like, when that was done, I don't know why I thought, like, 
Ooh, he's he's grown out of that green. Like he's almost evolved past those assholes. And then we he also had, be. and that's I took it as that of like, oh my god, uh, you know, he's like Yoda going off the. Dagobah. He understands like, things just, way more than anybody else should in the Green Lantern Corps of how the power works. I will use this bit to also talk just briefly about the idea that why or what why do we have to keep like we say about the whole hey Jeffrey Thorne we'll let that sit in the corner and. They, no, 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 because this whole damn shit about this United Planets and stuff, I just wish we didn't have that. I wish that we didn't have to sit there and like, well, Hal quit, but he I has a ring. That, yeah, well, that too, but I just I just want the core. I just want all of them, but I also don't need you to keep fudging shit about, well, there's Hal. He can't have a ring, but he made one out of a willpower as he got shot by Manhunter Tech. Like, you got to fudge everything to get things going. Just get Still to kinda it. Still kind of works for me, though, for our, with, with our journey of how Jordan. But we don't know what we, it means because we don't, he, we don't know, know what the, the thing's going on. As oh, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we don't even know what the United you know, Planets are doing. We have no idea what's going well, on we in know the background of that it. Well, they're president. crooked. <laughs> but again, that's where eventually, and you said, and we, we're joking. Eventually, we're going to have to deal with some wacky. That's the shit that's waiting. Like, that shit that might end Dude, up being a brick that, wall with a lot of people just, when we get to that. The Justice League, like, because we have this big Amanda Waller thing coming down with. It's going to be the, the darkest you've ever seen before the dawn, it feels like, for whatever's coming in DC Comics down the line. But once we get pet. Once we get past that bit, though, you talk about the idea, like, you know, I was thinking even just the Justice League, but you think of every hero on Earth right now, and maybe even the Green Lantern Corps going against the entire United Federation of Planets, and, like, you know, we got to consider, like, you know, who's who's pushing the media of, you know, the universe, who's the good guys, who's the bad guys, that could be a really cool, huge event that could, like, you know, shatter everything that you know and just make things so goddamn cool. And that could shatter a lot of stuff that happens in the future. I mean, the Legion of Substitute Heroes might be a little upset about that. But it, it does affect the Legion. You might have them come through. That sounds really neat. That sounds pretty cool. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we got to preserve I, the timeline. It, it's bad when you end up where you get a dead Rainer from Kyle Rayner from another deal. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's another cool. Universe, yeah. I get so a blind dead Kyle Rayner from another universe. Like, all right. All right. He looks like Gojo, he does. But yeah, and it feels all like you know, the tangent Green Lantern a bit. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, and when I was saying about the, the art, I do think now that I'm looking through this, I do think that it is the colors and this because the colors are really muted in this book, normally a little dark and gritty, which kind of sucks for a Green Lantern book. But when you get into that other space and it's all green, yeah. I'm like, all right, you're pretty cool. Well, it's like the Emerald Space. It really felt like the Emerald Space slash a Phantom Zone, like we've talked about in Injustice, when they take Superboy because he's going to die and they have to take him to the Phantom Zone. They're like, let's get you in here. You're not going to get infected. But you're right, though. The the whole play of it, it it's a weird, weird deal. Some people have told me they like this because it shows how much of a hero John is. But you also are showing that he isn't. So which is it? I mean, he loves his mom. He's going to have to you know, do these things. And it's a cool little tug of war going on. But like you said, you want John to just like, I'm stepping up. But it up feels then. like an unnecessary tug of war. Like, I understand you're going to have your like, you know, your problems, the idea of leaving your sick mother right now who's been injured in a fight that somebody came after you about. So you have this trepidation reservation about doing this whole thing. But you're also this, you know, mortal guardian lantern 
and this thing has actually attacked you already and you're infected and it's going to destroy the world and you have confirmation. You're the only one that can stop it. There shouldn't be this type of war at this point in time. Like you fucking saddle up at that point because you're goddamn John Stewart. There's a funny thing here where I saw some people and they, they complain about John Stewart because John Stewart, you get a book, you're usually going to get one of two things. Architect, architect. Marine, right? Yeah. So you have Philip Kennedy Johnson, who is a military guy. Not once. I don't think this normally 99% is I don't leave a man behind. Like you would go. Heavy. Oh, you were seeing a softer side of John Stewart. And I dig it because you're not, you're not relying on the tropes right now. We're adding another thing. Mama's boy. <laughs> yeah. Mama's boy. But again, and I like it's it. one of those play. And you know why I'm here for it? Because obviously he always loved his mom, but his mom's at the end of her life and she's sick. She's got dementia. She may not remember things, you know, tomorrow. That makes you more of a mama's boy at the end. I mean, you're going to want to be there. So I understand. But I do give credit, though. I saw some people like, oh, man, he's a Marine. He's a... But there's more to him than that. And I do think that it's exactly. such a crazy deal that a lot even of people. Even the last issue, we explored him working for Steelworks, even though he's an architect and not an engineer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you end up having uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, when they announced the book, most people that I saw are like, that's cool. He's a the military. They even, I think they even said it in the. It's fucking called War Journal. Yeah, and so you have that, but I really, I, I give him a lot of props now that I'm thinking about it. That, yeah, he doesn't because he's in a different mode now. And, and so, and it also plays out that deal where even we had at points like the guy who comes back from war and comes out of the How is dealing Rambo. with that as well? If, you know, having the idea, yeah, having the idea of what do I do now? I mean, it, everything's all slow now, and it's not as exciting. But John had found the deal, and he, he's taking care of his mother. Well, John's okay. Well, I'm you go. No, you go. You keep going. No, no mine's, I, mine's I, stupid. I'll talk about it too. Well, the only thing I, I was going to say, obviously, something stupid as well. Uh, when you get at the end, where they're like, "Okay," well, I'm like, "Are they going to go help Beast Boy plant some fucking trees here?" I, I'm like, "What is going on with this well, nonsense?" Well, that's, that's the worst part because you have this whole like John centric thing of him making this hard choice about what he has to do and what he has to be in order to overcome the situation at hand. Something he's never faced before. That's something nobody in this universe has ever faced before. And then you jump to a few pages of like you know some people in the Amazon rainforest trying to go after some loggers who already disappeared because Baron, the Radiant Dead Lantern, has turned them and a bunch of animals in the rainforest into the Radiant Dead already. I'm like. That's not the strongest setting I would have hoped for, but what I was going to say that was stupid was now that John's on board, we better start the next issue with his ass putting on a fucking bandana and getting ready to go to war. I put it on a head, put it, put it on a headband Rambo style. I I did think, and you have a, a deal, and I think you get that beep, you know, beep. beep. I I'm glad that what we of didn't get heart, at one mother's point, heart monitor, yeah. yeah. Usually we would have the EKG. You mm-hmm. show the EKG. You know I always put it dead. The, the minute that you end up having somebody that's hurt in a comic and you see, okay, oh, man, they're showing the EKG. There's only one reason, because you're going to flatline that bitch by the end. And I actually, in my dumb deal, I thought that he was going to be like, because he, he wants to say goodbye because he, you know, and not goodbye forever. He hopes that he's going to be back. But l- listen, I lied to you. And it's it's such a. Explain why he had to break his promise. He's trying to explain to her, but she seems in a coma. Even if yeah. she wasn't, she may not have understood all of it anyway, but he, he really doesn't want to leave. I mean, it's almost like it, that play of like, okay, mom, if if you want me, if you do, like twist it around, like if you want me to go, give me a sign. Oh, she didn't give me a sign. I'm staying. 
But he's like really like trying to like not leave. But at the end, he's like, okay, uh, I'll get back. I'm not going to let anybody hurt. He actually does come to the realization of I have to do this because I don't want people to to die. And and you would have done it. You're my hero. Me and you know my sister looked up to you. all that stuff. It was really good. At the end, I swear to God, we were going to get that trope where. She, he walks out, and then all of a sudden, the mom opens. Yes, you did good, young man. <laughs> she was punking him the whole time. Or I thought she'd die. One of the two, Eric. She didn't either. She's living, Eric. She's a fighter. So we'll see how it goes. I, I do feel bad, though. That whole play of making the construct sister really does come into play, even when you see that little bit at the end. But then you get that, you know, the, the radiant. Radiant dead in the Amazon jungle? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they got an owl. I'm like, <laughs> There's right, a snake. I get it. Yeah, there's, there's a, snake a jaguar. That, what what is what is that other thing there? Is that like a wolverine a or something? I no, I I don't know. I'm not on the page. At least Philip Kennedy Johnson did a little more work than the clone rats when we were like letting all those fucking animals out into the Amazon in that, in that Wonder Woman book. Oh yeah, this at least seems to make sense to me. That looks like a big fucking snake, though. Jesus Christ. Look at the thing. It's spitting out all its venom. Nonsense. This is why we have the movies Anaconda. Wait. Yeah, yeah. What is scary down there? The best uh, thing, just to ask you what you would think, there was, I forget what book it was. Me and Zach doing a book at Marvel, and there was the mention of somebody being bitten by that poisonous anaconda. I'm like, I don't think they're poisonous. I think they're more of the constrictors. No, that's the thing is you got to understand. They are, Eric. I, I was right. This is the poisonous kind, though, well, unlike the that, other non-poisonous kind. That there is crazy. <laughs> uh, that thing looks like a viper. Like, the only thing I know about snakes is to stay away from them. Yeah, yeah. that's that's like me in Detroit. The best thing to do is get the fuck out of Detroit, right, Eric? But with oh, all yeah. that, what would, <laughs> what would you give this? The thing is, like, I liked this series a lot and had, like, a gigantic, profound revelation about why I enjoyed it in the previous issue when I went back and reread everything and got a chance to talk about it. This issue coming into it, I couldn't wait for it, but I found this to be a down issue because it, t- it dragged its feet and what it wanted to do, and it felt weird for how long it wanted to drag its feet for the option that John had. He didn't have any options. We spent an entire issue dealing with that, and it felt weird and out of place, especially to go to the Amazon jungle for a few pages. felt like a... Like, we just had to have a re- weird cool down issue. And like you said, the idea maybe that he felt like he needed to explain things more for people who didn't read those backups previously. I don't know. But, but for me, it just came, it kind of came off as a slog and felt weird and out of place. And that's something that like, you know, I would see John Stewart doing for how we've seen him previously or just how you know John Stewart. So I'm going to give this a six out of 10 ultimately because I did enjoy the art and I like this series, but. I might even go down to a five eight because it's it's not it's a so strong funny issue that I for like me. it so much more than you because I like the stuff with John Stewart and it's like kind of flip flop with the deal. But I think again, you you want more of the Green Lantern stuff. I actually like the settle down because I wasn't quite on board. I'm I'm still not hooked yet, but I did like the you, John you need Stewart more background. stuff. Yeah, and and yeah, but that's a problem. Not a lot of people have that background, you know, as well. So what do you do? But I do like that it's called War Games next, so maybe we will oh, yeah. get a lot of like '80s shit going on. Be pretty cool. A lot of '80s shit, Joshua. Yeah, Joshua. Oh my God, he's still playing the game, Eric. Is what they're gonna yell. With that, what game play. are you playing? If you're the Radiant Dead, like you're there, and like I gotta gather an army. Do you end up going to the sparsely populated jungles to get a couple animals and some tribal guys, or do you just head to New York City and get like 50 million people? I don't That's know what, what a I lantern. Do. 
like the Radiant Dead Lantern of Varen can do, and I don't know what the Radiant Dead's plans are ultimately. Like, I don't know the mindset of the Lantern he used to be, or what his mindset is now as a Radiant Dead, or what the how the or how the power works outside of the Radiant Queen. But you're saying that the idea of uh, like I don't know how the the ring works, but he's he's doing something in the jungle where he is like you know doing it to the. I think he could do it to other. Well, maybe now that like Lantern Shepard is here and, base. and whooped his ass a little bit, he's trying to lay low a little bit. Maybe he is. Maybe he's like, well, and again, you do. The funny play is if you want to like take it to the basic level, when Shepard shows up, he does use a bunch of crazy animal constructs and birds to, to save the idea. day. Maybe the radio dead is like, fuck this. I'm going to go get my own animals, but I'm going to get the owls and I'm going to get the eagles and the pythons. <laughs> like, all right, you did. And the Jaguars. And we'll get the Jaguars. And I don't know. When I see that whole thing, I don't know why it doesn't scare me that much. I, I, it should. I mean, the, the, any of those people just rip me apart. But for some reason, I'm like. They ain't ripping you apart. They infected you. You're a zombie, too. Well, they are infecting me. And Jim, you're turning into a construct. I, I, love, I love the idea. Oh, my God. You're now a radiant dead construct sick deal. But please make sure that wine cloth doesn't fall off because you might embarrass yourself and some other people. Like that, that's Shame stays play. forever. It does stay forever. And I don't know. I think maybe we'd be more ashamed at our things uh, when we saw it. But My things. <laughs> your thingies. I'm a 7 out of 10. I, I like the John Stewart stuff. And that's I, cool. Again, once I'm we started talking it. and we didn't go to the trope of, I'm a military guy, and we don't leave anybody behind. I'm like, I'm like, you're doing more than just the, the tropes and the cliches, and which I appreciate as well. For the last bit, you're you're not in the mode of needing to maybe catch up or, or have something. I am, and and this kind of did it. And I'm looking forward to the next issue, War Games, because I want to see Joshua, but I also want to have this play where Whopper. me and you now come together. This is like that transition issue. It's a little Brit. Right? I'm here. Yeah, I dig it. I was afraid to cross the bridge. You you were holding my hand midway. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I started I'm so running. shaky. I'm running. The bridge then collapses and I die. Yeah, don't run, now please. I'm the stop. radiant dead. I'm like the third guy back there. I'm, I'm actually the guy that's just crouched over. Like, or maybe no, the you're guy. Standing up. You see that guy in the very back? It's like, that's me. Or maybe that weird thing that I swear is a Wolverine. I'm not sure. I don't. Uh, or Wolverines. And I don't even know what. Where did they say they were? I don't even remember the where they said rainforest. Oh, they're in the rainforest. It is the best where you just rainforest and you could just throw anything in there. And then if somebody says they Dinosaurs. don't live in the rainforest, right? And I go, don't they? <laughs> you just like that. Oh, that'd be great. I always think of uh, piranhas in the Amazon. And that's Why wouldn't you? I'm still in that mode that I really thought at one point because they told us those killer bees and then piranhas, they're coming to, and they're all coming to get just me. Saying that, I'm still waiting for the murder hornets. Well, yeah. Seriously, I just want to, I ended up where at points, like I thought the toilet was a doorbell to hell. I also really Obviously. thought that piranhas were going to come up and, and bite my junk, my thingies. Uh-huh. I was really worried. You got to watch that. out. It's a scary I world. I was really, really worried about that. And, and since I was a little kid, Eric, you know that I do all my business sitting down, which then ends up really upset because then I can't. And then I got to look. I'm like always on the, the lookout. Like, oh, my. Like, is there something in there? It always scares me. And then I start thinking about it, and then I get more, oh, I'm, I'm a wacky guy. But we'll sure. move on to the next book, which is a wacky book here. Uh, you like that Gotham War? You liked it more than me. I liked aspects of the Gotham War, but as a whole, no. We had a, a thing going. Me and you had a bet. The bet was, or we didn't. The, the whole play. The, the, 
I was going to make a pitch to a thing. Now, the the whole play was. Don't you owe me a pizza for Jason Todd still being alive after the Gotham Maybe, War? but I think he died and then came back. He did. So it's a great. It's, no. it, it, it's, it's, that's a wash, Eric. <laughs> it's not a wash. You're a wash. We, we talked. <laughs> I wish I would. And so would my wife. We end up where through all this, the Gotham War, that's. We wondered how the Catwoman book would proceed. We we talked about the Obviously. idea. Well, we're dealing a lot with Zoranar. That makes sense. That's what we let in in the Batman book for Chip Starsky. But the Catwoman book, not even just the idea of where will it go, the idea of where did we leave it off? Because we had uh, this book is wacky. It, it ends jail. up where again, Selena's in jail, getting street ramen delivered by a cat. You ended up having punchline in Phase Two. You end up the vents going on, you end up having the metas, all these things going on. So then you get like, it didn't feel like it was really leading to something. They tried to push it into the Gotham War. And now what are we going to get from there? Where do you go from the Gotham War with how that felt like it ended? It felt like a conclusion to the Catwoman book where eventually she might come back. But for now, we're putting Catwoman back on the shelf. What it should have been. I I know the play of we had solicits, so we knew that was going to happen, but... This would have been a really good time. I, I like Catwoman. This book is not good. And it might need, I say it about another character that I like, Harley. Again, written by Teeny Howard, but not just Teeny Howard's problem, uh, uh, you know, the deal. The Harley All book is problems. Problem. And, uh, and again, even something as big as the Joker that's going to be coming up. There are characters that I think at some point you have to put away for a while. You have to let I them agree. sit. And my big phrase is you have to make people want them then to bring them back. So then they they have the enthusiasm, you know, take your time, maybe even go with the idea of find out if anybody has a good story, because some of the shit sucks. So we come out of it. I made a joke. I said, I think that the whole meteorite thing is going to end up giving Catwoman powers. And they'll be so stupid to call it, have nine lives powers. And, uh, this and I laughed in your stupid, ugly face because that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard because they already did that with Wildcat. Not in the same circumstances, but Wildcat already had nine lives. Why would they give another cat character nine lives out of nowhere for no reason? Well, lo and behold. <laughs> You're there laughing at me with your sexy face. And I'm like, I was joking. I didn't think it would happen. Here it is. It happened. 100%. But the way you get it and the way that it goes from things it it it's whack well no you say the way that we get it it has to change everything in order for any of this to work anything that you read in the finale of gotham where they're saying didn't happen here and it happened a different way that you don't get to see but we're going to move forward hold on that thought i'll give you the credits that i want to explain why it's not that much of an explanation of how ridiculous that is but it is it's the catwoman it's catwoman number 59 Written by Teeny Howard, color uh, art by Stefano Arafele, Veronica Gandini on colors, and Lucas Catoni on letters. So the thing is, we'll have a lot of times you get an event, a crossover. Oh, my. Night terrors. The idea yeah, like, oh, terrors. man, you know what? You go back to the books and it didn't really I'm make out. sense. And they didn't do it. Oh, my God. that's The problem is, is this book is written by Teeny Howard, who was also writing the, the Gotham War with Chip Zdarsky. Yep. This feels like a book that comes back from something that you weren't involved with. And now you have to kind of, all right, what am I going to use? I don't really like that. Whatever. Better fudge this. Yeah. There's, there should be no fudging in a book that's written by the person who wrote the story they're fudging from a couple weeks ago. Because even in this, Catwoman explains, I was hit directly by a meteorite, an asteroid. 
and plays the idea that she's buried under like that almost feels like what teeny howard needs to figure out which she didn't why would selena be buried well it doesn't make sense even though you could because we saw kept some people are like i can't believe she lived we saw her at the end of the scorched earth she was waving so we already had that now suddenly she's under a bunch of rubble you can play a timeline thing whatever but she's saved by cat lady who also looks like she can lift like you know ten thousand pounds? She's just throwing rocks and shit. And you around. say cat lady for some reason when I look at this person who rescued Catwoman and somehow magically gave her nine lives, I see a person who may be Selena Kyle from the future. I think who's it an is old lady for some reason. Yep, I think it's Selena Kyle of the because it looks like an old lady Selena Kyle. And a to cat me. totem type deal makes no damn sense. And so when you get that, but instead of what we had in Scorched Earth, where you know. Marquise was holding on to Selena's arm after the meteorite hit and created this gigantic explosion when Vandal Savage grabbed it, creating a Lazarus pit um, in Gotham, where then Selena Kyle fell to what we believe to be her death for a few pages until at the end, hey, I'm alive, Batman, the end. Now she's been buried alive by the meteorite, dr- hit directly, it seems like she's saying, and now she's she's dug out by this crazy old cat woman garbage lady who then somehow magically gets her powers from the cats attack her. Well, I see. I know the thing is, the cat's an attacker, but she should already have the power. But it, it just seems like I know, but play. it seems like that's hey, it. Hey, remember Batman Returns when Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman, like was thrown to her death, and then the cats brought her back to life, and then she had nine lives. Here you go. That's it. And so when when this happened, and I'm reading through this, it dawned on me that, and you said when I said, "I'll oh, get this," I was right. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those where I love to be right. Most people do. Oh yeah. But there's there's times when you wish you weren't. Because I, I end up messing you. Oh, my God, that's right. She's got powers and nine lives. And you go, oh, like Batman Returns. And it started like, I'm like, wait a second. There's something. And I we were talking about some things. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I ended up going and finding an interview. And I sent you that clip, little bit of it, where when she oh, was yeah. talking about the Gotham War, she's like, oh, me and Chip Zdarsky, we're going to love this because our big thing. We love that Batman Returns. The Batman Returns. This is all she knows. That's it, It's very obvious that. And I'm stupid here to sitting on the sidelines just yelling for Max Shrek to be a normal continuity. Do that then, please, because it's all I want for Catwoman at this point. I did have a video about this at one point about I don't think Teeny Howard quite gets it. That was part of it, but I was more hinged on that where at the end of that little interview, she says the other thing that I really read or liked was the Batman Catwoman maxi series from Tom King. But. We're not going to go all happy and sunshine and lovey-dovey like that. We're going to have to, you know, really get – you didn't read it because that was nothing like that. I mean, that Nothing was, at all. Nothing. So she was just trying to grab some fandom there. She's not I, – I wish that some people – I think people, she, she heard about what people thought that book was going to be and never read it. And so – and it was never told what it actually turned out to be. Yeah, she never read it. And – there's a weird play, and I I think you'd agree. There's like that line where you said Max Shrek, like you you even said where you had, uh, what was it? The uh, Nuclear Man was it that? Oh yeah, I, I can, dude. If I get in the DC comic, one of the first things I want to do is bring back Nuclear Man because Bendis is like, hey, I'm doing Nuclear Man, and then killed him by Rogel Czar immediately. Like you just waste squandered all the great thing that you could have the the goofiness, the idea of the Nuclear Man from Superman for the Quest for Peace, which everybody just jokes about because it's a terrible fucking movie. You bring that character into continuity, you make it work because he could be legit. No, he's dead in the Phantom Zone of all places. Yeah, in my mind, there's a fine line. Because a lot of times when you do something like, like, this seems like it's crossing line. This is where when you're a comic book fan, 
you end up saying, come on now, we we don't need to deal with the movies, please. Because I think that the play is Teeny Howard hasn't really established knowing anything about Catwoman or being able to give us a good Catwoman. So then when you throw the movies in, it feels like you never read comics, that you just know the movie. If you ended up throwing the like that's an obscure kind of thing a little more that you can bring. But this just feels like, again, that this is all she knows. Nine lives, that, everybody. That she wants the Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, nine lives, powers from Batman Returns, but th- it's not enough. And the way you get there. Because even at the end of Gotham War Scourged Earth, when she's like, you know, reveals that she's alive, you almost have, have what feels like the ending of Batman Returns, where you see Catwoman's cow look up at the moon like that and show you she's still alive, everybody. Exactly. And then there was that thumb drive that we still don't know what it is in this one, but. Yeah. So, so you get that. And it's it's so funny because you can explain things in a comic in a goofy way. They're comics. People even say to you, well, Jim, it's a comic. I mean, but how do you go beyond that where you have this cat lady who really looks like Selena? If it is, she's got to lay off the cigarettes and maybe do that. I don't know. She, she's gone bad. Or she doesn't look good in her, her old age. But she's got the cats. The cats symbolically then attack her. Possibly to give her the scratch marks in the back that well, she should already give have. you. Yeah, it, it, like this is like a symbolic thing. You just have a Michelle Pfeiffer bit. Yeah. Oh, but not only that, though, but you have her go to Ico after this is all said and done to explain what has just happened, what we're just seeing here. And one of the things, the idea of this old cat lady who bestowed this gift upon her was you wouldn't be the first servant of the city to be given a test larger than yourself, to be given a gift and be expected to use it for good. And then. Well, I got a list of heists that I always wanted to do, but I was too afraid because I would die. So I'm going to go do heists now. I'm like, there you go. The gift of help to serve the city. The, the whole the dialogue in this is, is atrocious. And, and basically, the whole concept as we get in, because even when we do start, you do start ahead and you end up being in Colombia. And you have Selena. That's she's going to take Duchess back to this awful, awful person. The original owner that Valmont kind of stole. And, stole you know, that whole and was play. Valmont's ex. In that whole deal, it really doesn't make a lot of sense why she would do this. I wish that it was more of a play where this would be like her being able to let go of Valmont. You never get that real play. It almost feels like she wants to do this because it's a dare. And I I can do But even at the end, you wonder, what the fuck was she even doing? When we get to it, I'm like, she wasn't even doing what she said, but... You get Dude, this play. She goes there. She fights this woman. Talks about how she killed Valmont. The woman's pissed because only she's allowed to kill Valmont. So this, she takes two lives off of, lives off a of Catwoman immediately for her trying to get in and fight this deadly woman, only for her to take Duchess back anyway. So what the fuck did we do? What she knows about this woman, I wouldn't give a pet back to this woman. And also at the end, while she brought Duchess, saying she's going to return to this lady, she then. Changes at the end and says, no, I was here to get you arrested. So then she never could have given Duchess back to her. It makes no sense. But you end up I, having I this weird it. fight. And then you get this play throughout where, as I, I love that I think we're going to keep getting it because the idea where all of a sudden when you don't know, but Selena's lost a life, all of a sudden this cat totem pops up. And we even have it's like... Like, Bastet's eyes are opening up on a statue, it looks like. And every time that Selena is, like, about to lose a life or loses a life. <laughs> yeah. So, and in this, the, the whole play then ends up because of how it is, like, oh, I'm going down to Columbia to return Duchess to the former lover 
of Valmont who kills everybody that she works for because of this. And also she has who works for her. Yeah, and she has an Egyptian set-up house that ends up cat-based, but she's not. And then we get here, there, and everywhere. None of it makes sense. It really doesn't make any sense. I'm just sitting here reading this book. I'm like, why are we doing any of this? And I just assume, like, you gave Selena Kyle powers, and you're just going to do these random heists to the point where we're just going to get out of this book, and they're going to be gone, and it would serve no purpose. Selena Kyle, who's a really kick-ass character who doesn't need powers, Suddenly gets them a a girl who like a Batman at a points. Woman, I mean, Jim, the, a well, woman, a woman, a, a cat woman that tangles go. tangles with you know the worst Joker. All them. It's it's as if they say Batman has to. He's immortal among gods. You know, you end up having she a lot. She took of out a Flash. Was able to outsword Fitalia Al Ghul. This random woman kills her twice. That's what get, I actually was going to bring up the idea that at this moment. While arrested, this lady is now the most powerful person in the DCO because, like you said, that stuff going on. So I worked it out in my mind. Yeah. Oh, it, it, I did too. So I gauged power levels in the DCU. Who could beat Catwoman? So she, she's she's going down to Columbia, and you start with a cold open where I actually didn't even realize. I had to keep looking and like, is this the same lady? Because she's fighting what appears to be Al Gaucho's wife at the beginning. Do you say that? I feel like she. She she looks like a reject member of the like uh, the royal flesh gang to me when I look at her. Yeah, yeah, but that's not what continues. Also, you get you know classic purple. She's like out of nowhere. I I feel like I'm gonna get back in the purple. But all the she has superpowers. She has nine eight lives because they kind of fed you. But you end up where the first thing. Oh my god, it's like you won a million trillion dollars, and the first thing you're like, you know what I'm gonna buy a pack of gum. And for no reason, she has powers. And no, the no, first thing she's going to do is return a cat. That, that's what she's doing. She's returning to a psychopath. A cat, to a but psychopath. not really. I'm going to get her arrested and just tell her that I killed her ex So why did you bring the cat? <laughs> she even says at one point, Paolo says, and that's the woman, says. Our lady of the sword. You sh- Also that, it's like, this is Paolo Molina, but she prefers the name Santa Espada. Our lady of the sword. As she's holding knives. The, the, even that, I'm like, what the fuck is you? Well, you she don't hasn't leveled up yet. She's not giving you her all yet. This is Listen, like, you know, Miss in, the, in the Princess Bride <laughs> when we had the Dread Pirate Roberts using his left hand, but he's right handed, Jim. You ain't ready for that shit yet. So I'm I, like, I'm Jim Werner. The, I, I, the greatest, but I just want to, I, I want to get myself to that level. I, I'm, I'm faking it till I make, she's got knives. She's fighting. So. In that, though, you have this guy running away. You have no clue what's going on with him. She's like, I'm saving him. You have a bit of Duchess watching all this going on to then get back to, oh, and by the way, I have these powers. I got saved by the catalyst, like, stuff we already said. But when she goes to Ico, she also ends up like, hey, Ico, I need your help. Oh, would you like me to be cat? Never says, do you want me to be Catwoman again? Ico's been Catwoman more than Catwoman in the past couple like months, it. but it seems like. It's new here. But then you get some crazy talk where you don't explain these powers, but you end up having Iko say stuff like, well, that old bitch said it's so. And then Selena's like, I'm not sure if it will work that way. And Iko comes up with such great lines as well. I know you. You could steal anything. Um, what? What are you talking right. about? And then, then Selena says, and Selena says <laughs> she says, I think that I might have powers. Because I didn't even need aspirin after that that meteorite hit me. I'm like, you're really going 
Dominic Aspirin. And the, the dialogue in this at one point, this narration, because again, T.D. Howard is trying to make the idea of returning a cat like it's the biggest thing that ever fucking happened on the face of the earth. So everybody in this is so deathly serious about this cat and the return and, oh, my God, my pride. And it's just the times at one point Selena is trying to give you the lay of the land, but she seems intrigued by this paola. She seems like, man, you know, any other circumstances, we might be friends. And there's these weird things. At one point, she says, and I, I don't get what Teeny Howard is writing. And somebody needs to stop the madness. Eric. You need an editor because she says, legend says that she has been betrayed more than any woman alive. Now, that's a record. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, what? Do you, what? And so you have this play where she has these the people in the town. You want to play off that she's an awful, but. They're coming from all over the world to work with her, but yet Selena seems to be the only one who realizes people are going missing, and the idea if you piss her off, she'll kill you. Later on, Selena tries to explain it in this other kind of way that makes no sense, but in the meantime, Selena's going to give the cat back. But to do that, she seems to think she's got to break in, but then she says she's not bringing the cat back. She has to talk to this lady but then again, like I said, why'd she bring but the also cat? I called the police to get you arrested. Yeah. And and like things like she a guy leaves the the door open to the wine cellar, he gets killed, but then Selena say, Oh, and by the way, I didn't go I didn't in go that in way. There. Because I think Teeny Howard thinks that he connects her no to reason. that. And like the idea that, oh, you should feel bad about it, but she's like, Hey, by the way, I, that wasn't me. But now I'm gonna go to the wine cellar because that's where they look, so they won't look and then they'll look. And then you have Paola there. All this stuff makes no sense. And and poor Duchess is just there for the ride. Meow. She gets electrocuted. Quiet down, Duchess. Mommy sword fighting. This lady also just <laughs> another so weird. The idea she says, I didn't break in through the wine cellar. So okay, well, how is Teeny Howard gonna work this? Like anytime Teeny Howard needs to figure something out and explain it, expect the craziest shit. That you've ever seen she says i didn't go through the wine cellar get this the house is 100 years old and paola didn't really make security measures for the local monkeys that's how she got Obviously. in she just says like i got through how the monkeys get in i'm a cat woman I'm about the size of a monkey i can do this cat woman now you why not just make it the local cats get in like yeah the lady of the sword she's got daggers then selena's rock climbing in here, I don't even get the lay of the land here. And then they say activate wall defenses, which is the electrocutable wall that she falls out. And then Eric, that's when we see it. Oh my god! Oh my god! She can't die. What did you get there? How how do you ex- like? She doesn't die. Like even later, she gets stabbed, but she doesn't really and get hurt. And because you of have the, the totems. But you need to show something so we can t- She's trying to play the game, and she's like, oh, my God, are you okay, Duchess? And the- is Catwoman dumb? She's like, I don't understand. I should have died there. I know I have these nine lives and shit, but I guess it's my rubber boots. And then moves well, on. Well, even that, and again, even when she's stabbed in the chest by the Our Lady of the Sword, it, it actually shocks her when she gets back home. The adventure's all said and done. She takes off her shirt and sees that two more hash marks are scratched off her back. Like, oh, no, I guess I died those times. <laughs> 
Do you like the idea that she got the, And this is where the idea where In my mind like she dies And maybe there's a weird I don't know how you work it but she wakes up In a certain spot every time She wakes up under you that to be fucking Day? totem No I'm saying though, like something that would Make it so she even knows Oh god I because she gets stabbed By a knife that's a little too Big to not say like Magic. Shit, like I don't have any hole there, and my my suit isn't even ripped. And if I'm this payola, she stabs her, and I'm like, man, how are you alive? You're like, you're doing like, you remember when you used to like jump out and pretend you're shiving me in the yard? And you oh go, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you do that? Like if you stabbed her once, like these nine lives are done, bitch. I'm going for it. But it's a weird play. There's there's never in my mind going to be like really rules to it. It's just going to be, oh shit, I died. I don't know. If I stab somebody in the heart and they grab a hold of me like they're Jason Voorhees, I've watched too many horror movies to think otherwise. Oh, no. What if you're <laughs> I Jason? I did it now. Okay. You did it. What, but put yourself in Jason's deal. Jason's not going to then walk very slowly somewhere exactly and say, oh, shit, I he must have that. not died. Because she's she is, like Catwoman says, oh, my God, what happened? I lost these two lives. Like, like you have to even think, like, it wasn't the time I tripped in the supermarket or the time that I got stabbed in the chest by that lady. I'm telling you, I, I'd have these powers. I'd wake up, look at myself, and after I take a shower or something, I'd realize there's another hash mark. Man, I must have had a heart attack from eating shitty last night. <laughs> I, I'm just, I thought at one point it'd be funny, like she's just there and she's like, oh shit, I fell out a window. <laughs> and I get Teeny Howard is playing that game. This is the game, but it's too quick in one issue after getting. Hit by a meteorite, she says now. Three lives it's are the down. the idea, oh, Selena has so many lives. And she, at one point, she ends up actually yelling out, if you got them, like, it's almost like smoke them if you got them, boys, about these lives. Like, she's going to get reckless with these because they're there. I don't think that's the character. That's where I think she loses track of the character. A character who, never, like, would be, to, in my mind, Iko's like, oh, shit, girl. You've got these scratch marks there, and they're not tats, but they're filling in. You already got to fill in. Oh, my. Like, Ico's the one who actually comes up with the rules like Harley did in Night Terrors. Oh, shit. We're playing Freddy Krueger rules here. She starts saying these <laughs> things, and I would expect Selena to say, bullshit. Like, I don't care about that. That's not my, my bag, Eric. I'm not, I'm not going with that. But then as things go. But I do have this list of heists. <laughs> you have a list of heists. You should have a list of, like, this stuff I never – this is just like things that I thought would be cool, but I. she says, I didn't want to die for. But now she's going to put – the first one is Duchess. Return to an awful person. When you're explaining how this person is – And then just hand, hand the cat – not even hand the cat off. Just, just drop it off at Dario's place. All right, keep watching the cat, Dario. I'm doing Catwoman stuff. Yeah. There's no way because she's not even doing that because then I think, again, it feels like it's written, you know – Kind of like free streaming here of the idea. Well, this cat shit's not great. So what I really need to do is get this lady arrested. And pretty much at the end, you have Selena. Oh, I got you after getting killed twice. All this you didn't realize, but I ended up calling the police, and they're here. Then says at one point, I don't like cops, but I like killers even less. I <laughs> like there's such wacky dialogue in this, but the whole play is. Hey, your staff, the human beings you ruthlessly killed had come to meddle and all over the globe. Now their families, like all of a sudden it becomes not a caper, but now she's like Chris Hansen on the murder set. And this is something that 
has been brewing a while. It's just ridiculous. Start saying about the, the big play of Valmont. Oh, you were Valmont's lover, but sometimes you can't kick a lover out, but then you can. And look at the shirt. <laughs> we move on. And then she just drops off. Fucking Dario, that, from the beginning, nothing happened here. She drops the cat off to Dario and then she looks lost in the two mirror. More lives. She's like, I lost Three two overall. lives. And I don't like that tiki shit in the mirror. She punches the mirror. And then that's how you end. And I'm like, oh, no, that's, I, I guess it was supposed to be sexy at the end. Catwoman has powers and it means nothing, really. No, it means nothing because it wouldn't because that's not the character. And she's trying to fudge it, but she can't because well, I guess she does fudge it. But where? What, this is not as ridiculous as the prison, but it, it kind of is. It, it's yeah. the idea. Yeah. But even this now. Again, what are we going to get? Because she that thumb drive, we were wondering what it was. We thought it was Batman's money. We thought that it was Batman's money. It seems here it's just like, hey, this is my list of capers. And and she kind of explains, I wanted to tell him. I I don't know. But at the end, it's powers. Terrible. And now it's scavenger hunt. But in a way of like, you know, hey, what's the heist of the month? Let's it, move it, some is, more pet lives. Usually when you, you might want to start out a little, but usually, you know, let's get our best foot forward. It's returning a cat that you don't return and you wouldn't want to return. If Selena left the cat there, first off, the lady's going to jail. And I don't think she is. I mean, I'm telling you, she's paid off everybody down there. There's no way. She she's fine. It's like Roadhouse, Eric. She's just back. Well, that's but the thing up- is, the idea of that. I have to assume that the, the police didn't arrest her because the stuff that we had in the beginning didn't seem to match up to anything else. So that feels like it takes place in the future. Yeah, I, yeah. I I don't know because they're doing rooftop stuff in that beginning of the, of the of the issue. Well, you know, Eric, rooftops, this, that, the other thing. Who knows? So all of a sudden, Our Lady of the Sword is going to be coming back after Selena Kyle for this indiscretion. And you might be right, but you're you're hinging on the fact that. Teeny Howard makes sure that her stories make sense in the way like the meteor hit Selena. Well, I can't trust her, but it, it, the, no, the art's okay at points. It's just no, I so enjoyed bad. That it's issue. so it's bad. It's the best part about this book overall because when you get to the story aspect, you have to fudge things to make it work. You have a new concept that you completely have to rewrite the characters' motivations and backstory in order for those powers to work. And they ultimately don't do anything with the story that you're presenting to people about the idea of this cat and this woman that you've never met before. So you just have this weird convoluted mess that doesn't work for the character of Catwoman, which could be interesting. But it doesn't work, and you have to fudge everything to try to make it work, and it still doesn't fucking work. Three out of ten. As, as, yeah, I'm a three out of ten as well. And and like you're saying there, what Teeny Howard has done, where you could have, you know, we could all come up with an idea of what Selena would do after Gotham. Where I think you get out of Gotham. Maybe she goes and hangs with her sister. Maybe she got like something like that. But in the meantime, she's added so much. It, like wants to go big, but it takes so much fudging. To try to make and it still doesn't work so it's almost she's making herself more work out of something that didn't need it and we said though when you have gotham war it was set up originally for oh my god selena this crime boss this and that she didn't have anything going on except prison before then and it's it's very obvious when you come out what are you gonna do we got to make up some shit you know at least chip sadarsky whether you like him or not he had a you know a of what's it called a roadmap and he's going back to it in his book so he was doing some things uh this just shows you that the book just is a mess and teeny howard doesn't get the characters we already gave up on the harley book and the harley book to me is a little less important than catwoman catwoman does tie into the gotham stuff batman and all that if this goes on to a point where it's just completely 
off the rails with powers. We might even drop this. It, it just, it, it's really bad, but I, I have fun talking about it. I like that. I hope that that totem is going to keep coming back, right? I mean, it has to, it has to keep coming. We have a lot of lives to scratch off our backs. Even that makes it like so ridiculously just, you know, not cringy, but it's like corny. It's very corny. But we'll finish up. We have another book. I, and it just feels you know, like, the, 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 like the Tiki Totem and the Brady Bunch Hawaii Adventure. That's what that's what that sounds from. Uh, exactly. That's the thing. Maybe that's maybe that's exactly what I'm thinking of because that's all I think about now. I added the cat sound at the end, but it, you can't quite hear it as well as I thought. Uh, but it no, is fine. It is the Tiki deal. Yeah. Oh no, Greg! Don't surf. That's what they yell. Yeah, now, okay. This is the. I just. I, this is so. You mentioned this, right? That mm-hmm. Greg, the, the Brady Bunch in Hawaii is one of the most corny things. I love it, but it oh, is yeah. so ridiculously stupid. And that this is worse. How could the, <laughs> the, the, the how could that be better? I, Brady Bunch is one of my favorite things, so I'm not dissing the. Not that I have to defend the Brady Bunch. I don't think everybody no, don't. really likes it, but uh, yeah, I do. But we'll move on to the next book. And just I we were I said right at the last second we almost switched Catwoman. With Hawk Girl because we usually like to talk about the worst book last, and uh, we just had it set for Hawk Girl. I do think that Catwoman was worse than Hawk Girl, but you give us some credits and we'll jump in. Hawk Girl number five, written by Jadzia Axelrod with Arpa Manke, Nahua Pen, Adriana Lucas, and Hassan Atzmain Elhal. And in this issue, we pretty much have the idea that Volpecula is going back in time, as we've seen previously, into Kendra's time stream to try to get Kendra to agree to things like she has with other people in this series. To the idea of getting the nth medal from her at one point to another. I don't know why she needs, like, you know, Kendra's permission at this point because the other people needed to have the nth medal on them for, for a period of time. So when they, she came back to them as adults, they've been, like, you know, irradiated by the nth medal. They've been given, like, the, 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 uh, the bits of nth medal that they've been wearing this whole time as a part of them. Now, Kendra, she has these wings that are part of them. But when, you know, Volpecchio is going back in time trying to convince Kendra to, like, do me a favor later on. And she's like, no, you know, I, I don't need to do anything. Like the idea, like, I'll give you something that you really want if you do something for me now. Like, no, I'm good. And you have Hawk Girl, Kendra Saunders, pretty much going after Volpecchio in her own timeline because she's so connected to her nth metal, but she can't interact with her past selves. Only Volpecchio can do that. And that's the end you get of that kind of explanation about that. That being said, it sounds very convoluted. It sounds very basic for what we're doing. But what you do get out of this, if you are interested, like Jim seemed like he wanted to be in the first issue of Hawk Girl, Jadzia Axelrod tells you and shows you that they know the Hawk Girl character, and they're going to tell you who this Hawk Girl character is throughout this entire issue to let you know why they are acting the way they're acting throughout the series. Here, here's my deal then. And again, I think that you don't play out as much as I, I still think that she just looked up Wikipedia did stuff more, and got she did thing. more work with the Hawks and Kendra Saunders than anybody else well, has. Here's the thing. Well, I mean the Hawks besides Venditti and the stuff with this for Kendra, but the idea of this For Kendra, is, I mean yes. This is the penultimate issue. Right? Yes. So you have written four issues out of the six just bullshitting around with Galaxy. Also I will point out that at all this time Perpecula has been grabbing, you know, motors, the motor guy with the engine block exhaust, uh, you know, whatever the doing all these motor things. Guy oh with my the engine god! Block exhaust? Remember that guy who had like the he wanted to be a race car driver and then became a fucking race car. 
Then you have the, oh my God, he's the CEO and he ended up wanting that lady to come back. And you get that all this She was took advantage of some kids and turned them into monsters trying to open up a door to the Nth world. Into this issue, tell me the percentage of how much that did to get to the end deal for Perpetual because it's zero. 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 I know. And it was convoluted. You know, so why did you do it? Why She's didn't things you out. start the first issue with this to let people know why? Because, again, my big problem wasn't just the idea that this was a galaxy book. It was that all you had was Kendra in the fetal position upset about, you know, the one big thing and Shire and stuff like that. But you didn't know. And a lot of people wouldn't know. Then when you get to this, it's the penultimate issue. And now you're like, oh, shit, maybe I should tell people why. I did everything in those first four issues, so it doesn't make it better because that's come and gone. But in this, you still kind of skirt the like you don't tell like, oh, her parents were murdered. You don't end up where, yeah, she ends up, but you're skirting it. You're not really telling the real thing like to me that you know it. You're just going through a thing because I actually then just looked up the wiki fandom uh, and it's like in bold the the things that happen here, but no real explanation. It's fine. But this should have been in the first issue and then expand on it throughout because then you could have looked back at, oh, when I was a girl, my mom and dad, but you never had that. You were just doing these things out of the way. Yeah, I'm silly. And and then this, she was trying to be subtle about the Eagles up until this point. And in this one, she's like, oh, I guess people didn't see that. And that's to hit you over the head with it. And I'm a fucking Eagles diehard fan. And I was getting annoyed, especially because they're like, oh. Look at that. She better not be over my dead body. They're in Miami. So I'm assuming at this point they're they're Dolphins fans. At this point uh-huh. where they say 17 years old, this is a, a part where the one year around that, one in 15, the get out of town with the Dolphins, you assholes. This is like T.O. shit going on now. Those little years that the Eagles go. I don't even know they, what you're talking about at this point in time. They should be proud to be with you. They're, they're, they're moving to Philly. Her mother doesn't want her to be an Eagles fan because obviously they're fans of somebody else. They're and probably fans point, of they're the going Dolphins. To a, you're yeah. going to go to an Eagles game. Yeah, I'm saying. But before, you'd have like a shirt, yeah, we had Jason the Kelsey issue. shirt. You'd have some other uh-huh. things. Now it's just like, oh, I'm just going to throw it. But it, it doesn't do anything. But even then, you have this play where you do get thrown up because Repecula there. I love the idea that she, you know, you go back in time where Kendra's a little girl. And you see, oh, look at her. She's checking out the spaghetti sauce. She's like in the background eating the food and stuff. I, the only reason I think that you got those up because those other people that she didn't do anything with, they were just a waste of time. So when you get to this, I think that the only play is you just wanted to show that Kendra was smarter than them as a little girl. She says, well, what do I have to do? You give me a wish. What do, what do you get? Oh, well, I'll have a, no, I'm out. No. no and dice. then Pecula gets mad and just says, oh, bullshit. I'm going to go try further forward. down the time stream. You know, astral projected deal of the, the nth metal Kendra's following and yelling, but can't do anything. And to me, I thought kind of a bit of a slog. You just go from scene to scene. Yeah, you do see some things, but I'm beyond that. Uh, you do get to see the things. And the thing is, you shouldn't be beyond that because you're getting to see everything that you wanted in the first issue. But you have it now so you can understand where Kendra would be in her current time frame of her state of but mind. But here's the problem. You say that, but I've also seen her before this book have no problems at all. And I, I still think. She's past all this. 
Well, the thing is, she was she she was passed off. What what you haven't seen though is what the ramification of what happened with Hawkman and Hawkwoman, where all of a sudden all those things, the idea of reincarnation, where she was the next iteration. What does that mean for her? She's been left behind by Carter and Cheyenne because she's even a paradox as far as I'm concerned right now for how things work out because the reincarnations are over and she's been left behind, especially now that the Justice League is disbanded. This is a new weird place for her. I don't think it's that weird. She's still Kendra. She's still Hawk Girl. She just the reincarnations. Yeah, that that's the deal. But what is she not a destiny? What, but again, what is she left behind of the idea that they don't reincarnate anymore? No, no, that, like she's not a part of this anymore. Like she was the love of Carter's life because she was the incarnation that, of Shire that's and stuff so like that. So long ago, like we said, she's already since then dated a bunch of other people, and so all of a sudden, uh, that's well, all she, that she's dated. Martian Axelrod can do. But was the whole play with, like, I think she dated Jason Todd at one point. Was that before or after? She's dated, like, five people in the deal. She hasn't just she, dated she, Martian Manhunter and, and She's just Carter. dated Martian Manhunter from the New 52 on. Once she, once she, the thing is, that the, before the New 52 happened, we had Blackest Night and stuff. She just realized the, the, the idea that she is this person that they wanted her to be. She does love Carter and she was murdered. Then the Hawks were brought back as Blackletters, but then brought back and they could have that love, but then the universe was rebooted. So what are we doing though? Are we doing New 52 or the whole timeline? Because she has dated other line. people and she has dated other people at points. Yes, but not since she realized this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm telling you, I'd have to look, but I'm pretty sure that she dated somebody else at the now here in this. She she's only been reintroduced into the New Fifty Two timeline though at during Metal. But I'm saying the idea that all of a sudden Here's you're dating history. all these people and then you realize, oh my god, like it's like a you know, oh I I forgot that I was dating him, but but it's also she's not getting the idea of Shira and Kendra's. There's it just doesn't work for me. You're, you're trying to get something from so long ago to make it so that she's just always in the fetal position and upset. And like I said about a bunch of books, all you're doing is centering on the, the misery. You could have her say, well, that sucks and be upset about it. That doesn't mean you give up everything and get in the fetal. She's still a hero. She's still a hawk girl. She's still doing things. I'm not going to accept the idea that all of a sudden it opens up and this, oh, she doesn't love me anymore. But it, that's not. No, no, the, no. Not the idea that he doesn't love me anymore. Her entire destiny, everything that she was for thousands of years has now been stripped from her. And she doesn't know who she is at this point in time. Okay. So what do you think? Ha we have one issue left. What, how do you think it ends? Honestly, I think the idea is... You know what's going to be. I, I know what I'm doing now, and I'm great, and I have friends. Whippy, she starts it here. I, I agree with that, but the thing is you need to get to this point because it's the first time that it has made sense for anybody doing anything with Kendra in DC Comics since the Hawks book that ended the reincarnation cycle. I don't think that I needed to... Again, this is a lot of people's it needed to first be time for Kendra. You could have addressed this in, in three panels. and I just want to have fun and see how cool she is. I don't need this whole play of Okay, well, she's miserable and she's killed. And that's in the past. I mean, she has. She's committed suicide. She ends up all it's that stuff attempted. going on. Matt, what's that? Attempted suicide, yes. Yeah, actually, I think that originally she actually did kill herself originally. That's what I but read. But she came back, though. She came back to life, though. She, she didn't She she didn't die. She that's didn't how die, she figured though, it so. out. But it still yeah. was suicide. I mean, just because she has these reincarnations doesn't mean... No, no, no. I'm saying though that that's when everything came to her though. But she like you know she came past it and lived through the whole thing. She did attempt suicide, but that was the catalyst for her getting these these memories that she was the next so, incarnation. And we see that, but again, we don't like. It's amazing that when we're going through this, Jadzia Axelrod never shows us anything where oh my god, she was pretty heroic there. Oh my god, she really did it there. Like give us something that she, it's all misery. 
it's all just this nonsense. And and whether well, she's or not, had a hard you know, life. deal. Yeah, yeah, she did. You know what else says having hard this book? Nobody's you're doing something that you have turned off almost everybody who either likes the character or hates the character, whatever. You're not doing anything the way that you presented this. So by the end, it, it's like you might be impressed and oh my god, she got it at the end. This bullshit, nobody can it's not doing anything. It's then gonna reset at the end to then say, Okay, she's fine. Most people Which will never read it? this. But no, most people won't get it. They won't read this. Next time we see Kendra, she's fine again. Because she would be fine because people will try to write her as a hero. So between the idea well, of metal something that she needed and then to later, did we? I mean, yes. I'm, I'm asking you, did we need a six issue miniseries to show that Kendra is sad? I've been asking for that ever since we ended the freaking Hawkman series by Venditti. Well, you and nobody else. Am I going to tell you that this is the greatest series of all, ki- all time of the Hawks because of what's been going down the series? No, it has been a ramshackle mess. But there are these moments in here where I can understand where the character is, the reasons why the character is. And this really just solidifies the idea of who Kendra is in our current timeline, that everything does matter. And it has affected her to this point, And this is how she's going to be able to overcome what she has dealt with. When we talk about the the Justice Society book and like, oh, we wasting our time. Like, there's more of a chance of that shit. This is not going to lead to anything. It's it's a bomb. Nobody's buying it. it. It's it's a complete and utter bomb. So you're not the idea of leading something. I'm just talking about the continuation of a character's story. But I don't I'm think not we're going like, to see her. And she's gone forever after this. Well, I'm saying, do you think we're going to have any books with her in it? She'll maybe be yes. on the Justice League if they ever come back. I mean, we haven't had much of her before this. It, you know, since the new fifty two. No, I, I, the, the, even the idea. I'll tell you, she wasn't even introduced. It. She, she wasn't introduced in the fifty two. It took away till the medal for her to be a part of the Blackhawks, trying to destroy the nth metal. Where then she'd eventually join the the uh, Justice uh, League with her new nth metal wings. My whole play of this, and and really, and I'm yelling at you, Eric, but I'm more yelling at should say Axelrod because if if she wanted to figure, I think that she is trying to almost be the Venditti of you know Kendra. But the problem is, is that she has fucked this book up so much that nobody's buying it. And so what does DC do? They think that Kendra sucks and we won't get, she is ruined. And I'm telling you right now, if I wasn't on the podcast and I ended up buying books, first off, I never would have bought it. But even if I did, I wouldn't buy another book. If if another Hawkgirl book came up, I'd already be like, fuck if I want that again. Like, it has ruined the character for me. Well, I'd, I'd still get the Hawk Girl book because I well, like the you, Hawks. Because you like the Hawks. I don't have, I'm saying most people, this is the idea of you saying, hey, Jim, you know, the, the zombie craze is over. Because you were done like this. There's that, you know, tunnel vision of, oh man, I, I'll go. I was just ahead like, of the game. You were. But the idea of when you're into something so much you do kind of lose track that this book should have been the jumping on point for most people because not a lot of people end up knowing about Kendra and it is wacky with you know Carter and Shire all this stuff it's weird too because Kendra I would think because the idea is like Kendra was kind of like the the almost shy era aspect of the Justice League cartoon, right? And you had that like it's, it's she's more embodies that kind of aspect, but it's it's a weird thing because I think when people see Hawk Girl, they think of shy era from the Justice League cartoon for the growing up. But this is who Hawk Girl is in the continuity and stuff. And you're gonna have people who are part of the DC Comics for so long now that you know are Hawk Girl fans and want to see the continuation of that, especially after a Hawkman book. And it's been years since that Hawkman book came out at this point in time. You want to see something that feels like it matters to the character. Because up until this point, Shaira and like Carter, leaving her behind, 
it hasn't made any sense. I've been yelling about it ever since the finale of that Hawkman book. Like, how does this affect Kendra? And I, we get to see it now. It, it fucking ruined her. I'm yelling at you about all this. And in fact, I, I do commend this issue because we finally get Hawkgirl. I mean, I, my biggest anger at first was, why are we, we keep doing this? Why it's like all the, we are legends. Why are we waiting till the penultimate issue to start getting to what should have been in the first issue? That, that is a really bad play. This should have been the start because, again, Popecula going around and grabbing Nth Metal from all those other schmucks never did anything and just got tossed aside. So why didn't you start with this? Why didn't we have where Popecula, where each issue we center on, oh, that's when she was a little girl, and oh, that's where Popecula went back and tried to do this, then we do this. And then finally at the end, through all of this, Kendra is able to then figure out to do the power herself to do and, and next issue, she even points out in this, that's not me now. But she seems to have made a deal, like you know, to even come up. She with wants the- to be part of something bigger, and then, like the thing is, it's one of those weird wishes that you don't mean to make, and the evil gins like granted, and then all of a sudden, like your Volpecula has you know Hawkgirl under her spell, and it's going to use her as a key to the nth world, which is still mysterious to what's going on now. But it's it's too much power. It's too much for Volpecula. What's going on? And like you end this whole idea in an nth world where it's like. I don't even know what nth world is. And you're saying things are wrong. You, you could fool with me. I'm telling you, this, this is not a great series, but I respect the hell. Great, I hope we're it's doing not the a character series. I, I'm saying though, I, I respect what we're doing with the character in this issue. I think this is just general. But I think that somebody said, Hey, Jed Zaya, you've done shit about shit. And you better throw enough. something in and like, okay, but not in the penultimate issue. And even then, if you would have played this right, you could add that because the stuff with, uh, you know, having a daughter being pregnant, it's a lot bigger than just one scene of, oh, God, it's positive. Well, I can get rid of that bitch. And then they just move on. There's so much more to that part than just that. And that would have been, to me, you know, showing a little deal, not just like it's like greatest well, misses, greatest hits. And again, is, only it, showing it, it the bad the stuff. It is the greatest hits of Kendra. And it's, it is the bad stuff because this is her vulnerable moments where Volpecchio might be able to get what she needs out of her because these are the moments it that you just would obviously seems go so, to. Like, I, I'm telling you, I, in parts, I just think she's just jumping around. You could have at least gotten to one play. Well, I like to see the background here. So readers who are still somehow attached to this book are like get to see this if they don't know or just happy to see it here because they want to see the Hulk that they know and love. The one problem is, like, you start out, like, hot and heavy. The idea, Kendra has followed Volpecula into her own time stream. She's beating the shit out of her voice. I'm going to go further in your time stream. And at one point, Kendra's just following her, standing there, watching shit go down. And she's not even fighting anymore. Yeah, she kind of like, oh. Yeah, this, this is good home movies. And uh, here's the, you know, the deal. And here's my kind of play overall. The idea, like you said, well, Kendra's had problems. And I, I still think that. It's it's that trend of a Tom King like, uh, OK, I'm going to write Supergirl. Let me figure out all the bullshit that I can throw in that she's pissed off about, even though she's gotten over that and become a hero and, and dealt with it. But even so, where you said, well, these that's how you know bad shit happened. The way that I'll say that you could do it a little better is how we had the Wally West stuff with Jeremy Adams. Jeremy Adams gets rid of the heroes in crisis, but. In a way that is heroic and in a way that you end up because Wally's had some real bullshit happen. And but it's more of like, hey, I'm going to fix but if this. You remember, we well, needed a few way. series to do that before Jeremy Adams grabbed the hold <laughs> because they had all those different ideas. But when you know, when you had him go, even when he's going around the Mobius chair and shit like that, like it's wacky. That's got with no multiverse stuff. That was, you know, that was a miss. But I'm saying even then that he was trying to do things like this isn't where. 
like I like I I don't know. That's just me. If you're gonna try to get something, I need you. Yeah, deal with this past stuff. Show us that earlier. Get past it in a way that is more. And she seems to want to get to the point where she's gonna say all she needed was Galaxy's friendship, and hey, we're going forward. That's fine. But I think I need it more of that. She needs to be a part dreams of throughout. I think I need it more of the things going on there. No, I get you for the for the understanding of wanting the you know our superheroes to be you know just great people overall, have a positive attitude, and not have to worry about the bullshit that you and I have to deal with on a daily basis. And everybody else, you don't want to see too much of yourself reflected in them because it it doesn't elevate them to the the freaking pedestal that you want your heroes to be. But where we do have the problems with a lot of these writers that will come into these six issue minis or story arcs, whatever, where all of a sudden all of the goodwill that anybody else has done for is completely destroyed in the first issue to give a problem to freaking have the darkest before the dawn for like, hey, I broke this and now I'm going to put it back together. I'm going to get a price. She was already broken and we're seeing what would have been from the Hawkman You book. say that at one point she was legitimately saying, you left me for a white woman. It, it said it on Again, the panel. That is I awful. get you. It's not- it's not the best way to do it because that is her as well. But that's completely racist. I don't need my hero to say, you left me for a what? No, you left me for Shaira. You left me for another. Not that she just was trying to just give things that were just odd and awful. And again, like you said, the idea that she was broken, that's fine, right? You get, but most people who heard there's a Hawk Girl book. Oh, man, I, I think I might like this Hawk Girl. I want to check it out. This series isn't for them. This series isn't for new readers. This is only for people who ended up like, oh, shit, like the broken character. And we have to figure it out because of what happened in another book by Venditti that people will praise till the nth degree didn't sell well. It sold like shit. So you are going and, and pretty much tying up stuff from another book that most of the people may not have even read to get to a point where. At the end, some people are just, why did I read this? Everybody like, trade yeah, Well, I, I don't know. I have to the check app. the trade deal. But it was like one of those books, I think at one point was like 14000 at a point where things were selling a lot better even than now. And uh, it kept going on. I thought it was just going to be canceled at the end of those first 12 issues, but they kept it going. But people liked it. People ended up, it, it's a rave reviews, and I really liked the, the first 12 issues. Origins of Hawkman and Hawkwoman. It's, it's like the dribble down deal. Where, okay, well, now we're going to have a Hawk Girl, and Hawk Girl will rarely get a solo book, but it's here to like, okay, well, we want to show. And again, I don't know that it was, hey, we need you to fix Kendra in this current deal with the, the things. I think I would have started with the idea of why she's upset. So, not making a mystery, so you have to slog through with the I idea if you don't if you're not familiar. Like, just went, okay, what can I write about this character? And just really, first off, wanted to write Galaxy. And I can't, we can't say that. Again, in this that's issue. a problem as well. That's a big problem. But then in the meantime, our hero, Kendra, I'm just going to center on just the misery. And and in the point where until maybe the end of this, it's not even in that light of I had some really bad times, but I'm a hero. Like you said about Jon Stewart saying like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to get involved. Like it it always feels weird when you get a book where the hero is just pretty much kind of given up. Well, you had that after Zanshi with Jon Stewart. I'm done, but I'm done with the idea that this plays out almost like a Mr. Miracle. Oh, I'm going to kill myself because of that. And I can't, it just always, it it just isn't my thing. It just ends up, and 
Again, though, if you would have set it up at the beginning and showed people the background, at least they, the first issue sold enough, you would have at least got that out there, and people might have been no, like, I okay. Agree. You should have started with the idea that it's going to wrap up story, like loose ends from that story and show how it affects Kendrick, because that's what I've been here for this entire time. It's what I've been calling for for years, and I needed to see. So like when you and I have been arguing about this book, about why she's acting the way she's acting, I sat there because I understood it. I'm like, I get it because of all the things that she's gone through, where she is currently, and now they're finally – and now they're finally showing it to a degree, though, that makes sense. And they're like, okay, you do get it, and it's working, and I can't wait to see where Kendra comes out of this in the long run, even if it's not a great series. I've been in failed relationships. Get over it, bitch, is what yeah, I say. Now. Okay. Now, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, I, you mean this podcast, right? You are yeah. correct there. So me, argue, me arguing is not arguing even saying this is a good, bad, or indifferent book. Me arguing is saying that. I really just wanted to like, I wanted to be like, oh my God, this is so cool. Me and you are having fun, but I just haven't had any fun because it's not that. And really should have been called Hawk Girl Fetal Position. That would have been good. Even to play out some sort of warning, like a, a, a readers who actually want a book that shows heroics and fun, let's not read this. Like some weird deal because you have gotten heroics and fun in this as well. You really haven't. I mean, most of the things were like, oh, my, Vopeculus turned that guy into a race car and they attack. And then you move on. Then we go to We go to Gotham at one Super point. Heroics. We go to one, Gotham at one point. Everybody's getting beat up and they're like joking around as they're getting the shit kicked out. And they, you end up having to say Axelrod once again, like lessen the court of the owls. <laughs> so much wacky shit. Uh, why did that guy turn into a living owl? Because he had an owl. Medallion made out of metal. It didn't make any sense. It was only to look, get it's, him. It's not great. It, 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 got, it wanted to get him to somewhat look like Carter so that she could beat him up. So and yell, "You dated a white woman." I it just that threw me off. I I didn't know why she went there, but uh, yeah, there you go. But uh, at the end here, they go to Nth World. Doesn't look pretty cool. Even it then, doesn't. I like whatever Pecula's trying to explain it. Like, get this. Like, I'm not that bad. I just want what I want. <laughs> like that, you're kind of bad. Right? Yeah, you're destroying lives. Not she's even jump- names. She's jumping through time to give assholes medallions to turn them into race cars. When really, all she should have been doing throughout <laughs> all this like that. is just grab. Remember that guy though? He had like an oh, engine block for about. head. The thing is, when, when you describe it like that, like I know review, review it and skew it and stuff like that. But when you say it, you just make it just sound so much dumber. It was than so easy. stupid. Like, again, it's not smart, but it's not as dumb like, as that. Even then, like. What, what was the she lady? Turned this man into a race car. She did. She became a race, race car. car. Remember? What do you want? I want to be a race car driver. All right, there, Tommy. And then all of a sudden, he became the race car. He likes roller skating. Yep. Everybody likes roller skating. What? What? What happened to that girl at the beginning? You know, when you had she, that. She, she that turned whole, to a monster. Yeah. What happened? She was kind of hanging out. Then you had people in like fucking tubes and shit. But the guy who turned in the race car. Now he galaxy's in a tube. Then and you had the guy who turned into a, a battery. I turned into a an owl, but then he's gone. I I don't even like. Look, you say this too. Even the idea of Volpecula being this creature that's from this nth world that I don't understand, who can turn into a gigantic fox demon at one point. She's I, foxy I don't understand lady. Any that foxy lady. <laughs> Here, here is the best thing that I could say about this issue. Right, best thing. If you haven't read the series and somehow. Just somehow Eric has intrigued you. You don't have to read the other four. You can actually just <laughs> read this issue and you will get everything that you're going to get out of the series in this issue going into the next. And I think the next I one will it. tie it up. And I think that this shows really wasn't a story. So that is 
kind of a a plus. And you're, and you're not bogged is, down with the idea that we have no. to explore a galaxy as a character instead oh, of Hawkgirl. No. Galaxy's not galaxy's just there as kind of the sidekick friend. Okay. For Pecula, the the idea that she's jumping through timelines, I would love to tell you that you'd miss out on that explanation, but we never got it. So you just go with that? She you can end do up where that. you she have said to deal. So. so yeah, that's it. So you, you really you didn't miss the only thing you'll miss is that Kendra knew this girl in college who found herself and then their friends. There you go. I just told you. You're up to speed. So I can give this one. And I do think this is the best issue of the series. The problem is, is reviewing it. I'm also saying that it, it's a little well, too I feel late. Like I give the first issue a seven. And the worst part is I can't give this a seven now. It's weird. But it still could be one of the best issues of the series in, in a background study of Kendra Saunders. <laughs> it's not the best issue. It's the most important one, though. And so you if you go with that. And you are, in, if you're, in, I don't know who would be, but if you're interested, you can just pick this up and you will get most of the information that you need and you can check it out next. And again, it, at least it feels like things are important. So I'll go with that. But yeah, I, I, my score, it's, it's just a standard deal. Uh, what's your score? My score is a six out of 10. Mine's a 5.5. I mean, we're not that far from it. I think that most of my anger, First off, you know, I, I don't like you saying things that, you know, kind of go against me. I don't like it. It's not even that. Yeah. It's the idea. You got opinions? Not on my watch. I get it. It's not. I'm frustrated in the way of, again, we're here reviewing the things, what we think personally about it. But there are times like this where a book that really isn't for me, but I'm trying to get into it. I kind of go with, you know, you review for the few. I review for the many. <laughs> I'm just thinking oh, the idea that, that she's ruining. The chances of this character because she didn't do anything. And if you are right now, you know, I'll, I'll give you the benefit that she, oh my God, look, she did know more about the character than we thought. Than anybody else writing it so you far. You should have used that earlier. How dare you? Scott Snyder, he watched a couple of cartoons. He knew to put her on there. Like, really, the idea one. He said she was Thanagarian. How about this? And now, maybe it would have been great if she. She kind of did. Like, that's the things. If you really knew the character and knew some of the weird things that went, you would bring up a little more than you did. And maybe that would have been the thing that she even says in this. Like, I'm so fucked up that people think I'm Thanagarian. I'm, I, like, the idea where somebody starts calling you a name. Like, somebody calls you Tim, but now it went on too long. So you're embarrassed to correct them. Like, she's just like, I just go with it. I just go. But even in this, she had her fuse. <laughs> it's very odd. Very odd. But. Oh, and one other thing we didn't bring up. There was one point just for anybody who cares. I don't really know who's going to, but you can see a flashback when she's taken in by her grandpa, Speed Saunders. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty it. cool. <laughs> but is it weird? Again, this is everything where you say, like, that's cool, but you don't even name them. Why not just say Speed Saunders? So people might be able to look it up and maybe find out some things. You end up where she ends up seeing that she's pregnant, but you don't even know. If she had the baby, what happened? You don't know that she gave up the baby, but in fact, ended up visiting the baby. You know, like, there's weird stuff. Maybe it will get me, but I don't think it's told in a way that gets me interested to read more. It's more of like, man, I think more happened. I, I don't yeah. know. More things did happen. Years and years of things. And you've been talking. Uh, you brought up the, the kid before and things like that. Now, also, <laughs> before we end this, the idea where I keep mentioning the Martian Manhunter thing. And, oh, my God. 
I thought that was complete bullshit. Like the idea that I sit and use that as as a uh, you know a defense or a deal. I didn't like that. I I like Shane that we got in that. If you know what we're talking about, look, even that the idea like it came out even of nowhere. outside of the relate. It came out of nowhere. Like a lot of relations, like you know Superboy and Miss Martian, out of nowhere. Now, like it's because it was in a cartoon. <laughs> Seems like anybody just watches movies and cartoons. They write comic books now, and that's their continuity. But when when you had this when you when you had that whole thing and like you know. Death metal with like, well, Martian Manhunter and Hawk Girl, they're together now, and they have a child in the sixth dimension that's all about imagination of a world that could be. So their child is half Thanagarian and half Martian. And I sat there and said, Scott Snyder, what are you talking about? Kendra's human. That would make her an apex predator like Lex Luthor and the most dangerous thing in the universe that could actually fight against Perpetua. And he's like, Oh no, because of you know resurrection DNA, she's Thanagarian. I'm like, Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's kind of like they say when Mark Wade shows up on the site to explain a timeline and makes it worse. So with that, I said, and then in this, it is referenced. The idea, oh, it didn't work out because he kind of remade his body with the deal. And I just it felt really weird. It was very odd. I think that, that you were on your hiatus at that point when that issue came out. When she, were you when she kind of like, she pushed off like, oh, that stuff. I don't talk to him anymore. It, it was weird. It was very weird. It was weird. So, it was very forced just to get that Shane thing that didn't really matter. It felt exactly. like exactly that's what it seemed. And that's, I don't know when the overall deal is what I think is when I think of this series, all I do think of is the misery. Maybe you do something first, establish some things, have some fun to then go next to, okay, everybody, you know, this next series is about her dealing with the stuff. Maybe even show that she's kind of repressing some things, but at least, Set the character up, get people on board. I'm afraid you have that series where it's all fun. We get to that next series, and like, what are you? Why is she upset? She was so happy the last series. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, show a little thing. Like, she comes home and punches the mirror when there's like this cat totem in it there. <laughs> and then she's like, why do I, I have it. these? It's like out of nowhere, she's got like hawks on the back, and t- oh my, I have nine lives, like all the hawks. Though maybe that would be the play because of the idea of the resurrections. <laughs> It's so wack. Anything with the, the Hawk characters, even with what Ben Diddy did, it's always going to be very confusing. Like you said, a lot of people think of Shaira as the deal anyway. And I don't know, this this never really hit for me. And it was more of a galaxy book, but it's kind of like, hey, we're running out of time and it feels forced. But I'll go with it. it. It was the most important issue. And I, I did like it more than Catwoman. So there you go. Yeah. But that is it. I know. It's not hard, thank- though. I, I don't know why I was going to say, thank God this isn't your book of the week, because that doesn't make <laughs> sense. But we're going to go now, because Eric's going to tell us his book of the week. My book of the week is Superman number eight. And mine is the Batman Offworld number one, the Jason Aaron deal. So I like when we have separate books of the week, because kind of spread the, the joy and the love. I, I, have no, I have no voice now from yelling and nonsense. But here we go. We have a bunch of books again next week. A ton of books. I don't know what's going on. They they have to really, and we do have some books ending or, you know, penultimate stuff. So it should thin the herd. But really, I wish that they would have some week or month where they're like, okay, listen, that one week we have like five books and then others were having 15 and 12. Kind of even out the, the whole play here, but that's not what they do. Here we go, Eric. What are you excited about? Well, are you excited about something like an Action Comics number 1059? Of course Is I Is that am. the deal? Isn't that is that Philip Kennedy Johnson's last issue? I believe it might be the last one. If it isn't, it's the penultimate. I uh, I know that it's actually this might be the penultimate. I think that okay. the, 
the finale, I think, is uh, 1060, and you end up having the full issue devoted to him. None of the backups. I believe the other backups in this, like the Gene Luen Yang one that you were interested in, where you're talking about yeah. that and, and stuff like that with the reveal of the identity, killing people was kind of cool. We'll end up uh, finishing those and then getting to the end of the Philip Kennedy Johnson deal, but that's cool. I'm not cool that he's going to be out of the deal, but I, I kind of feel I bad it. for him. I kind of feel bad for him. He actually, well, is it, he's good, but I don't know. People don't seem to be buying the stuff, maybe. I don't know, but we're getting a Jason Aaron Bizarro story in, in the place at first. But we also have Alan Scott, the Green Lantern, number two. Nice. See what that Red Lantern's all about there. Can't wait. See what's happening. You liked it more than me. But yeah, we'll see. I, I, I would think that when I look at the books, I don't know. I'm thinking that that won't be on the spotlight, and then people can hear us talk about it in the uh, general pop. But uh, I don't know. Why didn't I say Jen, Jen Popper? General. He's going back to prison, Jim. I'm General Pop. That's my new nickname. That's what I my radio name in Las Vegas. We have Amazon's attack too. No, that would have been good. That that would have taken off if people know what nobody knows who we're talking about. It should have no. been Amazon's it's Amazon's attack. Jen. Yeah, uh, Amazon's attack number two. We we liked the first one enough that it was doing more of the heavy lifting in this oh, yeah, whole I play that than it, the that last issue of Amazon's Attack was better than Wonder Woman number two. And, and three. We, we still aren't getting much from the Tom King book, so maybe we'll get some more from that. There was that weird play, but I saw people were struggling as well, where at one point Mary was outside. Mary Marvel was outside oh, of yeah. the deal, like hitting the glass. Like People didn't realize that was her either. Uh, we also have City Boy, number six. Right. The, the finale. finale. I hope this one ends so in a better way. This is set up to maybe end a little more satisfactorily than the others, but we'll see. We'll see how it is. Just we the also- beginning. Yeah. Maybe. I, I think it's going to have some, like, city con, right? This is just building up right now. Would that be good? That's a city pun? That's, that's yeah, what you think a, a city it's pun a is. It's a building. It's a building. I mean, what, what do you want? You want me to grease your wheels or something? I don't know. Like in New York break. minute. No, but they're not in New York, Eric. What's How going do you on? know? They might be. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying desperately to think of a, a city pun. Oh, man. I hope you didn't think this book was city. How about that? That'd be pretty fun. City wordplay. It's not city. I didn't even understand. He meant shitty, Eric. That's what they meant. Oh, that's not wordplay. This book wasn't city. City. You don't like that? How about if like hey, he might end up being a baby city? It's not working. It's not working. I want out. I don't even know what you're going for. The baby city. (laughs) He's a babysitter, but it's city because he's a city boy, right? Hopefully, he doesn't become a man. That's good. Cyborg number five. You could take the man out of the city, but not the city out of the man? I don't know, but you might act like a real city. Uh, <sighs> Cyborg number five. You know, I'll, Why is I'll, that just not say, the I'll just say it right now. That book fucking blows. I mean, it's really bad. I, yeah, I feel like you said that already today. It's fine. <laughs> well, no, not Cyborg. That that book, why does it exist? I don't even get it. It's so It, it went from something that seemed interesting to then, I don't even, I don't even. A what? I don't know. Detective Comics number 1078. Oh. Ooh, Oregon stuff. Let's put together a team to Batman save the Batman from getting hung. Well, we already got the team. What do you think we'll do? We already got the team. 
But is then again, complete? do you think that the idea where it's like this whole issue is going to be like, I don't know how I'm going to introduce Azrael to the rest of these people. Like, it's going to be a weird play with that. I well, Flash number three. Flash. Well, I, I can get my head around that. Mm, yeah, yeah. You have the big forehead. It might be trouble. When you ended up uh, the last issue, it made me laugh when I just was looking at that, the idea where you, you were going to, you sent me the deal like, yep. I don't know if I want to talk about the Flash. I hope that we can understand things in that. That's one of those books that it, it's tough to read, but then it when is. you have to actually talk about it, it's really tough because I don't get it. Because you but... don't understand what you read. But honestly, no. the thing is, it, it's still a Flash book. It's still Wally West. I still want to be able to talk yeah. about a Wally West Flash book. It's just making it very hard with the current yeah. run. Yeah. So I hope that we find out why Jay was naked in that boiler room. I, that's what he I was want. just shirtless. He was just shirtless, Jeff. It's naked to me. It's still shirtless in the middle of a school day oh, when I, he got called to the deal. It makes oh. Green Arrow number six. We do like that. We'll I have do. to see. Are you worried about it though? Are you worried that when you, we finally get the like be all end all reveal of everything, it's going to be like you're not going to like understand? Well, the thing like, is, I like that series for what it's doing, but I didn't like last issue, and yeah, so you didn't, I don't I know like where to go a little with more. The, the craziness of it. Yeah. I'm just hoping because I don't know how the play is because things do change, but it was going to be six issues. So you would think in your mind, he already had this, like this should oh, be I a agree. solid ending, but you never know because they extended it. Did they extend it because they needed to kind of work things out to extend the, I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see how that, I'm, I'm looking forward to it though. I do enjoy that. And I do want, those characters to be in the you know out and about doing their thing oh, yeah the Arrowfam was great even though some of them are in the detective already power girl number three it, it's i'll tell you right now i don't really get that upset about like i'm yelling about this stinks and that sucks or whatever power girl it's not like i i say that and i start regretting it like maybe the flash which is a bigger book but i just like eh, we'll see what happens I know, it's so feet, weird right? because I'm thinking about Power Girl number three. I'm like, I don't know what happened in the last Power Girl. It's not a book that sticks with me at all. Well, here's the thing. Flash sticks with me of just misery. And I don't understand. Like Power Girl, I'm like, yeah, there's the Kryptonian disease. Oh, that's right. She ate cupcakes like a fucking asshole. You know, or was that in the I Supergirl the way she special? I think that was in the Supergirl, Supergirl special. Yeah. It's all twisting and turning. But yeah, you have the big play. Fortress of Solitude. And she's trying to end the in the Bermuda Triangle, and she's trying to figure out that whole play with that disease. We'll see. Remember, she went I to that shanty town, and that guy I wouldn't answer the door, and then the thing went up. Storm the hurricane chasers. ripped the, sto- the uh, roof off. She put it back yeah, on. Yeah, and then she put it back on, like maybe degrease the wheels to do it that quick. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird, though, to have a, an actual roof blown off. And, like, that's comic booky nonsense. The roof that gets happens blown, all the time. And she just pushes it down. It doesn't work that way. Uh, Steelworks number six. I, I'm telling you, I think it's, I like the idea of, of this whole Steelworks book, but the, the further it goes, the further it seems to be getting away from its initial plot. Things are being fudged here. And now that we just have Charles Walker the third and a big ass steel robot thing to try to besmirch the good name of John Henry Irons, I'm like, yeah, I don't even know what this book is anymore. Joy Man comes in to be. Off. It, it, it's weird. And like, well, you say that, I still like it more. Then the cyborg book that is also kind of lost its way of things and it gets wacky. So at least that. But you're right. The Steelworks book could have been a really solid three issues, maybe four, but six was too much. It, it lost its way and didn't really have a story to tell. We also had the Penguin number four. 
again, there's yep. weird things going with these stuff. books. Yeah, that, I'm telling you, most of these books, when I say them, I think that in my head. Yeah, penguin stuff. Like, what room is he going to be in where people are afraid of him this time? Or is he going to have the hell? Like, I got the Fourth of July, Jim. Oh yeah, yeah, they're kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of goofy. <laughs> I'm telling you, for some reason, I care more about what the Fourth of July or the Fourth of July is up to than the penguin at this point. I think I might be with you. I, I'm there, like, but I, now I. I say that, and then people are probably like, you asshole. Because we did talk about it on our Patreon-only show, I believe. So we ended up catching up and doing it. So this will be, if it does not make the spotlight, this will be the first time we're talking the gen pop. Except, yeah, I think. So when you end up going with this, me and you, at least. But when we end up going with this, like, I was bitching a bit that we didn't get enough Penguin. But now that I think of it, I do want more Force. <laughs> oh, that and Titans Beast World. Number one. All right. I might finally understand what this book is because I honestly, you, you sent me so like little pictures. Please tell me the people being turned into animals. I see Starro on the freaking cover of the preview coming out. I'm like, I don't know what this is. I honestly have no idea what Beast World is. I'm going in completely blind and fresh. I hope I like it. I know this isn't going to say much, but I'm going to, it's, it's a little, I'm going to read the solicit just so we kind of know because I don't know either because I, I kept calling it Beast War for so long. You know, I can't do that. Clawing its way. Clawing. See, it's a city uh-huh. con. Clawing its, its way out of the pages of Titans comes an unprecedented threat to the DC universe. Superman, Wonder Woman, Starfire all are powerless to stop the Necro oh, Star from, from ending all life on Earth. The only Necro hero can save the world is Beast Boy. With Nightwing, Raven, Cyborg, and the Titans beside him, can Garfield, Logan rise to the battle, well, rise to battle on ancient evil? What will Amanda Waller do to take advantage of the situation as millions of people are changed into rampaging creatures? Can humanity survive all powerful heroes and villains transformed into ferocious beasts? No, they got the necro over, star. They got over those nightmares, Eric. So I, they, I'm, I'm really, sitting here. All I can think about though is the idea, like, okay, this is a starro, but not a starro from our universe. It's like the radiant dead starro from yeah. another universe. So friends will fall. The necro star. Friends will fall. Heroes will rise, and nothing will ever be the same again. Yeah, I, I think it might be. Uh, Earth is about to become Beast World. DC Prelly presents the Titans' first crossover as the world's premier superhero team with universe-shattering repercussions. Doubt it. But brought to you by the all-star creative team of writer Tom Taylor and artist Ivan Rice. This story echoes by Bruno Redondo that we were talking about. That goes out. I do too, though. The story promised to be an epic one that sets the stage for what's to come for the DCU. What that means is at the end of the 19 issues of everything going on, Amanda Waller will pop in and go, grab me that shit, and then they'll move on again. <laughs> That's what I get from it. Uh, hopefully we find out a little about the Dr. Hate. Dr. Hate. Dr. Hate. Maybe Peace Wrecker and Shush and that woman who laughs. We have them all. They'll be the greatest. The uh, new candle maker. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we'll just have it all. Uh, it'll be fun, right? Uh, uh, what's it called? Day Wing. That's the new one. It's a female nightmare. will show up, right? wing Maybe. Maybe you'll get it. Uh, Moonfire. That's the starfire of another universe. I'll just oh, play, the ju- I'll play the Joshua Williams thing. That's all I'm going to do. Uh, but somehow do it worse for somehow. Donna Boy. You got that? Yep, you don't like, definitely you worse. Don't like day, you don't like Daywing? <laughs> Daywing. <laughs> ah, not Beast Boy. That'd be a pretty cool one, right? It just reminds me of like you know the Gothopia story when Catwoman was like the the sidekick to Batman as they were lovers. So like they were working together, a dynamic duo, and she was known as Catbird. Catbird. 
Yep, just like Wonder Robin. See, that was cute. No, it's cute. Uh, it, it's funny you say that. I ended up looking at a little Bugatopia because at a point I was like, we were talking in the Slack about Flamingo. And I'm looking up stuff. I'm like, oh, shit, Flamingo was in that Gotopia. They're like going through the deal. He was running, I believe, Arkham at that point. He was taking over and said, I'm like, I don't really remember that. So I went in the app and I was kind of looking. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I need to go. <laughs> but it's kind of neat. You see that white costume deal. with him. Kind of cool things. But uh, yeah, and then Catwoman kept her job. At the sure suicide the hotline place. Of that dream line. world that was created. There's always somebody that does crazy shit, right? Like Teeny Howard. Oh, my God. I was hit by the full force of a meteorite. Now, first off, the meteorite it was kind of you know, broken up, and then you fell into a pit. It doesn't make sense. But all in all, with that, that is that. I hope everybody enjoyed themselves. I certainly did, Eric. So we'll be back did next you? week. A ton of bucks. Eh, kind yeah. of. I just uh, The problem is right now, as we're saying this, I'm thinking that we have a hell of a long podcast this week, and I have to go edit it. So I have a lot of hours ahead of me. So with that, though, hey, everybody, it's cool time. Cool time. Cool I might eat some Ben and Jerry's while I'm doing it. I haven't eaten today, and I really am hungry. I think that's when you said, like, what's going on with you? I'm getting dizzy from not eating. You know me, Eric. You know me. <laughs> but Vendetta. that is the end of this. Eh, no, because, I, again, I end up on the uh, Patreon we have a Tom Taylor Injustice deal. I love every second of it. I really do like it. I just don't know what well, he's doing general. now. Oh, well, that's true. Vendetta against life. Hey, why is he upset? He's upset for being born. I'm Johnny Ringo. That's not related to Ringo Starr, but that's it. No. That is the end. Everybody, thanks a lot. Check the show notes, all that, to get a bunch of links to all our other things, including Marvel, DC, manga stuff. So. Do that. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash science. But Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. We Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. You can 
tell everybody there was no calm. It might seem quite simple, but where has he gone? I think you just might, I think you just might be waiting to be unfurled. Cause why would you write this without counting the world? Don't play with this toy. Play with this toy. 